through wisdom, knowledge, and experience about our own sacred sexuality, we continue to awaken to more of who we are. Aloha, Shifters. This is Brendan, and thank you so much for tuning in to another very special, educational, inspirational, consciousness-shifting, live-recorded broadcast of Paradigm Shift Destiny School. Now, today's broadcast is in particular about the very anticipated topic, the very exciting topic of love and sacred sexuality. Now, of course, just a huge shout out to those of you who are tuned into this, and of course, this is a, a live interactive discussion, and I am very fortunate to be here with some fellow amazing shifters from across the internet. So, fellow shifters from across the internet, let's please unmute yourselves and make all sorts of wonderful animal welcome noises at the people tuning in and say hello. So. <laughs> Nice. So those are uh, yeah. maybe some of those were probably like similar to mating noises, and that's exactly within theme of this. I'm sure that was partly intended. So welcome, welcome everyone. So again, for those of you who may be new to this broadcast, for those of you who are familiar, you guys know that this broadcast is a branch of the bigger project at ParadigmShiftCentral.com, a real-world interactive game to help shift consciousness through the creation of conscious media, which is what we're doing right now, and through the creation of a global team of shifters, people helping in sh intentionally helping shift consciousness, and through the creation of physical paradigm shift communities, which focus on open-minded discussion across the globe. And of course, there are many other broadcasts through this project, including the Dream Class, the Team Building Hangouts, the Admin Meetings, the Global Meditations, and you can find this and more through the main website at ParadigmShiftCentral.com, which we also use as our own media hub platform to be able to share broadcasts like these and your featured media content sharing your spiritual journeys and your education about even love and sacred sexuality and anything else you guys want to share through the quest journals and the conscious articles. So again, my name is Brendan and you can find me through Skull Babylon for those who are looking to connect. And with that said, we're going to get right into what this broadcast is about. So if you are tuned in live, please feel free to share this link with your friends, let them know, share the YouTube link and within the YouTube link of the info, there is a link to join as well. So welcome everyone and uh, yeah, let's do this. So as a basic introduction, love and sacred sexuality is a topic within the paradigm shift community that we have gone back to numerous times. And obviously, it's a very important topic. And what we're going to do, we're going to go around and get everyone to sort of share a little bit about why they think the topic of love and sacred sexuality is worth being interested in. You know, why is it something we should be paying attention to? Because the main draw for me in doing this is related to the idea that it's not something that is being paid attention to as much as it should be, especially the general knowledge within the public related to how important it is to be in tune and potentially cultivating our sexual energy. And this is something we'll get into a little bit more, and it's something that even comes up in our dream class, but it's the idea that for males and females in their own way, through like the cultivation of sexual energy, it's learning how to alchemize that energy into creative potential within this reality. And uh, as I said, we'll get more into that later, but we're going to get into a lot of topics related to some very mature themes, as mature as it needs to be, and even as immature as it needs to be, so to speak. And we'll have fun with it, and we will be talking about sexual content, we'll be talking about sexual energies, we'll be talking about whatever needs to come up within this very important topic. So thank you again, guys. And 
as I said, just a brief introduction of sort of why I think it's important. Understanding the cultivation of sexual energy as a male is something very important within my life, and it's made a big impact on my creative potential and my dream interactions. So with that said, we're going to pass the talking stick around, and um, we're actually going to pass it to our good friend Lisa is going to start us off. And um, Lisa is an old, an old friend and a fellow broadcast media content creator and Lisa welcome to the show please feel free to do a little introduction for yourself and we'll pass the talking stick over to you about why you think love and sacred sexuality is something to be interested in. Roxanne thank you Brendan. Um, lovely to be able to make it here today too. Um, I'm known as Rainbow Warrior Goddess Lisa um, but I'm just plain old Lisa here <laughs> and that's how I go by the world. Um, I also like I said I I, Brendan said I'm a social and spiritual activist. I work as a healer and a spiritual awakening facilitator. And I actually do workshops on sacred sexuality and sexual sovereignty. And why I believe love and sacred sexuality is so important to us is, is it's pretty simple. Um, through mainstream media, uh, our families, religion, and basically the suppression of the patriarchy and the suppression uh, by the patriarch of the goddess, we have had our sexual energy suppressed for many, many centuries and generations. It's not just one. And that has led to a very distorted version of sexuality. I was just discussing with Kyle prior to the connection that sex is viewed as a power grab. It's a power over thing. It's not about connection. It's not about reclaiming our self-love, our self-power, and our ability. By doing so, we then open up more channels of our life force and our energy. And what we are actually made up of is unconditional love. We are all one and it's beyond separation con consciousness and when you get into Tantra and sacred sexuality and you go into your shadows and your self-limiting beliefs and realize that all this is stuff put upon your ego that your little ego perceived to be real when your ego is really a tool to honor your divine higher self which is a divine masculine and feminine united as one and when we reunite them and come together then we reclaim all our power and we find our creativity and the gifts we came to share in the world and that's how we change the world each one of us no matter how big or how little or how colorful or black and white we are we all play a very important role in the pixel of the palette of one goddess consciousness on this planet at this time and Brandon you're doing a rocksome job gathering and, and doing that with this crowd I, I'm the older school crowd guys I'm 50 I've been doing this for a while but I love plugging in with all of you because you're so inspiring and you guys are so on the right page and the Jedi warrior knights unite I'm gonna pass it on quickly so everybody can get through and we can get to shine mm -hmm. on bro star Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. That's a yeah, great, great, great beginning to, to the conversation here. And um, I, I mentioned we, we were going to pass off to Kyle, though, though I'm sure Kyle will be okay with this. I'd, I'd actually like to just say, we do have an abundance of people in here, and um, we do have a nice balance of the male and female energies in here. And I actually just wanted to forward it to another female who may want to be the next person to introduce, and, and then we'll go to Kyle after that. So if any of the females want to go next, just in terms of why love and sacred sexuality is something that we should be paying attention to, something we should be interested in, or maybe even some questions that you might have about it that we can ask to the group as well. So if anybody would want to jump in next, feel free. Otherwise, we'll pass it over to Kyle, um, which is totally fine as well. So we'll, uh, if no one's going to jump in, we'll um, give you three more seconds. As Jocelyn's thinking about it. There's a couple... <laughs> I can, like, narrate it just like... Is it going to be Jenna? Is it going to be mine? Is it going to be Kat? Is it going to be Jocelyn? Uh, right. 
Okay, so Jocelyn, we'll, uh, we'll we'll pass it over to you then. And, and Jocelyn, of course, uh, just as a quick introduction, again, another fellow conscious media creator joining here tonight. We have such beautiful people. And and Jocelyn, please feel free to, to introduce yourself. And um, again, wh why is love and sacred sexuality something we sh more people should be perhaps paying more attention to? Okay, um, I am a transformational guide, and so I help people get more in, in touch with their... Um, creation energy and um, what their path here on the planet is. Um, and I feel that sexuality is so important because it's how we got here. It's um, We were birthed into a static motion through our mother and through our father coming together um, in lovemaking. And um, every single time that we expand into an act of creation, it is from that seed of life force um, that first came forth. And not only is the active, um, you know, expansion of life coming from that one moment, but all of our sexual um, energy is not just something that is unseen. It's anatomical within the body. So it's like a storehouse of information of our ancestors and our karmic um, pattern, our karmic story of why we're here and what we're made you know, to do. Um, I feel that we're in this dimension, the physical dimension, um, because... We are here to work out um, karmic wounds from our ancestors. And so uh, sexuality and sacred uh, union is a place where we can come together to have the mirror in front of us um, and play out those dynamics of um, relationships. And and yo, what's going on? Is anybody else responding? There you go. Okay, sorry if there was a delay. Yeah, but it was just because my computer hiccup. Uh, Are we good? I didn't did, know if that sorry, was did Jocelyn or anyone else? Did Jocelyn stop too? What just happened? Nah, Jocelyn did. just glitched out. She's still frozen in the thumbnail too. Um, Everything froze. Brendan, just mm. let for, for one. My pri my personal experience when the vibration gets really high on huh. some of these, yeah. yeah, it just freezes the medium. So well, it's, it's also I just gotta be really careful high. on my end. So. I have weird I have weird things with electronics too. Sometimes, like sometimes my phone will not fucking work. Cool. Okay, no worries, guys. We'll um we'll bounce through this, and um yeah, like if Jocelyn will be able to jump back in. So um I wasn't sure if it, if she had yeah if it was just her or me, but both both of us glitched out there. So no worries. So um yeah, love and sacred sexuality, and and I really like what Jocelyn was actually saying there because she brought up a really interesting point: the idea of of how we can heal 
our relationship, like even with our ancestors, like energy we've carried over from our ancestors through like the marriage of sexuality and sacred sexuality. And even what Lisa was saying, you know, the idea of just like becoming more aware of the male and female energies within both of us. Again, these topics will be things we can bounce around more. Um, but with that said, we'll keep the ball rolling and uh, we will be able to pass it back to Jocelyn once she jumps back in. And uh, in the meantime, we'll pass it over to, to Kyle unless Kyle wanted to like volunteer someone else to go but Kyle if you're ready to go then you can you can go and uh, again this will just be like sort of like a, a synopsis and then we'll get in more to the the deep stuff as we keep going so Kyle if you're ready it will pass over to you as to why, why do you think love and sacred sexuality is something people should be paying attention to Kyle and give and if you want to give like a brief intro of like who you are where you're from hey guys and welcome because society sucks that's why no no that's not um that is a little bit why. Um, I am Kyle. I'm from Delaware. Um, I missed the last two awesome hangout um, sessions, I guess, live recorded ones. Missed those last two, but I had some really cool experiences, and that also involves cultivation of sexual energy and trying to, you know, use that for other stuff and blah, blah, blah. Um, but... Uh, I guess this is where I can sort of uh, love and sacred sexuality. It's such a for me, for me, it's really like heavy. I guess it's re it's really really heavy. Um, I think it's very important. I don't think anybody else in the world seems to think that way, or very few people do, or can barely grasp the idea of it. I guess. I mean, maybe. That's just me being, like, you know, biased and kind of angry, but who knows. Um, basically, love and sacred sex um, or sexuality or sacred sexual energy, um, you can either be, like, you can either be doing something by yourself or you could be doing something with a partner, you know what I mean? Like, when a man and a woman come together, that is very, very intense energy if, given, they vibrate at the right, you know, energies, like, in a lot of society around us, it's, it's like a lot about like hooking up and doing this and that. And it's like I've never really, you know, had like a big urge to like, yo, I just kind of want to like hook up with a chick. For me, it's always been there has to be like some serious passion behind it. Um, there has to be like some serious emotion. It's like <clears throat> it's like people don't use that anymore. You know what I mean? It's like don't you, like, put emotion into things or have passion? It's like, no, they just, like, hook up. And I've, I've been getting a lot of, like, these curveballs, like, lately. And it's, it's like, wait, what? Like, no, no, I don't want to do that, you know, like, because then that just sort of, like, ruins everything. You know what I mean? Um, because that's how we build relationships with each other. And, you know, people talk about twin flames and... and um, soulmates and all these different things like your soulmate might not be the person that you marry and, and are totally compatible with your soulmate might be the person that comes and fucks shit up like a lot and then makes you realize like oh I don't want to be that person and you shouldn't have sex with someone you don't want to be because by you having sex with someone you're literally integrating your energy into their energy network your fields combine and they begin to mesh together. It's like there's an expansion that happens at the end of an 
orgasm, there's a very massive and rapid expansion of energy. It's an explosion because an explosion is defined as a rapid expansion of gases in all directions, and that's what happens to your energy. An orgasm is a rapid expansion of energy in all directions. And um, I'm, this goes into like some really crazy advanced stuff, but I'm just going to throw this out there on another like side note, um, you know, kind of like a cliff note or whatever. Uh, the Ankh, I want to get into touch with the Ankh in a little bit. We should start talking about that and how you can use this expansion of energy and actually direct it um, and pull it back in and it kind of creates a really massive charge and you can use that for different things um, but you know what I mean but by the end of it if you're with a partner at the end of that when the energies come back in your energies mesh together have you ever like been with someone for so long and then you just find out that like you just sort of randomly catch yourself doing something that they would be doing so it's like it's like, why, why am I doing this? This is what my girlfriend would be doing right now. What the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, Well, that's because your energy is just so integrated at that point that you're beginning to be one person. And that's why sacred sexuality and love is important. And I'll end my note on that right there for now. So otherwise, Fair I'm enough. not going to stop. <laughs> that's good, man. That's good. I think I think you, you hit upon some some key points there and, and, and really just bringing in the, uh, something, again, we'll expand more. Right now, we're kind of going through the introductions. You know, like, what can we talk about within this incredibly broad topic of awesome things to worth know about? But one of the things is, uh, yeah, about the idea of, like, the exchange of energies when you are intimate with someone and, and even the emphasis of the moment of orgasm and what that actually means, and that's something we'll get more into later. Even how, like, literally at the moment of orgasm, for me, this is something I really want to bring into discussion later, is, like, being aware how in that moment you're, like, literally opening up a stargate to higher consciousness. So whatever you're thinking about is being heard very loud. Boom, boom, so boom, 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 boom. pay attention to what you're thinking about at that moment because you can either unconsciously use that energy or you can actually consciously use that energy to, in some ways, actually like change reality. And we'll expand more on that later. But yeah, I guess it's the idea of like some very real magic, so to speak, that we're working with yeah, uh, that yeah, is within each of us. Like, if ever and. and <laughs> I know I've joked about this before, but we'll joke about it again later. But like the idea that at some point, since it keeps coming up, I feel like, I feel like if if someone is going to do a live broadcast of like, well, I mean theoretically anybody could do it, but I'd be willing to volunteer. But like doing a global meditation broadcast of like a shared orgasm for world peace, freaking crazy idea. I know of live listeners and things like that, <laughs> very like mature. But imagine, and that's like we'll talk about more of just like being okay. aware. Of how how and not even having it be a sexual thing, being more about the energy. So stay tuned for that. If that floats your boat, um, I know that's like very um, yeah uncommon, but <laughs> keeps coming up. So I feel like it may have to happen in the future. So stay tuned to the Paradigm Shift Central Project for that possibility. We'll keep moving along, and uh, we'll leave you guys thinking about that one. But um, yeah, definitely hitting upon some key points here. Being aware of the subtle energies involved, being aware of the exchange of energies, being aware of what's happening at orgasm, being aware of even what we'll pass it back to Jocelyn. Actually, the awareness of like how it's like through connecting with our sexual energies that we can actually heal things from our lineage that actually go back to our ancestors and uh, awakening to our future ancestors as well. So, Jocelyn, since you're you're back in this, I, I know there's just a, a glitch on your end. We'll we'll pass it back to you with anything else that you just want to conclude, and then we'll keep jumping around from there. So, Jocelyn, go. We'll pass it over to you. Go ahead. Where Where did you lose me? I want to know. 
I didn't know where. <laughs> um, yeah, in particular, it kind of was not too long after the idea of like healing our, our lineage with our ancestors through the act of like sexual relation and things like that. So. Right. Yeah, so, so an anatomically, you know, that's, I don't know if anyone has heard of um, epigenetics, but it's basically like the, the environmental factors that um, come into uh, the DNA, like the information that our DNA holds. So every, everything that we are doing right now is affecting all of the future generations. And everything that our ancestors did is in, you know, our DNA line. And um, when we step into the temple of sacred sexuality, which is like the energy that we create with another being, what we're doing is we're creating a mirror through that experience with that person and healing these things or reenacting a wound. And so um, it's when we, we can recognize together, whether it's with yourself, like using that as a mirror like what comes up for you sexually it can be a completely healing tool I think that that's sometimes why sex ends ends up as an addiction but anyway I just wanted to bring up the fact that these anatomical bits that we have that are often um, looked at as just an escape are far much or they're they're far richer with um, information that we can utilize not only to manifest the life that we want but to heal the lineage that um, has has not been able to step fully in in this presence and know the energy that they're working with and I think that this is something that we're just stepping back into since probably the golden age which was back with the ancient Egyptians and the temples of Isis and things like that so it's it's so important. It's what got us here, and it's probably, you know, some great orgasm when we die. So probably the best thing to talk about ever as far as consciousness goes. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and yeah, like, totally something I, I want to be able to expand upon. Like, I mean, we literally, Earth, life itself is just, like, this one constant orgasm. If, if you have, like, sort of the eyes to see it in that way. Um, but underneath the surface, it totally, I vibe with that. So, cool. Um, Jocelyn, is there anything else that you just want to say at this moment, and we'll keep passing around, and, and it's good to have you in the well, chat as well. Well, I just want to bring up one last thing. I want to talk about the differences between male and female orgasm, and I know some interesting stuff biologically that happens um, as far as, like, brain chemistry and things like that, and talk maybe about that. I'm just bringing it up as a proposal maybe that that's something that we could touch on. Um, like the, the, the orgasm hangover. But <laughs> like um, that's the last thing. Anybody else can cool. get with it. Cool, cool. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, like I, I, I'm personally interested in learning more about that as well. And this is a good thing where in a class like this we can have the, the important exchange between males and females because, yeah, it's good to be able to learn from each other in that way. So, perfect. Um, yes, Jocelyn, bring that up when it's relevant, and, and I'd love to hear more about that. Awesome. Cool, guys. Okay, we'll uh, keep bouncing around with uh, some more introductions. So at this point, who would like to take the talking stick next? in terms of their quick introductions. And then as we get through the introductions, which, again, we'll go through as as it is, and uh, then it will just be, like, popcorn-style free-throw. Um, Kat's got her microphone open. Kat, did you want to do introductions next? We'll pass the talking stick over to you. Can you Perfect. hear me okay? Sounds beautiful. 
Okay, good, because the laptop's like slightly further from me. But um, yeah, I really got excited the moment you mentioned like life and the universe is just like this this epic orgasm that we train our minds to see it. Um, that's always been something that's been a really exciting and practical idea, um, even if we're not reaching a state of orgasm on like a daily and not just in a sexual way. But I've always been fascinated with the idea of just like how life in general just mimics like this up and down motion of like the climax point. And um, I think it's really, really beneficial to study what love means at a deeper core level and how that coincides with sexuality. Um, because as we've already mentioned, um, I think Lisa mentioned it, you know, like there's there's like religious dogma and our, our family, the way our family raises us and things that we've been taught from society. We learn how to be sexual in like a, a very different way from what's really true um, in some some senses, um, and I'm, like it's good that many people get to discover it. But I think that there's a massive struggle with it because we get a lot of messages sent in the wrong direction, and we disconnect ourselves from our sexuality because of shame, largely, and shame within the body, shame within the mind. And um, so I'm I'm really interested in, in talking more about the power of transcending shame uh, through sacred sexuality. And um, and yeah, and just like I'll give a shout out to this lovely author Mantak Chia. This has been like my daily bread all of last year. So um, Healing Tao, it's a good book. Um, so it talks a lot about uh, female sexual energy cultivation. And uh, I haven't read it through uh, all throughout it, but there's a lot of really vital stuff in here that's worth talking about in terms of like breath work and meditation and stretching and um, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Kat, for that wonderful introduction and for um, giving a little uh, little credit there to to the well-deserved Mantak Chia. Which, um, <laughs> yeah, obviously you're not the only incredibly cool one in the hangout. I also have <laughs> my own book, which is something yeah. we totally know about. So much love. <laughs> and um, yeah, Kat, that's a very important topic that that you're bringing up the the idea of of being able to overcome shame related to sexual. Like expression and sexual identity and just sexual energy and, and anything related to that. And so, I mean, I think that is a very, very important topic. And, um, yeah, it's something that I think a lot of people will be, like, wanting to be able to, like, yeah. learn more about and to even just be heard, talked about yeah. uh, as well, which is the first steps is just creating a space to be able to talk about yeah. it. So. I also forgot, like, even just identity. Um you know, we're always talking about gender identity with like all these amazing terms now like coming into the forefront that we get to define ourselves as, which is beautiful. But um, for for the topic specifically tonight, I think it's really cool to talk about like depolarities and um, and uh, through like a sort of archetypal sense instead of so much as gender. So talking about like you know the yin yang and the anima and the animus and how we embody those parts of ourselves, uh, the male and female. So I'm excited to share with you guys and uh, really, really excited to listen to what you all have to say. It's a cool topic. <laughs> awesome. Sweet. Well, thanks again, Kat. And uh, it's always a, always exciting to be able to just have everyone in a space like this being able to talk. And, um, yeah, much love. So looking forward to seeing where we can go with this. Okay. Um, <clears throat> we'll uh, keep bouncing around then, and, and we'll get through some, some more introductions. So uh, who would like to go next? within this. And your introductions can also be like as short as you want. Um, you can literally just say, you know, you can just kind of say like, what brought you here? And and if that's just to learn more about love and sacred sexuality, then absolutely. So um, 
And if anybody wants to go next, we'll just pass that off. So we'll uh, we got we do have a full a full room here tonight actually. So just um just currently creating um, a casual conversation. Uh, this is just like segue time. That's I'm casually saying words right now until someone decides who wants to go next. Who's it gonna be? Who's it gonna be? <laughs> no pressure, honestly. Um, if you guys if you guys don't want to, okay, like. I, I don't presume that you guys don't want to introduce yourself, but yeah. What I choose. Hey, Kyle. Okay, we'll let Kyle choose. I choose. I choose Andy. Michael Pratt. Let's do. Let's do Andy. Or let's do. Um, well, I'll let, Lambda, okay, we'll, see we'll, his... Somebody will decide in a second. So who who wants to go, guys? Um. Five, four. Three. This is weird. We don't normally have to like. <laughs> Jenna can go. If Jenna wants to go. All right, Michael, you're you're volu- you're um. You're I think Mike sh- I think Michael should go for yeah. volunteering. Okay. Michael, okay. and then um, and then again, anybody else after that? And then so. I'll go after Michael. Okay, perfect. Cool, cool. Okay, that so just happened. Michael, you're you're up, man. Thanks for volunteering. So. Oh, uh, no <laughs> what, what brings you here, and, and again, why is love and sacred sexuality something people should be learning about, paying attention to, etc., without getting into too much of the details, just giving them a little bit of a taste of what we might talk about later, too? Well, um, I say hi, and Jim says, hey. And, <laughs> um, well, basically, um, Uh, when it comes to uh, this subject in particular, I think um, it's it's very important. It's very essential, and I think it is what lies behind all magic. Every magic that I've ever done has had some type of uh, sexual element in it, some shape, form, or another. So I think it it really is a, a magical thing talk about magic um, besides taking funny substances and stuff and um, so there's I, I'd say um, it is uh, you know just like a lock in a key or or um, you know there's the uh, the male uh, uh, I forgot what they call that. The lingam and the yoni. And um, when that's together, I mean, there's this amazing circuit of energy that's um, generated. And, I mean, that's really when the sparks are flying, you know. Um, But what was your, your question in particular? I mean, you, what what you said, I think, does like give give some more credence. Um, yeah, yeah, like definitely being aware of like the circuit, being aware of its connection to magic. Um, so I mean, if if there are just any like couple points that you just want to share, again, just as like why people should be interested in the topic. Why people should be interested? Well, to me, you know, there's tons of things you can do. You can do affirmations, which work. You know, your programming, subconscious mind. Um, you could. Uh, you know, grab your little wand and, you know, and, you know, dance around your altar and, and try to, you know, get something to happen. But in, in my opinion, 
when you take that force, you know, that uh, Sigmund Freud referred to as the libido, and you, ch you charge that with your imagination while focusing on a, pro on a certain project or a certain thing you want to get done or a certain thing you want to birth into, I guess if you want to say existence, and it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, a new person or something like that. I mean, it could be an idea. It could be um, plenty of things. Um, but really, that scientific process, if you can understand that, if you understand how to work um, that energy. Of course, I would say, you know, it is about love. I would say that's probably the strongest, highest form you could do that um, with. But there is also um, a form of lust, and that can be used as well. So just kind of depends what you're going for. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool, man. All right. Well, that's 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 good. That's that's some good more information. Again, you know, like bringing it back to the idea, which is something we're, we're going to be talking about. You know, the topic of this is love and sacred sexuality. So, what is our definition of love? What does love mean in today's day and age? And you know, how is this? So, I mean, we're talking about sacred sexuality, but we are just talking about you know, like love at its core, and and also you know, like what modern day romantic love looks like and, and I mean like even within um, the discussion like there's there's stuff that again we'll, we'll, we'll bounce around on, on quite a few topics and, and I do just want to say like if it's relevant and, and people are interested in, in the topic of you know relationships and polyamory and, and monogamy and, and even things like that we can ta dabble with that but we'll definitely um, potentially even do more of that in a future class as well but uh, again focusing in on love and sacred sexuality we'll, we'll, we'll start with that so let's uh, pass the talking stick around again so Michael thank you and um, we'll pass over to Jenna who is uh, next to introduce herself so, so Jenna go ahead say say hello uh, who you are where you're from and again either what brings you here or why this topic is interesting and why we should study it so welcome Thank you. Thank you very much, Brandon. Um, it's, it's actually very interesting that you chose this topic for this evening, and I wasn't expecting it, so that's why I went last, because I've been sitting here trying to come up with uh, the way to best verbalize this in a quick but also informative way. Uh, you chose a subject matter that is, without a doubt, my path towards my shift, because for me personally, and it is... Uh, with a little bit of hesitation that I admit this live on the air, I am a sex addict. And for me, the path that my life has taken uh, through several different shifts of my own consciousness has not always happened in a positive light. And in the past few years, particularly, something that you guys don't know about me is I thought that I had found my soulmate. I thought that I had found that person to share all of that wonderful love with. And I moved to Canada from the United States because I'm from Maryland. And I lived in Edmonton for three years. Um, moved there for this soulmate, for this person that was supposed to be my end-all be-all. And when that turned out to be something that was hollow, my entire personality just shattered and my entire being is so placed into an aspect of love and um, 
it just comes from it. And that's one of the topics. It's actually the main topic that I discuss when I try to do classes, and I haven't done one in weeks because I'm going through a shift right now and just trying to be more open and, and studying Gnostic teachings and trying to figure out a way to not be an addict and not uh, look for more lustful avenues of love and to look towards more spiritual avenues of love and understanding the difference and then also still not always taking the right path even though I understand the difference. It's, it's uh, from my own personal experience, I can, I can physically tell you the difference in the feeling and the difference in the experience between when there's love involved and when it is just lust. And both can feed into a higher experience uh, for me personally, like I've taken different psychedelic drugs and I've taken different things like that, but to me personally, when I'm in that moment where I have an orgasm, it is the closest that I get to feeling any kind of spirituality, and that's probably one of the reasons, and I love how Jocelyn explained this, it's probably one of the reasons why I became an addict. So uh, for me personally, I, I come at this as someone who has been submerged into a society that sexualizes everything and has experienced so many different levels of it that uh, at this point in time I'm just eager to learn what everyone else has to say about it this evening. Thank you, Jenna. And um, yeah, I definitely, what, what you're bringing even from personal experience is a very important topic that, that I'm sure a lot of people, in, for me personally, I, I think it's really important to look at our relationship with sexuality as a teacher of being able to develop more conscious willpower within our path is one way of how I would look at it in terms of like recognizing that you're a quote-unquote addict in terms of it having this 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 control over your choices and and that's like a big part of the spiritual path within our exploration of psychedelic or not psychedelic sexuality which is interesting topic in itself I guess but again you know it's just that recognizing the urge and the energy and the pull and then using that as an opportunity to actually connect with more willpower and, and being able to consciously choose going forward so um, sorry Jocelyn did you have something to say I just saw you like yeah go ahead Jocelyn you can jump in for here yeah I, I saw this amazing thing on um I was talking about a, a recent study that, that Harvard's been doing for the last 30 years and what they found about, um, it was about addiction and what the study um, actually found was that addiction often we, we think of it in our minds as a way to cover up trauma or to escape from pain but the majority of the time addiction is actually fueled by connection it's, it's fueled by the chemicals of connection, and that's what people are actually looking for. Um, and so I find it really, I think that with the porn industry the way that it is, and with media, you know, we're using like the reptilian, the basic survival instinct of the brain, and then you have the mammalian brain, you know, but it's, it's going into that... Um, you know they're very clever to entice people because this is this is a generation of interconnection through a medium where we're not actually intimate with one another 
like we see you know what I mean and so people are thirsting for that deeper connection and I think that that's probably a good theme in sacred the difference between sacred sexuality and um, and you know just just copulating if you will but um but there's yeah I, I don't I don't want to demon demonize anything either because I think that that's a huge part of sexual liberation but I just wanted to say I thought it was really brave um, you know of Jenna to bring that up so transparently and that it's it's really nothing to be ashamed of we're we're all looking for a deeper connection here I think so and science is proving that totally Definitely, definitely. Thank you, thank you, Jocelyn. Um, Jenna, did you want to, if you want to say anything in response to Jocelyn, feel free to go ahead. Um, but definitely, like I, I think that's that's again, it's it's a very interesting topic to to notice, like this how the world review how the world projects and views sexuality right now, and how that's actually showing us of like our own spiritual connection. And, and like you said, like yeah, like a lot of people are just like in this place where they're, they're looking for that connection and, and they're sort of like filling that void with pornography and everything like that and, and they haven't quite figured out that they're actually like on a deeper level just looking for that connection and so again like even community is, is a way to, to give people that connection and, and through there like again you know I think um, more and more of us continue to awaken to our own spiritual identity our own spiritual path and in doing that in doing so sexuality is a part of that. Even though we don't talk about it too much out in mainstream culture, it is a part of everyone's path, definitely. So let's all have fun talking about it. Cool, guys. Um, Jenna, go ahead. And yeah. uh, I just actually wanted to really thank Jocelyn for joining this call because uh, everything you said so far this whole time has really actually spoken to me. But um, in general, yeah, I'm really excited to find out about it. I've... Um, you can actually ask Michael because he's been chatting with me for the past couple of weeks now as I've been trying to find a way to overcome the physical aspect of these things and it 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 is a struggle is the best way to describe it um, okay yeah. uh, but being able to be a part of this community and being able to actually try to give back to it is one of the only things that is actually helping me to get through it. So like I said, I'm really happy you decided to, to choose this topic this evening because um, going forward and just being a part of the paradigm shift community and trying to do more to create more interactive media and to put forth this message to other people is something that is helping me to overcome the physical aspect of things and go back into the spiritual aspect of it to find what I was looking for. So thank you all. Awesome. Thanks again, Jonna. Je sorry, Jenna. I was trying to say Jenna and Jocelyn. Jonna. <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely. I'm. I'm sure this broadcast could be a long one, and and it will honestly be as long as we need it. So if, if we guys, we'll 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 put a rough cap at at five hours, but we'll we'll let this unfold as it needs to. <laughs> Cool. Okay, guys, let's keep um, going around through the, through the introductions, and uh, we did still have Kaya, and uh, we also have Andy, um, who has a second name that he goes by. But um, Kaya or Andy, do either of you guys want to do a quick introduction at all? And um, this, sorry, Kaya, was that a? Did you want to? Yeah. Okay, Kaya, we'll pass it over to you. Okay. Hi, Welcome. I'm. Uh... 
I'm in, I'm actually at the abode of the message right now. Um, all summer I've been doing a uh, spiritual work study program, which is why I haven't been participating in as many hangouts because I've been going through a lot of intense healing processes and um, I, actually, I actually recently broke up with my boyfriend of four years so I've been going through a lot with that but um, one of the themes of the summer is um, that I mean I've really become conscious of the fact that I've had pretty much no sex drive at all in the past year and um, and just I feel like I need to kind of purge myself of like this basic sexual energy so that I can make room for higher energy and um, just you know I, I've been told by someone who's been working with me this summer that I am that I have a lot of sexual energy stored in my lower chakras and that I need to bring it bring it up um, so I'm working on that and just work I'm actually working on my um, getting non-sexual skin contact because um, I haven't had as much opportunity for that and that's been a big thing this summer so I guess uh, if I have any question I guess it's just how do I bring that energy up um, so that I can turn it into creative energy and more sacred love energy. That's beautiful, Kaya. Thank you very much. And, and again, yeah, just like the transparency in this is, is what makes these conversations uh, very powerful. And, and definitely, again, you know, I see each of our stories here as very relevant and very important, you know, going back to this idea of like honoring our story and I'm just reminding you guys that each one of your guys' story, whatever you guys want to share tonight, whatever you want to feel free to talk about, you know, it's, it's important because I guarantee you there are other people listening to this who will echo in some way, like, you know, somebody will say something and then someone listening to this will be like, I can relate to that, you know, like I, and therefore it's just, we have nothing to be ashamed of. In, in that sense, and, and so it's just dispelling the shame, opening up this, this this very very powerful and safe sacred space to be able to talk about these topics, and and yeah, and even just what what Maya, uh, sorry, what what Kaya was saying there, just in terms of like that's a topic we can get into, like how to be able to connect with the sexual energy without having it to be like an intimate sexual experience, uh, in, in a way to still be able to like tap into that, and even again use that to cultivate it. So, I mean, that can get into, you know, like, the power of sacred cuddling, if we want to talk about that. And, again, just holding space for each other. And and that's a, a very important thing. So we'll bounce around with some more topics. And, again, I'm really looking forward to, to moving along here, and, and I'm happy with what we got. So thanks again, everyone, for, for being a part of this. Um, okay, so just in terms of introductions, we did have Andy, and um, we'll, we'll pass it over to, to him next to do, to do a, a brief introduction. So, a Andy, if you would like to go, just give us a... Give us a, a brief introduction and, and, and a couple ideas that perhaps you want to bring into the discussion as we keep going uh, about why people should be interested in love and sacred sexuality. So, Andy, welcome, and go ahead. Okay. For those of you who are looking to understand what sacred sexuality is, I 
am a person. I can tell this. I my bloodline is that of uh, my father is a person of uh, like the royalty families. My mother is from the royal uh, lineage. We were once kings and queens. That is what I can tell you about myself. The second thing is what is is sacred. If you want to know what sexuality is or sacred sexuality is, just leave it as it is. That is what it basically is. It's the drive, the urge, but to biologically satisfy your need and to survive. Like it's like what it is, and. When you, uh, however, like when you want to build a attain, or being able to connect to your customer, to your partner, is the goal of trying to the goal of person and go where you don't see yourself as yourself anymore. Hmm. One with whoever it is. That is uh, what sacred sexuality is. Cool. Thanks. But, but that. Sorry, keep going, Andy. I was just saying you're you're coming through choppy. I just want to let you know. Um, we were getting the gist of that though. We were hearing it. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that was good though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you hear me right? Yeah, go ahead. And any 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 just final points on on this note? Well, what just I to get through the choppy. And. The field. Go look at the civilizations that have been surviving a thousand years. One of them is uh, Vietnam. Vietnam is one of those places where people learn to love each other like brothers and sisters, regardless of whether or not you're from this. That is what I found. That is what real love is. Is when you uh, learn, even when you uh, are about to fight your cousin, the point where. You still see any of them as your bloodline. That is a uh, real love right there. It comes with uh, pain and blood. That is what real love is. I like what you're saying there, Andy. Um, going back, like the idea of like through through experience of just loving a person, not even just like sexually, like actually like seeing them as you, seeing them as one, and, and through our expressions of love and through these experiences, we really can get into the those psychedelic moments where you're just like, oh my god, like, I'm not just, like, loving another person. Like, I'm, like, loving the universe as the universe. And it suddenly becomes this very cosmic thing. And, and that's something we can yes. get into again, you know, just, like, the yes. idea of, like, worshipping yeah. the person you're with. Um, but, yeah, Andy, uh, any, sorry, because your microphone's very choppy, but uh, just any, any last point if you just want to go ahead just real quick. Well, to be honest with you all, to those of you who dislike civilization, it is the basis in the first place. It is through civilization we become humans. It is through family that we become humans. Without our family or our ancestors, we're just not. There's a reason why we have ancestral worship in, our, in Asia, but not in the West. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Thank Andy. Thanks. And um, again, you know, like that ties it right back to again, you know, Mantak Chia, obviously, like from 
the East and everything like that. Like a lot of the knowledge he's talking about is like ancient, like Taoist knowledge, and how a lot of like the Eastern traditions clearly integrated an understanding of sexuality and, and how that like related to spiritual awakening. So um, we'll and and again, you know, like literally they'll they'll talk about this is a tidbit. People who would live far, 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 far longer and far more colorful lives as a result of their awareness of the sexual energy and their cultivation of it, um, male and female. So um, with that said, guys, we'll, we'll, we'll bounce around a, a little bit more, and, and we've gone through... Actually, no, we do have one more introduction to be able to, to do here. Um, Reginald, uh, I, know, I know you jumped in, but we were doing introductions just of people who just want uh, to say who they are, where they're from, if they want to say that, and just what brings you to the class and what why it's interested, why it's important to study love and sacred sexuality. So, Reginald, if you, if you just want to go ahead, we'll, we'll pass over to you for a quick introduction. Yeah, sure. I'm, uh, I'm Reginald. I'm from Texas, uh, United States, and uh, I came here just through, I uh, saw a Facebook link, and I was just curious. I uh, saw something about sec uh, sacred sexuality, and uh, that's something that's uh, always been very important to me uh, because... Uh, I think sexuality, and, and you've touched on this, and many of you touched on this uh, earlier, that it is something that is very much suppressed, and especially in the United States. Uh, we almost have uh, a lot of times a puritanical view of sexuality that is just basically for procreation, and that's about it. Uh, but uh, I think that uh, when we're talking about sexuality, it's something that has to do with uh, your vibration and uh, orgasms and and all those things put you in a state of being that is very elevated. And when you suppress the, your sexuality, you're suppressing one of the most creative and powerful energies in the universe. So uh, I think it's, uh, it's important for us to understand what our sex sexuality is about and, um, and being able to express it and express it authentically and unapologetically. And uh, that's it. Very awesome. Reginald, do you have anything else? Uh, no, that was it. So uh, I was stopping there. So that was. Uh, Sorry, guys. I didn't realize. Oh, okay. I didn't realize no, I had my cool. mic muted there. I was just talking for a few seconds. Um, uh, but yes, no, thank yes, you. Very good points, man. Yes, thank you, Reginald. I think what you just said there is a good summary and, and a good point to jump off of. Just uh, again, you know, about being able to talk about this stuff like without shame and and, and really just like creating those conversations. So jumping into that, guys. Um, Again, you know, like, to be able to give more context for the, the sacred sexuality part, which is, you know, a, 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 what we want to be able to jump into, and we're jumping into as an umbrella topic. But to start off, I, I want to be able to, like, ask you guys on, you know, again, the topic of this is love and sacred sexuality. Let's go back to the basics. What is our understanding of love? What does love mean to us nowadays? Let's create a little bit of just, like, how we go from, like, the process of loving, loving ourselves, loving others, ways of loving, different forms of loving, to sacred sexuality. So let's treat this like we would any relationship, and let's slowly sort of court our way into this discussion. So let's uh, take ourselves on a bit of a date here and be cute and talk a little bit about what is love. So we'll open up this conversation, and this at this point, anybody who wants to jump in, 
just unmute yourself as you go, and when you do have a point to jump into the conversation, just either put your hand up or unmute yourself at a timely point, and I'll pass it to you. And uh, again, we'll just kind of go through the conversation, and even as you guys are talking, you can know you can sort of preface things uh, with the intention of passing the talking stick along. So we'll um, begin again with, with that open topic, and uh, it looks like Kyle's already got his mic open, so Kyle, if you're ready, we'll, we'll start off with you, and then we'll, uh, yeah. See where see where the flow takes us. So, Kyle, sure, what what is yeah what is what is your understanding of love? What is love? Love. What is love? You can sing it. Baby, mm -hmm. right. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Everybody, no. everybody's already singing it. So. Yo. Um, what is love? Go ahead, go. Yeah, man. Um. Love. Love does come in many different forms. Um. The first love you get to experience in the world ever is love from your mom, I guess. Because it's like, I don't know, I guess love for your mom because, like, you know, she carries you and stuff or whatever. Maybe it's different for other people, though, you know what I mean? But for me, that's, like, what comes first. Like, oh, we're love for your mother and your father. You could say that, you know. Like, that's a... That's kind of like starting at the end, though, you know what I mean? It's like the end process, but that's your story, how you got to know your sexuality. So it's kind of like, that's the first love you experience, and that's like very like innocent and blissful, and you know what I mean? Like pure and raw, I guess, and protective and strong. Um, and then, you know, as you get older, you start getting into these, like, hormones and stuff, and everything starts going crazy, and you get all these chemicals happening in your brain, so you've got, like, this, you know, like, blank sort of computer slab, and then all these chemicals come into place, and now you got a whole bunch of software starting to go in your slots, and it's like, oh, shit, you know, what's going on? Um then you get to experience a lot of different stuff, you know what I mean? Like, you go through different phases of understanding what relationships mm -hmm. are as you move from, like, you know, a teenager and into your young sort of... Adults. Adult, adulthood. Yeah, adulting. And then I'm sure, like, later on, there's, like, an even stronger version that maybe somebody else could... You know, totally. Could but totally. I'm only 24, so that's as far as I've got. But that's good. <laughs> all right, like, and this, I guess, this will get into like some of my personal experience too. Um, you know, like, I don't know. It's like love for another human being. You have self-love, and self-love is something that, like, I remember saying something. I said, "Love doesn't come from anyone else. It comes from yourself." And in order to find someone to love, you know, you have to love yourself enough to, you know, you have to love yourself enough to attract somebody that loves themselves enough so that, like, you can reflect that and reciprocate that back to each other. But mm -hmm. it's, I think it's more than that, like, because we have these. And that, that was a little while ago or whatever, so now I think it's changed a little bit, though. I think, I think love for another human being, I don't know, man. Like, it really comes down to vibration. And, like, you could be standing next to somebody. You know, you stand next to someone, you're like, oh, my God, I fucking don't want to be next to this person at all. You know, you could just tell they have, like, a nasty, penetrated 
aura, and you can tell that they're harboring a lot of biased hate. And, um, you know what I mean? Then you stand next yeah. to someone else, and you're like, oh, wow, this person vibrates really well with me. Like, yeah. you know, well, like, good, wh- good whatever point, whatever your, your natural vibration is, you you resonate with that with somebody else, you know, like. Word. Cool. Well, let's let's keep bouncing around, but yeah. Kyle, you, you bring up some good points there, and, and I know I just want to, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like keep it going around, gonna, man. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be like repeating some similar things. Each of us are gonna explain similar things in our own ways and stuff like that. So definitely, though, you you hit on some some good things and and yeah, like bringing back love to a vibration. You know, that brings us right back to cymatics and the idea of like harmony and and what is love and you know like and this is the thing I talked about in, in our sacred geometry class. How like and I'll just say it in a super simple form, but like chaos. It, it, chaos and fear is just love in a disharmonious form, and so like at that core, love could be like this underlying word that we use to literally explain all energy, all parts of existence. Because it's this bigger idea perspective that like it's well, actually, we'll, we'll we'll bounce around with some ideas as as we keep going. I did want to give my answer a little bit later about what quote unquote true love um, means to me. One way I've been able to simplify it that really helps, like, gain more understanding within my own path, but I'll share that later. Um, so Kyle, thanks, and, uh, let's keep bouncing around. Does anybody want to, again, going back to the question of what is love, unless there's another way of... Okay, sorry, Lisa. Um, okay, we'll do Lisa, and then we'll do Kat, and then we'll do Michael. So Lisa, go ahead. Thanks, Brendan. Yeah, I, I, I do. I've stayed way over it. I'm going to have to get to work. Um, but you guys are so amazing. Amazing, amazing. I'm so happy that the synchronicity brought me on here today to share with you all. Um, I thought we were supposed to be so brief in the beginning, and I, I'm glad I was, um, and I can come back now. But just to give you a little bit more in, in a couple sentences about who I am in this human lifetime, um, I was born into a really... Uh, dysfunctional family where love was I mean I was telling I told my parents I was six I wasn't from this planet and I wanted to go home the people here were mean uh, by the time I was 14 I was telling my family that you know you, you say you love me but you don't show it and I believe that their definition of love was my definition of superficiality compared to what I know is capable of being present as I know all of you here are aware of just from your comments and the way you're speaking um, suffice to say, I had a very traumatic childhood, and abandonment was one of my biggest issues. I was given away at birth and taken back, but was always the guilt and shame on my mother's uh, chest because she was born, she was raised Catholic, and I was a bastard child given away, hidden, and then given to the nuns and taken back. And abandonment is really our core wound here in a human lifetime because we're separated from source and we experience duality, and we're born whole but our culture and our religions and our family and society teach us that we are separate eventually. And um, because of the many centuries of patriarchal domination, suppression of the feminine, and the enslavement of humanity by various different energies and entities we don't need to discuss right now, it's quite obvious where it is far the outbreath from source as possible on this planet and still are whole and, and functioning, <laughs> or alive anyway. Um, but I was raped three times by the time I was 20. My biological father tried to sleep with me and pass me off to his drug dealer at 17 the day I met him. Blah, 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 blah. I then went on, like Jenna, 
and expressed. First I withheld and then I went and became a sexual addict myself. I mean, when I counted 500 men I'd slept with, I stopped <laughs> keeping track. And I even went from being a supermodel when I was in my early 20s and later on started in I did a stint as an exotic dancer from 29 to 32, where ironically I found and got in touch with my goddess energy. Um, I reclaimed the power of my feminine as opposed to it being the only way for me to survive or get attention or have any power in this world. Um, so I kind of came through the back door, the darkness into the light. Um, I also went to school for genetic engineering and I loved what you touched on, Joss, about epigenetics. I love Bruce Lipton. I can go on and on and on about this, this topic, but we're taught that our genes only, you know, the 95% of our DNA is junk DNA and that's a crock of shit. That's where everything is. That's the black void. That's the creation. That's our language. It's encoded. We actually have 15 genes that designate our sexuality. And heterosexuality is on uh, one end and homosexuality is on the other. One, recess one recessive and one dominant. And everyone pretty much lies on a blend in between. We are taught to have guilt and shame around that, no matter who you are or what you are, by our current society, which was part of the suppression of how we were enslaved on this planet. First they did it through matriarchy, then or pat matriarchy, then patriarchy, then, then religion, then government, and now they're doing it pretty much through science. Um, however, the reason they focused on the suppression of the divine feminine, uh, primarily at the time they did, was because of the actions of Christ and Magdalene. She was not a prostitute, she was a sacred prostitute, and there's a very big difference. And that is in tie-in and with any of us who get caught up in what you would call sexual addiction, if, especially if you're a woman, you probably have a lineage somewhere in your ancestral lineage, in your DNA, of the sacred prostitute. And the sacred prostitute couldn't be further from the way the prostitution is, a, is enacted on our planet in this day, and why it is still known as the oldest profession. The sacred prostitute was a woman who was educated in the 64 tantric arts of Tantra, which is the art of sacred union, and that is about the connection and someone balanced in your own divine masculine and feminine energy, taking on a lover and teaching them to honor their, the reflection of themselves and the divine within us and each other at the altar of your lover. That's why you have the Shiva and Yoni lingams and all the ancient cultures. I've traveled the world in the last two years, and you can go down to the Mayan ruins, you can go to Angkor Wat, you can come here to Bali. You see the same things all over the place. This stuff was common no matter where you were in the planet. It was very obvious there were many different races and different races from other planets actually at the same time that were all sharing their knowledge and wisdom with the current races as we were also being genetically hybrided here. We've been hybridized. We're not, we're not just, human is not just the initial uh, being that was planted, the seed that was planted on this earth many years ago. And how this ties into our feminine, even that was a, um, it was an intentional action to, to hybridize different things for different reasons. Um, but specifically back to the epigenetics aspect, we do carry, as Jocelyn said, um, I, in, in my healing work, we not only, when we heal what we, our own karma, and I know that I haven't had any prior human lives. I've been plugged in and been the guide for other beings that had human lives, but this is my first human life. But I have remembrance of all the lives of my ancestral lineage. 
And when we finish healing ourselves, we then go into healing our ancestral lineage. Uh, the family constellations and the shamanic practices that are exploding all over the world are part of this. And they're one way to do it, but Jocelyn was absolutely accurate. The way it is a revolution of love. And the stories of twin flames, which is your highest soulmate, your first separation from source, your reflection. They are incarnate from my personal empirical experience only at the beginning and end of world cycles. Otherwise, one is incarnate and one is on the spirit realm. And it is the power of their capacity to come together from having had the wisdom before in sacred union to not only practice true divine love, sacred union and divine love, but instead of having an orgasm, it creates a higher octave, which is I call, I've termed a soulgasm, and that is also what you experience when you have kundalini awakening, which I have had as well. And sacred union creates a kundalini awakening in the lovers, so it, it's above an orgasm, creates a soulgasm, creates this amazing field of electromagnetics that not only is powerfully healing to themselves, but the entire planet, just the way Agni Hotra, the sacred fire healing ceremony they practice here regularly here in Bali on full moons that heals the land and the community around it. But it also opens up a portal to create higher levels of dimensions of consciousness in the multiverse. So it opens this window of chaos, which is the divine feminine, and the divine masculine is the intention with which that chaos and creative energy is hyper-focused into a laser to create. So this is the balance of the divine masculine and feminine that is capable in our sexual power and why it has been suppressed and why we see it so bastardized in television um, and the media and everywhere. They've done this purposely because if we awaken to who we are, it's going to completely change the paradigm on this planet. And that's where we are and what we're doing right now. We're doing it right now just having this hangout. Thank you and honor to you, Brendan, for having founded this amazing project that you do. And I so love and support you in it. Um, but back to the sexual wound, the abandonment. That is the primal wound that we experience having come from source. And in my own journeyings and my own empirical experiences with the astral and kundalini, etc., I know my soul origin was on the 13th dimension and that there we don't even have physical bodies. Um, but to come down into such a dense structure called 3D where everything is duality, I've often felt like Lilu in the movie The Fifth Element, you know, when she's looking through the computer studying, where's the love? She's seeing the war, the, where's the love? And she's crying. And she, even though she's the fifth element, she can't bring her heart up until she, she feels love herself, the love that she knows. Not like what Reginald and Jocelyn and I were discussing in the line, the way it is expressed here, it's used as rote. It's a term that's often used and never experienced, expressed, or actually acted on. And unconditional love is who and what we are. That's what we're made of. That is, the that is what source is. And that's why it's so important. It's so important to have these discussions. And there is no right or wrong path. Um, we're all, as we get to about seven and our ego comes in full, depending on your, on your culture, your parents, your situation, but pretty much I would say 99% of the people on this planet are not born into a healthy, at least our age, any adults. There are children coming in that have this, this benefit now, thanks to a lot of personal work and on, on certain people and the planet that are they're growing and evolving and I'm seeing them pop up everywhere. Um, but very few people had parents who taught them how to be very good people, supported them to explore exactly who they are or what they're here to do in the planet, 
and taught them how to make very good choices. It's not about that we're bad or we need to do this or we need to do that or we need to believe this or we need to believe that. It's about us needing to remember who we are and what we came to share on this planet. And we all do it individually. Uh, and once you find the challenge, and our soul chose all these experiences. It chose to come in. I personally chose this really difficult mix of lineages because I wanted to put light in there. I wanted to say, okay, give me that really tough cookie to crack, you know. And I, I often have wondered if my soul bit off more than it could chew, but come together. I, I've survived many a time, and transformation is what it's all about. And many, it's not just one. I mean, I started the beginning of what I would call, I was reading about all religions and theologies and spirituality. I mean, I read, you know, Paramahansa Yogananda when I was 14. Um, then I had another wave in my 20s, and then I thought I really started in full in my 30s, and then I thought I was there, you know, that level before Kundalini where, oh, yeah, I know it all. I, I got it. I, you know, I don't know it all, but I know enough to know that there's more, but I don't need to read anymore, or blah, 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 and then I dove into the spiritual and the shamanic and the divine feminine, and then boom, Kundalini, and now I know that my ego brain regardless of its IQ of 168 and its vast amount of knowledge, um, it does not know all. All is in our soul. It's in every cell of our body. And all of us, regardless of who we are as an ego, what character our soul chose to have the perfect experience here on Earth with, chose to uh, experience and bring our gifts with, we all utilize the same collective consciousness. All of us tap into this. It's just... We're responsible for clearing the channel and turning on the faucet. It's not, we don't own it. I don't, this isn't my wisdom. It's my personal empirical experience, which is my wisdom of my ego. And I can share from my higher self and my soul. But all that is, is is unconditional love coming through the many various different experiences of my ego, trying to reach out to share, to awaken, and spark remembrance in others. So it's about doing some sexual shadow work, looking into our self-limiting beliefs, our habits, our ways of being, any aspects of character, that habits that we have picked up that we believe to be us that aren't, and going in and eradicating them. And this can be done through energy work. It can do, be done through um, meditation. It can be done through martial arts. It can be done through so many different ways, tantra, sacred sexuality, um, and it's empirical. There are no wrong, wrong experiences. There's only lessons. And it's only a mistake if you don't glean the wisdom from the experience and do something that harms yourself or another again. That's all it is. Otherwise, it's all exploration and curiosity. We're divine souls having a human experience. And we came to, we're all rainbow warrior goddesses of the light, Jedi warriors, heaven yeah. And um, I don't believe that there is one soul on this planet, even, even the Obamas and the Clintons, their souls have just been vampired, and yes, their physical ego or whatever is allowing it right now, but just like when you kill the master vampire in a movie, when we get rid of the archonic energies, I believe their souls can be back into their bodies as well, and it's about not exclusion. It's about taking a look at who and where we are and our sexuality and how we practice love. You do your free hugs all over the place, Brendan. I love that. I've done a few of those myself, but I see, the, I see wherever you go, you're like... You are a Jedi warrior, and you bring your vibration and your unconditional love, and you open the hearts of people that maybe that one moment they were ready, you know, an hour before were ready to give up on everything, and it can change. And this is the spark that we need to, to reflame and reclaim. 
getting into the actual aspect of sexuality itself, it's, it is like, um, I, I think it was Kyle who said it earlier, there are things we can do by ourselves and there are things that we can do together. But before we can really engage in sacred union, we have to know who we are and what we want and what our desires are and what pleases us. And when we get rid of the guilt and shame around that and what's put upon us, any act between consenting adults that does not cause harm to either is purely fine. There is no judgment about it. From sex toys to dressing up to whatever sexuality or mix of one or more partners you want to participate in, as long as you're pre present and loving and conscious, and your intention is to spread more love, not to take or glean anything or power, then that is fine. I wanted to express that because I know in the U.S. and over in the West they're having all that LGBT stuff for the bathrooms and people being banned. And Even in my private practice, I've worked with a couple of transsexuals. Some are post-op, some haven't. And I have a friend over here who lives as a woman and is a man but has had breast surgery but doesn't do any doesn't take any hormones or anything like that and that's that soul is just as much of a soul and grounded in this life as any one of us and it's really important that we don't lose the sense of our individuality because we all have something to offer and the power of our our sexuality if i had not reclaimed myself and who i am i never would have survived the the way the tsunamis that i have experienced the more i've stepped into my power the more i've gotten attacked and I've been destroyed. My life from Kundalini, I had to rebuild myself six times in five years and finally left the U.S. And the second I did, and I had like $147 in my pocket, I went to making uh, a lot more, uh, more, probably more than I made when I was dancing, <laughs> doing my healing practice. And the world opened up, and I've met amazing people, and I'm doing what I'm doing over here, um, setting up um, retreats to do the workshop that I've done online in it. Um, consciousness festivals live here to help people reclaim their sexual sovereignty, remember their power, and like like Jocelyn had said, it's about getting your creativity. It's not just about the bedroom. That when you reclaim that power in in yourself, and then with a, a lover in sacred union, it helps your communication and your connection and your compassion and understanding of everyone you meet and everyone you come into contact with, whether it's your family, whether you get along well with them or estranged from them, whether it's your child, whether it's a coworker, whether it's someone you run into on the street. And that is the biggest gift. Because not only once you fill your own well, you always, um, but you, you overflow and you can't help but affect others. That's the importance of the revolution of love. It really is the revolution of love we are, and I mean true love, true love, unconditional love. It's about seeing all the, it's not, we don't all need to see eye to eye. And we, like Reginald put in there, we have to become confident enough in who we are and what we came to share that we don't need to be accepted by everyone else or look like everybody else. But that herd instinct that was deep in our limbic brain was put there because way back if we were, when we were nomadic tribes, and I'm a digital nomad, I travel all over by myself, <laughs> um, the world, uh, is that if you were, if you didn't have the community or the herd, you might not survive. Well, that is the case in a different reflection now. Thank God we have, goddess, we have the internet, and I say goddess the way I do because it is the divine masculine and feminine equal power.
I've worked very hard to balance my divine feminine and masculine, and I own them both. And I, I'm not about men over women, and I don't want to return to a matriarchy either. A lot of people think, oh, you're all about goddess, and you know, screw the man. I'm like, absolutely not. I'm done with, does anyone else here want eunuchs on this planet? I don't. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I think that's about it, other than I think it's all, all each one of us needs to do is follow our own path, go inside, follow your own gnosis, follow your intuition. Yes, use your brain, but your brain, our ego and our left brain, our divine masculine, was given to serve the divine feminine, the creative aspect, the nurturing aspect, the, the receptive surrender. And that's why, oh, like when we're falling in love or when we're in orgasm, it's a surrender to the orgasm. Women who can't trust can't orgasm. Something like 10 to 15% of women don't orgasm at all because of they don't feel safe or they don't trust their lover and they, don't, they have not been honored in their sexual experiences in their life. And here's a really interesting thing. It's because a, a lot of men have difficulty when they surrender and they fall in love and then they get cold. Um, they have to back off to ground because they feel like they're dying. They call it vagina dentata in the, in the psychological books. But they feel like they're being eaten by the vagina that birthed them. When they surrender to the love emotion, they feel like they're losing their power when actually in that vulnerability is where we glean our greatest strength, surrendering to the orgasm. And here's a really another interesting aspect. We say, I'm coming, okay? In the Japanese language, they say, I'm being. That there is the key. It's the surrender to the infinite. And when sacred union, and I've practiced it, let me tell you, the soulgasm that I had as an individual, ascetic, solitary, meditating, kundalini, sun-gazing individual is so much more intense. And actually, Jocelyn, I burst out in the middle of riding my lover at the time that I was dedicating that soulgasm to healing the divine feminine of my mother's lineage that I know had, I know for three generations there had been no orgasms. Three generations, no orgasms. Fifteen children my grandmother had and never had an orgasm. My, my, my great-grandmother. My grandmother uh, was raped by her father who raped her and she, had, she was forced to marry him and never had an orgasm her entire life. I, I had got to spend time with her near the end of her life. I, I can't even begin to tell you how bang on all of you are. I, I've been lit up like a candle and it's so nice to be working with this younger generation because it's more like work with people my age. They, they have a, they're old dogs and they, they're not as loose and their minds aren't as open. Yes, I'm a way out of, outside the box for 50, a 50-year-old. 50 <laughs> I act more 24 um, and I will always be that way. I'm never going to lose the heart of my child. But I encourage you all to keep going and don't judge yourself. That's the biggest thing. Guilt and shame are the lowest vibrations on the Hawkins consciousness scale. Eradicate your guilt and shame about what you do. The only person that judges you is you. As long as your intention was not to do harm to another, it's okay whatever happens. And, you, and you, this situation was put in your field in order for you to face it. That is your piece of creating the shift and the revolution of love on this planet. Anything in your immediate field is your power. So I have to get to work. I hope I'll stay on for a few minutes if anybody wants to give feedback quick, but I, I do have to get going. And I would love to join you all again when I can. But peace, love, abundance, and joy. Shine your light brilliantly in the darkness. Turn on your lightsaber and remember what superhero you are. My superpower is kindness. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Just, just thank you for all of that.
I really appreciated it. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Lisa, you do sound very familiar to my kind. Maybe you should go and talk to my uh, star family because I sense something familiar about you. I'm very familiar with your star family. I, I recommend you watch, I believe I sent it to you once, E.T. Yes. Science and Kundalini by Dan Winter. That tells of the lineage. If you and yes, really I am Kundalini that badly, you will know that you uh, belong to my bloodline. I'm not just, just saying <laughs> well, Let me find out my royal bloodline, and I owe you that. You know that, right? We can discuss this off to, uh, offline. Cool. This awesome. this topic is to stick to unconditional love and sacred sexuality. Definitely. And uh, Lisa, again, thank you so much for 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 joining in. And uh, I, you you have to leave soon, right? Was that? That was yeah. kind of yeah okay good so we got we got an awesome we got an awesome dosage uh, of Lisa there and and again for people who who are just like who is this beautiful Amazonian goddess here sharing her knowledge just pouring it down onto us um, this is Lisa Lisa Vunk and uh, you can find her on Facebook Lisa Jean Vunk and I'll post the links for her and anybody else in this broadcast into the show notes as well and uh, Lisa I'll just pass it over to you for, for anything else that you want to share for people as to like how they can get in touch with you if perhaps they would be interested in either contacting you further or any of the things that you're working on as well so go ahead and just let people know where they can find you before you uh, have to head out and thanks again it was okay. awesome. You're, and just, you're so you know, awesome. I'm practicing. I'm in my pajamas. I have bedhead, and I hadn't even showered yet when I came on. But um, anyone who wants to get in touch with me, as Brendan said, I'm Lisa Jean Vunk. Here, I'll type it in the message bar over here in the in the chat box. But Lisa Jean Vunk is my personal page. Lisa Vunk is my pro page. Uh, www.transcendence. D A N C E. Dot us as in unity consciousness without the letters in the middle. Um, dot um, is my website. As I said, I do workshops called Get Your Goddess On, which I have taken a break from online because I'm trying to line up um, programs here. I'm also on LinkedIn, Google Plus. You can find all the connections on my website, and I have a YouTube page, and I make um, videos called Insights and Observations of a Rainbow Warrior Goddess. I also had a radio show for a year called Consciousness Caffeine, which I had to take a break from on Blog Talk for many reasons, um, but I'm starting it back up on a live YouTube format uh, shortly. So that's my spiel. I'll put it all in here and go ahead. And thank you so much, Brendan. And I, I'm simply a reflection of you all. I love the reflections of me that I see in all of you. And we got this. We got this, family. We got this. Love you, That was awesome. That was awesome, Lisa. Thank you so much. And and yes, again, for people tuning into this, uh, Lisa Jean Vonk, and it's uh, L-I-S-A-G-E-A-N-N-E and V-U-N-K. And uh, again, stay tuned. You will hear more from her uh, her and any other people in here, fellow conscious media creators, you know, part of this project is being able to share their content. So as Lisa mentioned, she's going to be, she already has some media available and uh, keep an eye open for that because you'll see it through the Paradigm Shift Central project as things continue to unfold. So Lisa, thank you again so much and um, just any any last goodbyes before, before you have to step out or... Um, or because I know well because again I, I know you said you, you want to like open if anybody else had any direct responses or anything like that. Um, if but they have any I'll... questions or anything, I could stay on for a few more minutes. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So just opening up the microphone. All that and, and run off and people go oh. Yeah, so yeah that's what I'm thinking. 
Okay, so let's just create like an extra couple minutes of buffer for anybody who may have any response to things that Lisa said. Um, feel free to, to jump in. And Andy, we'll, we'll just uh, wait one second. I just want to see if somebody else wants to give somebody else a chance to jump in. So any of the other, um, anybody else perhaps even any of the, of the other females, if you guys had anything response or anything that you just want to continue into the conversation. Kat has got her microphone open. Okay, so Kat, we'll pass it over to you then. Sure. Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you so much, Lisa, for sharing all of that. Like, that was just so profound and so beautiful, the way you really, like, wrapped everything up and made everything, you said everything in such an eloquent and deep way. I really appreciate that. Um, something in my life that really resonates with me that you actually touched on was delving into the topic of... Um, of sexual shadow work, so that's really cool because that's something that I don't often hear people really directly talking about, and, um, and you know the various avenues to take in which to go about it. And then what I really love about that is just like how you are really emphasizing um, eradicating guilt and shame because there's no way we're going to get to these levels of awareness if we're always blocking each other and ourselves with um, you know with these ways of, of being and um, so that's been like a big part of my sexual awakening in the last probably two three years now. It's just like like going through different things that I had built up within myself that um, that have prevented me from really stepping into like this like amazing person that who I am. And um, for me, a big thing like and I think a lot of um, a lot of women in North American culture have gone through this before. Um, just how we deal with sexuality, our own sexuality, being labeled as certain things. Um, for me, the biggest thing was transitioning from like these words that were very hateful and, and um, words that had like a very negative connotation to them. Like, you know, you hear women being called like whores and sluts and, and stuff like that. And I remember one instance back when I was in high school, um, there was a girl who was jealous of me when I was in a relationship with someone else and she, she caused this rumor and called me a slut and I remember having such a hard time with that word and over the last few years um, I've completely shifted the relationship with that word and, um, and it's been kind of challenging because in the spiritual community I know a lot of people who don't personally vibrationally align with the word slut it has like this like oh like it's dirty like it's bad like put it away <laughs> so for me I've kind of transitioned in that sense and, and um, came across this one woman who said you know like the slut is the sexually liberated unapologetic teacher S-L-U-T and um because <laughs> really in the next day or two, there's there's an event in my city um, called Slut Walk. I'm not sure if you've heard about it before. Um, yeah. But basically it started off with um, this cop in Toronto who was basically telling um, women that they should not dress like sluts if they don't want to be raped. Um, and so this huge movement happened where now women, um, men, people of all genders are coming out and supporting um like victimization and slut shaming and, and just supporting people through the process of like, you know, what their own traumas and what they've gone through. And so I'm really like proud to to walk in that and be like one of the marshals for that. And I really want to thank you and and everyone else for really like, you know, keeping that like power through and yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> and um oh, now I remember what I was gonna say. Um you know, just basically how we were talking about like doing sexual shadow work and understanding ourselves on that level. Um, how that ties into the love for me is, is really, it goes back to that quote um, by Rumi. I don't know it uh, verbatim, but it's, um, your task 
is not to seek love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you've built against it. So whether that's an experience that has been ingrained in us through our childhood or relationships with people throughout our adolescence or early adulthood, um, the journey is, is continual. And, um, and I think that's been like the very defining quote for me throughout my whole life so far is just finding all the different ways in which I've built up experience of love and blocked it out so yeah yeah <laughs> awesome 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 I love hearing your journey no cool. and and absolutely uh, I actually had a saying that I always used to say cunt that was inve by, invented by a man who feared a woman taking back her power and doing feeling free to do exactly as he does the word whore was about men trying to take our power away instead mm -hmm. of remind us of the fact that they used to come to us to teach them about sexuality mm -hmm. because really a man and a woman actually a, a woman just knows it more intuitively but a, a man in plug with his divine feminine would intuitively know more about his own sexuality but they've been taught we've been taught in guilt and in shame from the time when we're naturally masturbatory around two to three not to touch our private parts so we have shame for masturbating when we start to explore our bodies when our hormones start pounding. We're not supposed to touch ourselves down there as they so eloquently cover in the vagina monologues. And then you get into the victims of rape. I'm not sure, I'm not going to touch on this too, too much, but, you know, uh, Brendan knows I, I do a lot about the satanic banks or war mongrel of pedophiles of power and the satanic rituals and all this, but... Because of the prevalence of that, there's a movie called Spotlight that came out recently covering just the Catholic Church in Boston and how 1,500 priests were pedophiles. But the one in three women will be raped and one in six men in their lifetime. That's the stat that we have. I don't think that's accurate. From the work that I do, I would say one out of two women have been sexually violated in some way. As adults, I mean, at least people over 30. Um, because that's the vast majority of who I work with. I also work with lots of victims of sexual abuse and people, I, I even worked with two people who were raped by their own parents from the time they were two. So I, I take people from that, that and that is a, a, a life force grab. That's why, why they use it in black magic because the life force is so powerful in a, in a child, in a, in a virgin. They have all their sexual energy. They haven't given it away or shared it with anyone. It's pure. And um, it's very important to reclaim it. And I'm so proud of you that you found it. You, see, you found it all on your own. You just went to your intuition, your gnosis. This is it. Knowledge and stuff is out here just to trigger our spark and curiosity. Mm -hmm. And there's a million of us out here. I'm not the only one that teaches about sexual empowerment. Um, and I don't even use that word because I use sexual sovereignty. Because a lot of people think it's about you know us when we get back and being able to sleep with who we want. It's not about that. <laughs> it, it, it's, yeah. No, sovereignty. it's about... Yeah, it's about sexual sovereignty. And if you choose to withhold your sexual power for yourself, that's a whole other thing. You should see the creation that comes out of that. I call it the priestess path, you know, or the magician's path. We can use that. That's why magic was so powerful, you know, and really. Now, okay, Honor, anybody else give questions because I do have to go to work. But you rock, Sister Goddess Cat. And by the way, your name, as it's spelled, was my first stage name as a dancer. There are too many cats. <laughs> you know, I would say this to you, Lisa. You do sound very much like my uh, 
star sister that I remembered long ago when I was a little child. <laughs> Honestly, you are pretty wild, and I was like, are you one of my kind? Well, you're a lot into Eastern wisdom, Andy. I think the term they use down here is a dakini. <laughs> yes, cool. I do realize that. Sweet. Well, thanks, uh, Lisa. Thanks again. And uh, again, we will just take a moment here because I know a couple people just have one more thing to say because, gosh darn it, Lisa is just so cool and so popular and everybody wants to talk to her and that's cool. And I just wanted to throw in like a quick idea because we were just talking about, you know, reclaiming sovereignty and even through language and even like the word cunt I find very interesting because that actually has like origins in a very empowering term. So again, you know, like the word cunt in some ways can actually go back to like even uh, in ancient Africa where there's like the kunta and uh, like it literally was a reference to like a North African goddess and everything so I mean yeah you know it's just typical of the patriarchy to sort of like take a word that is like sexually empowering for a female and simply they're just like if we just change that word maybe that will change everything and, and in a way you know like that's sort of the holographic effect but knowing that that word is actually rooted in an empowering thing. It's just like, yes, like like claim the cunt, you know, like be be you and everything like that. Like there's I had a similar conversation with somebody else who was like getting labeled by it and I was just like, you know, it's one way to alchemize it. It's just like own it in, in a very like primal and ancient way. So well I let's say, um okay well, Jenna, you you, you want to jump in. Jenna, just, sorry, do you do you want to jump in? I did. I just wanted to quickly say like thank you because you've given me so much life and so much light this evening and I'm happy that I came into this to have the opportunity to listen to what you just said because um, I think you just literally, like just then, you just shifted my entire mentality. Uh, Michael was there, he could tell you that I've been having a really rough go the past couple of weeks and hearing someone else that comes from something that I uh, have had to deal with for so long in my life and I don't know haven't addressed or anything like that just having such a positive outlook that you have and it just you're so awesome you are so awesome and I thank you so much for being here so I just wanted to say that I'm simply a reflection of you that's what I say to all of us what we love in another is what we love in ourselves and if I was able to reflect that into you I honor that I hope I helped you eradicate some of your guilt and shame. One other little piece about the, the multiple sexual partner things. What, what we do as women, we, we, whenever, well, women and men, we always exchange energies. But women have a natural, very powerful healing energy. And we take on all the stuff of our lovers. So the more lovers we had, it just means you're using that goddess energy to help transform that divine masculine on this planet. So take it a look from that perspective. But also, don't bite off more than you can chew. <laughs> you want to need to you need to be able to digest it and not harm yourself in the process. <laughs> Although, of course, I learned that the hard way. But I survived, so you will too. <laughs> you know, Lisa, uh, I would tell uh, you this okay. about. I think um, uh, unless divine. there's anything else, I I know um we're just gonna bounce around with a couple other points, and I know Andy actually we're just gonna pass it back to him in a second. But does there anybody? else who has a direct response to Lisa before she has to head out, otherwise we're just going to keep her all day. So, <laughs> I know she, we'll, we'll have her, we'll have her again, we'll, she'll be on in the future, so again. Um, so again, just, does anybody else have any direct, even just comments, gratitude, if you just want to like, say thank you and stuff like that, um, feel free thank to do that. Thank you so much, so, Lisa. Thanks for uh, bringing up the fire yeah. you now. 
<laughs> I know that uh, guy. It's very go hard ahead. to like, control mm-hmm. it, but it's true. I'm um, sorry. Like I'm telling you, you brought out the fire in me, and uh, unfortunately, I can't control it. You realize that. Yes. Like me, I personally like. Let me tell you about divine feminine. Like, I actually Vietnam and uh, several uh, Southeast Asian nations are originally not patriarchies. They're matriarchies. So we do know what a powerful woman is. Same with Indonesia. The only difference is, is it's been a thousand years of influence by the Chinese, northern Chinese people who are about a the domination of man. When clearly, I don't mind about a man. There are several reasons why I honor a father in a uh, in a family. Like for example, if if you have a mother, you can. Uh, there's a quote in Vietnam. They say that a mother is someone that uh, gives you shelter. But without a father, it's like uh, you. Uh, it's like having no roof on a house. You'll have to sleep uh, under the rain to survive. <laughs> That's what it is. Versus having uh, without a mother is like uh, trying to uh, take cover from a. Uh, it's like uh, trying to like cover yourself with a uh, haze. That's what it is too. Yeah. That's Vietnamese culture. Cool. Lisa, go ahead. He just um, triggered one thing I left out of what I was saying. One of the biggest things they did to help cut us off from our sexual, um, natural resonance with our sexual energy was when they brought in the bottle feeding. It's very, and the C-section, and the way they birth in in our um, allopathic medicine because birthing is a process that really awakens it, it puts off all kinds of healing energies in a woman and all the way her body is flooded with all the stem cells that are stored in the placenta at birth it really creates a very healing process in many women if you haven't been able to heal anything prior if you go through the process of birth you are healed then the baby it, it immediately should go directly onto the mother before the placenta is cut, not cut a hole out and have the baby ripped out of the womb like they do so often. And lastly, that that instinct for survival is on your breast. I had no breasts. I was barely an A. I went to a triple G. And now I'm down to a double D. <laughs> but um, literally, that that cycling, the tongue action. And if you notice, the tongue action a baby utilizes is the same way your tongue is supposed to go and naturally does when you get present when you meditate it's just resting lightly on the roof of your tongue but that connection and bonding with the divine feminine whether you're a man or a woman whether you're a breastfed if you're breastfed you're much more in touch with your sexual energy and I mean breastfed for at least a year or two I don't mean a month and then off on the bottle that's why they give us those pacifiers that's why they have so many people in disconnect and stuck in their head and not in their root chakra which is where our power and our sacral chakra where our sexuality really lives and then that's there's a reason why that's behind our power when those two things are aren't aligned, we can have a very hard time coming into our power unless we bring it down from our head. Okay, that, I think that's enough. A lot of us get stuck in our left brain, as I did earlier in my life. I just want to no, add one little point because we'll just uh, let, okay, Jenna, go ahead, and then Andy, we'll just wait a couple seconds. I never knew that, but it's really interesting that you bring that up because I mean, I myself don't have any children, but um. I've been around the Hispanic culture a lot in my life and in my experience with one of my exes who I lived with him, I lived with his sister, she had three kids, his brother had two kids, 
his sister would breastfeed for a year, yeah, like a year, two years, whereas everyone else in my family and the other families that I've been around, they do. They put the kids on the bottle very quickly, and I've never noticed that relationship before, but you're completely right because within their family, they have such a, a connection and such a love and honor and respect, and they're such a more passionate culture that I respect a lot, and I, that's very interesting. Thank you for making that point. I actually nursed my son till he was four and a half. Um, he was on the autism spectrum, and the bond was, there's nothing like it. It's longer. You go with it, the child dictates however the child needs, not to mention the immune system, but it's the love. It's the love. You, you get The mother gets all this oxytocin, and you just experience this high of love and, and unity consciousness, and you're given so much, I don't know, it was the most transformational experience in my life, aside from Kundalini, was for my ego was to become a mother. It's amazing. That's beautiful. Awesome. Okay, guys. Well, I, I think um, I think I think with that said, we'll we'll let we'll let Lisa go go do what she needs to do. She's a superhero. There there are people waiting for her to uh, for her to join their presence. So, um, Lisa, thank thank you again. Obviously, there is more to this conversation, and you know, I look forward to being able to expand it in, in other forms and other media's. And I'm um, just passing it back to you. If there's any final words that you just want to leave with people, and reminding people that some of the websites for Lisa, you can check her out at Transcendence. Dot us and it's transcendance d a n c e dot us is uh, one of our main websites. But Lisa, go go ahead. Any any final words that you have for for all the other dreamers and lovers out there waking up? Um, uh, and, and sorry, I was just gonna say. Um, okay, and Jocelyn does have one thing that she wants to say. Jocelyn, did you want to say your thing now, and then Lisa will say her outro? Otherwise, she'll have to do like a second outro. <laughs> um, whatever or. I, I just want to give Jocelyn a chance because I just saw her comment. Jocelyn, did you did you want to say it now or? Okay, Lisa. Well, I, I just wanted to say really quick. Um, thank you so much because I, I really felt deeply what you said about the the twin flame, um, the twin flame remark that you were talking about, and I've never heard it actually explained in that light before. Um, that it's your first it's your first separation outside of your mother that you have from love. Separation from source. Separation first. Separation from source as your soul came out of source. You know, like mitosis, zygote. It, it reps. It, mitosis. It replicates and separates, and then yeah. those two separate, and then you have four, and then you have eight. That's how our soul families. We have many soulmates, but we only have one twin flame, and it's our first separation from source. That makes so much sense to me. I, my the father of my child. We were just. It was so intense, but anyway, I just wanted to say thank you, and that like created a whole connection field for me. So I'm gonna Amazing. come visit you when I come over there. Yeah, um, yeah. Is a whole other category. It is the most intense. They're our biggest mirror, and no matter where we think we are, it even the people who think they're at mastery or avatar level, uh, here's your mirror, and here's a deeper level of work that you have to do for not only yourself but the the cosmos. It's above and beyond just planet Earth. Yeah, so. yeah, it was. It's it's so deep. But anyway, if you come to New Zealand, I'll take you to Castle Hill, and we'll do a ceremony there. But no way, there's Castle guys uh, meet at Castle Hill, and I'll lie to you guys from the Austin, Texas, or Seattle. Oh, when I'm, <laughs> I'm from Vietnam, so I know where uh, these guys are. Too, you know. So. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, no, mine was All in right. Newport. I'm from Martha's Vineyard, right. but I left there two years ago. I can't hang out with the Obummers and the Killeries and any of them anymore. Um, Newport. Anyway, outro. I'm sorry. All right. Okay. Yes. We'll we'll set you up. So so Lisa, thank you. There's a place right around the corner from me. It's Newport, Delaware. <laughs> That's all. I was like. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, so let's. Uh. Yeah. Okay. So, Lisa, we'll we'll, we'll set this up. And, and again, you know, thanks for just adding your voice to this conversation. And uh, yeah, definitely giving us a lot more to think about and topics to jump off of. So, Lisa, final farewells for now, and we'll pass the talking stick back to you. Here we go. Bye, Lisa. Okay. I will say. Oh, sorry. No, I was just. Hi, saying Michael. Bye. bye. I haven't seen you in a while. Hit me on Facebook. Okay. Jim says bye too. Sign on, star. Um, all I was going to say is that Castle Hill is obviously coming up for a reason. It's reminding me of Olympus. It's a connection. But as Andy said in his lineage that he, he he's a king. Well, we're here to remember that we're all kings and queens and actually above that. and uh, Not the way we've been shown what kings and queens are, but it's about being royalty. And we're all, what they're supposed to do is care for their community. They're not supposed to let them eat cake. <laughs> but... King Michael, <laughs> did you have something more to say? Uh, uh, oh, no, I, I was just saying that Jim says bye, too. Oh, bye, Jim. <laughs> um, the final thing I would say is uh, espavo. Uh, it's an ancient Lemurian word for thank you for taking your power. And uh, all keep shining your lights brilliantly in the darkness. I, it's been an honor and a blessing to share the the hang out with you all and giving me time to let me spew my spiel. I am kind of a cheerleader and I am a fire goddess, <laughs> but it's about fire and water. And Brendan, you're amazing. Uh, you and I were friends long before you and I were doing our work to the level that we are now and I saw your spark long ago. You were one of the first soul family I, re I, I recognized and out of a vast Facebook that I had just joined. Um, that I swore I never would. So I'm grateful for I've done that. I'm grateful for today. I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for you all. And please connect with me on Facebook. Um, I do have a newsletter I put out. If you go to my website and sign up for it, it's free. And I look forward to connecting with you all at a later date. Brendan, huge huggies. And um, shine on all. I do have to run. I have one minute. <laughs> Peace, love, abundance, awesome. and joy. <laughs> Uh, and uh, all the best yeah, in your sure. ongoing missions, and thank you for joining us for her, so, yes. <laughs> all right, so... <laughs> yeah, woo! Sweet. All right, so the conversation continues, and uh, again, huge shout-out. Mm -hmm. Thank you again to Lisa. And, um, yeah, so there's been a lot of really key things that have come up. Wait, and, I, I didn't and, miss um, too much, did I? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll fill you in as we go, Michael, no worries. So um, with that said, though, you know, like I, I do just want to let let you guys sort of help direct this conversation based on anything that Lisa was talking about. You guys tell me where you might want to take it. And um, I'm not sure if Jocelyn actually wanted to bring up any more of, of her point. But um, again, if anybody else just wants to bring in a little bit of like their own thoughts, using this platform as a place to practice talking about these topics. So if there's anything that you guys want to bring in. And there's, there's some... 
things that I, I, I do want to get into, and and uh, I'm sure Cat uh, will actually be able to sort of like get into um, with like our Mantak Chia knowledge books behind us and stuff like that. And uh, I, I just want to give a special shout out actually. Um, for those of you who, who don't know, you know, like there, there's a lot of awesome people in this chat, and in particular, Kat, uh, I just want to embarrass her for a moment. Um, she's actually my partner, and uh, we've been together for like a year, and she's a super awesome soul. And a lot of what like what Lisa was saying is like, again, you know, with the, with the soulmates, with the twin flames, it's it's this process of like mirroring mirroring each other into your higher growth, whether you like it or not, sort of thing. When you're committed to a relationship at that way, when you choose to show up for it, and just like. Being able to share that journey with her, you know, it's it's relative to things that we can continue to talk about within this discussion, and you know, even being candid about you know, like experiences with sexuality and sexual energies and and whatever um, whatever we need to get into and stuff like that. But I just wanted to give her a special shout out, and um, she's uh, yeah, she's pretty cool. So thanks, Kat. <laughs> and she thinks I'm cool too. So that's like what makes it even more awesome, right? I think that's what partnerships about like someone who like loves your weirdness. I think you're the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the shout out. <laughs> Thanks, Kat. Thanks. Cool. All right. Um, so again, you know, I just wanted to give that out there, just so it sort of opens up more and more things to talk about later with more context. Um, yeah. So let's let's keep bouncing some some things around and um, just allowing uh, anybody else who might want to go into some conversation. It looks like Kyle's got some points. Let me just double check. Just um, if there are any any women first who might want to go. First, I just want to sort of give that that opportunity, if uh, any of the women want to go first. first. Not even in like that type of a sensible way, but like I honestly, yeah, like okay. I, I just feel that I, what, I like. What if it's being... like? What if it's like a, a lady in a male body? Well, it, sure, Mike. If that's how you yeah, feel about yourself. To, not even trying to like put labels on things either. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, someone, someone uh, who's carrying the the. Yeah, again, I, I almost don't want to like try and put labels on it and stuff like that, but I think you guys know what I mean. But if not, we'll we'll pass over to Kyle. So just three more seconds if anybody else wants to open their mic. Three, two, and it's over to Kyle. So Kyle, we'll pass over to you, and uh, let's just keep bouncing around with this conversation. And again, there there's a lot of things we're gonna get into, and uh, I do want to get into you know like even just like an awareness of the microcosmic microcosmic orbit and just like an under a deeper philosophical and spiritual metaphysical understanding of like the seminal fluid and how that like relates into even being able to become more in tune with our dreams and like awakening into our potential of like being able to astral project and how like ancient mystery schools talk about like how that fluid is actually fundamental in, in a part of that process. And I want again I want to be able to hear from more of the females in terms of like what cultivating sexual energy is for them. And, and that's where, you know, there's a lot to learn from from both of the people, both of the varying persons, the uh, of the sun, the people of the sun, the humans. So let's do this. Let's flow some say <laughs> the human the human. So Kyle, we'll, we'll we'll pass it over to you and um, yeah we'll we'll just uh, let things go where they need to. So Kyle all you. All right, man. Um, sure. All right. Uh, you know, I don't know where to start now. I don't know where to pick up after after Lisa. Uh, Lisa has. She is very, very, um, very intelligible on many different subjects. I can see that. Um, she has a lot to say. I I love to hear when people have a lot to say. Um, she hit on a couple really, really good things, like 
one thing that I would that really hit home was when she said when she said was talking about bringing the energy from from your head and bringing that down um, because that's something that I have to do a lot. I I have this big uh, struggle with. Um, it's not really a struggle actually. It's just a constant work of balance and you know like she said shadow work. I I feel as though I have a pretty decent understanding of sacred sexuality and um, these other things because for I mean it, it's been a big part of my journey. Um, I was with someone who was. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say like I was a sex addict or or something. I would just say that we were embracing our sexuality. And we were, yeah, I don't know, maybe going into, you know, maybe we were doing it too much, you know, I don't know if you can put a number to a day, but who cares, you know, I don't know. Feels what good. I'm saying. <laughs> it feels good, yeah. I don't know. You know. You know what I mean. Um, we were having a copious amount of sex uh, all the time. This went on for a couple of years. Um, there were some other things involved in that that I didn't know. This is actually the person I'm talking about is actually my ex-wife that I've mentioned a couple times. Um, you know, definitely. I'll, I will definitely say through the course of us being together, she was a very, very spiritually awakened individual. I'm 24 now. I met her when I was like, I don't know, like 19 or something. And we were together for a while. Um, she really helped me grasp uh, what it was to be a witch, what it was to be, you know, involved in the world of magic and all this other stuff. She was the, uh, I guess, you know, I'm going to say soulmate because a soulmate isn't somebody doesn't have to be somebody that you marry and fall in love with and marry and stuff. It could be someone you fall in love with and fucks your whole life up. Um, but, you know, I'd say this soulmate person, um, and she's a very, very large part of the lessons that I had to go through to be who I am today in order to fully remember my potential and why I chose to be here on Earth. Um... Going back to what she said about um, ancestral lineage, it's kind of crazy. Um, I kind of resonate with what she said, too, about how, like, this is, I wouldn't say this is my first time being on Earth. I would say I've been here before, but, I would, yeah, but I'm also going to say that, like, someone like, you know, a soul like her or I wouldn't just come here just to have fun, you know? It's like we come because we have this idea, we have a, an idea, we, 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 we've manifested this idea to change the world. We've manifested the, what we have to do to do it. So we choose to come here for whatever reason, you know, in whatever time. I've also had this weird idea that maybe I've been like called here by some powerful group of goddesses or something. Like that, that idea has been floating around, but... Um, it, it, it's it's interesting to to know how she. I mean, I don't know, dude. That, that's kind of splitting off into a, t a different tangent there for a second, but um. You know, I kind of feel that that same connection to source that she was describing, and so it I kind of sparked into me. I was like, huh, oh, maybe some of these memories that I think might be past lives could just be tapping into um, genetic memory, 
you know, from ancestral stuff, or, or having the eel ancestral scars. Like, I definitely remember some, some Viking stuff, too. Um, but basically, I'm going to fast forward it again to um, me talking about my ex-wife and everything. We were having, a, I mean, we were reading these books on Tantra, we were getting involved in it, and we were just starting to, you know, like, really, really connect with each other. And she's, uh, like, I was 19 at the time, she was 29. Yeah, that's how I know, because of the difference. Um, she was 29, and I was 19. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that's where that one was. Um she was 29, I was 19. We started getting into our, you know, relationship, and, like, we had sex early on, but from the bat, like, off the bat, or whatever you want to, whatever that phrase is, off the bat, you know, it was very intense, it was very high frequency, and it was very, very prolonged. And that's, like, <laughs> something that was just, like, oh, my God, what's this all about? You know, like, I've never been able to do that for that long, and why is this and that? And, like, it's because we re we resonated with each other on that level. Um, I'm an Aquarius. She's a Scorpio. I am a sucker for a Scorpio. I'll, that's not, yeah, <laughs> straight up. I'll say that all day long. Um, it's because their attributes and my attributes kind of conflict, not entirely, but they resonate extremely well with each other given that situation is prime and optimal in a positive note, Aquarius and Scorpio can fucking be unbeatable. And I guess that's you know maybe kind of sort of what I was getting at or something. But um, Our energies resonated extremely well with each other, and that's, that's what was important at the t time. Um, I also like what Lisa was saying about how it's, you know, like, as long as there's the intention that no one was to get hurt, then, like, like as long as you, your intention wasn't to hurt somebody, then, you know, like, there's only lessons there. And, and that's what I love about it, because all in all, knowing what I know now about everything that happened, still knowing that my intention was never to hurt anybody, but only to love, and knowing that more than likely I'll bet her intention was only for love as well, brings a lot of settlement and ease to my mind, actually. It's uh, something I really needed to hear. Um, I've come to terms with everything that's, you know, occurred, but it's kind of like I've had to go through this massive healing process because of the fact that, like, I fell massively in love with this girl. And it's like, you know, it's like at first I was in love with the idea of this woman, and then she became, like, it's like we, we energetically became dependent upon each other and that's bad off the bat like if you're reflecting the same inner child then you just have two hurt children that can't grow you know but it's the reflection of the abuse that she had gone through and I haven't really you know been through a lot of abuse or anything I mean I'm just a very unique individual in the way that my mind is set up but it's like she's reaching out for healing, but she wasn't 
grasping the fact that she had to love herself in order to heal herself. And she was also someone that would jump around a lot. And, like, that happened. Yeah. Like, I was in yeah, love. Yeah, bring it back to, um, again, you know, like, I, I actually did want to sort of bring this back into the topic of just, like, love. What does love mean? Kind of what we were talking about. Sort of, like, bringing back to more of the foundation. Um, yeah, and that's where, where yeah, I was yeah. with the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Kyle, just go go ahead and we'll, we'll pass it up and set it up for anybody else to sort of go back to the core topic of love and we'll get more into the sexuality stuff as we keep going. So, Kyle, go ahead. Okay, though. okay. Um, it's, um, where was that? The difference between being, like, at first there's this lust figure, this, this kind of lust for one another, but that energy vibration that made us resonate and made us want to do that so badly, I guess. Um because she had just kept repeatedly telling me, she's like, I've never felt anyone with an energy like yours. And, like, other people have told me that. They're like, they're like dude, I don't know what it is, but, like, you are too intense. you got to leave the room, you know what I mean? Um, and I think that's maybe just what it was, is that, like, our energies, when they came together, was just like, boom! It was like we were, you know, like, so closely resonant that... It was just so fucking like harmony, like two two fucking chords on a guitar just Damn! fucking ringing out or something. Um, and that's kind of what love is. Well, I mean, not kind of what love is. That is what love is. It's when two souls come together and they resonate in harmony, and they're reflecting the in best harmony. possible attributes of each other that they could express. Word, word. That's where I'll leave Sweet. it. That's good, that's good. That's a good, that's a good jump point. Um, okay, yeah, or, uh, okay, let's let's just keep things like sort of like hopscotching a bit, guys. So let's just aim for like sort of like um, sh concise, uh, just so we, because we got a few people in the, in the class and stuff. But Mike, Michael, go ahead, and then anybody else who wants to jump in, go ahead. Oh, I was just stretching, but what was the question? What is love? Oh. I am. Um, okay, Jocelyn, go ahead. We'll pass it over to you. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you. I, th I think it's interesting that you said that, Kyle. I think um, I think in a, du in a dualistic, well, sorry, I'll be more specific. So when you talked about um, twin twin flames and or, or that that situation where you get in a relationship, and um, you know that your that your ideal situation would be that you're bringing out the best in each other. Um, and what I find in my own experience, and I don't know if, if it's anybody else's. Sorry, you might hear my my little boy is playing in the background. So if you guys hear like things happening, he's like throwing airplanes and like cars and anyway. But <laughs> uh, but. Uh, yeah, but in my experience in, like, this dualistic reality, it's like in relationship, um, the most ecstatic that I've ever been in love has always, there's always a pendulum swing. So as much as there was, like, a, a harmonious, like, heaven's yes, you know, as Lisa said, to um, our expansion, it was just as deep into the darkness. Into the chaotic and discord, right? Yeah. 
Yes. See, that's where that's where all the lessons lie, though. And when she was talking about how you get into shadow work and into um, sexuality, and yeah. um, not to try and peel it away from you know like what is love, but it all connects because you know what happens after a big fight? You have makeup sex, or some people call it angry sex, or whatever you know. But what is that doing? You by by going from the positive swing and being on the harmony. And then going as we spiral out and we swing to the other side and we're going through that shadow portion, you're working through it at the same time. So you're going to go through all these arguments and these, these um, contradictions and you guys are going to be, you know, like butting heads and that's going to be the chaotic and discord. But like in every other, like, all right, I'm not going to try and relate it to something else. I'm going to keep rolling. So basically, you work together with each other in those dark moments to work through the shadow of both of your personalities. So you and your partner are both working on yourselves and helping each other reflect. And then by the time you get back to that positive swing, you know, like, or you move through, like, the, the makeup sex phase and then all that energy is released and, and you've moved through it, and now you're back on the positive swing. And over time, as we swing and spiral out, what happens is we notice that our downswings become less and less in the dark. And even on those downswings, as we move further up and spiral out, those downswings become... We, we notice that they're, they're actually still in the positive. So by working with each other and going through those chaotic portions and those... And, and those those arguments and those those disagreements, working through them, coming out stronger, and like having that makeup sex, and like having all that passion and everything fueling it, and then focusing on the good after it, putting that to rest. You know what I mean? And that's where the healing process is. It's interesting that you're talking about the the makeup sex because the that um, act. Is like is the closest that you can be with someone. You're like literally inside them or like with their their energy field. And so what happens is that there's a dissonance in that you see yourself as separate as this being, as this you know that this being that you're fighting with. Because and the reason why you're seeing that is um, to act out. I mean, if you look at imago therapy, they say that the reason why we get in fights with other people. It's because we're trying to play, we're, we're projecting an idea that they're doing something to us. But that, that is usually a wound from our childhood. So we're projecting, we're, we're projecting, like say um, your mother or father didn't you, give you enough attention when you were a child and your partner is doing something else and you want their attention, that will like spark the wound. And so you start acting out of that place. It's not, it's not just them. And then you see them as an object of separation because the only separation we experience is from a trauma or for a wound, from a wound. And so, and love is the act of, of seeing no lines of separation between you and that other person. And the closest action of love would be to actually enter that person's field or that person's physical temple, their body. Um, and... Yeah, I think I I think that it's I mean that's why we see that probably so often is is that um, like that separation and coming back together 
um, to create the unity again. Um, yeah. And I think um, as well, so there was a lot of talk about um, just to shift gears as well, like the, the, there's a lot of, I think, glorification of orgasm, and this is something that I think was interesting that Brandon was, was bringing up. But what I find the most uh, intriguing for me as a woman is um, researching the, the way that sex affects men. Because as a woman, as a woman, when you have sex, you're automatically, we have a whole chemical cocktail that happens in our body that makes us want to latch onto that person. That makes us want to, and and it's like it's like biological protection process. And for a male, it's literally the exact opposite. Like the they want they immediately and it's and it's chemical lose focus and um, and <laughs> put their attention elsewhere. And so this like. It's it's interesting um, the difference between and I'm talking about biological male or female and the chemicals in the brain that happen um, because they they've done you know scientists have done isolated studies where a man and a, a woman are orgasming and I'm talking about an, an anatomical parts at this point but what because when because there's a whole um, sexual like hangover that men actually experience like. Men will will criticize women for their menstrual cycles and their their moodiness, but actually the equivalent is a male orgasm because you guys dip. If you look at the way that it happens, it's like you spike in dopamine, and then it immediately drops after. So you actually you drop down into like feeling depressed and like really low energy and like all the stuff and then it slowly comes comes back up but this can take anywhere get this from 4 to 14 days and even longer sometimes even 30 days to reach homeostasis again so to reach that place of where you're feeling autonomous in yourself and this is why in the ancient lineage you know of sacred sexuality they talk about men feeling like they're being swallowed into a woman as because as soon as they give their seed their life you know to the or to this woman your actual happiness chemicals drop and so it's interesting as a man when you talk about um, when we're talking about sexual energy when a woman experiences orgasm she's not losing any seminal fluid she's not losing any actual physical um, what would you call that? They, they, in Chinese medicine, they, they call it jing, but it's like the energy that supports life. And you guys, like, it, it takes like a whole 30 days for you to manufacture semen in your body. Um, and so when you lose that, it's like a whole process of gaining it back. And that's why there's that response of, of separation but what but I and I guess that's kind of like where I wanted to kind of play with this is to kind of open up the conversation and for women I mean we could we could do it like we could <laughs> create that microcosmic orbit within ourselves as long as there's not that strain as long as there's an opening in the sexual energy in, in a woman and what I'm talking about Sorry, I'm going to get really specific, but in TNT they talk about the clitoral and the vaginal orgasm and how it's very different. If you're if you're coming if you're 
if you're being, as Lisa said, with your you with your clitoris, it's actually just like the straining action and the the compression that happens with a man when he's forcing and and visualizing all of this energy and you're actually just you should just throw your sexual energy in the trash can at that point. And it's because there's this there's this that microcosmic orbit, you can open up your your kundalini channel and start circulating this energy into your body and out into your auric field and then that's where the magic comes with sexual energy manifestation but what I find is interesting is like if you look at the media propaganda everything is about this kind of you know um, in in the New Age Tantra they call it McDonald's sex so it's like the easy the fast you know w women know it. it's like this real fast and then men oh, it's like this real fast strained unnatural thing whereas um, in in the essence of like building something that's like really powerful like in in Qigong and in these like ancient practices it takes a while for things to open and to relax and to expand and it's like gaining that potency um, just like a seed right a seed starts out in the dark very infantescent small and unseen and then slowly breaks through the surface and starts blossoming into its final you know fruition which would be you know that act of coming together and and making life so it's it's that celebration and that um, that expansion of energy that I think really defines sexual energy magic manifestation and mastery if you will um, yeah and, and that's just one one piece that I, I've been thinking on I mean yeah <laughs> so it's very intense. Mm -hmm. That's um, awesome. That Thanks. was really good. I mean, that was Thanks, like Jocelyn. wow. Yeah, yeah Jocelyn, that's like kind of it's similar to the, or something. Yeah, it sounds similar to the Egyptians and the honking, which is something I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna be hanging out all the way until like three in the morning this time, guys. But um, something I wanted to say, and since Jocelyn sort of just basically touched on that is that when that sexual energy and that expansion and the and bringing it into the auric body to be able to manifest um, magic and stuff and actually using that to do magic um, the Egyptians would onk their energy and you see the onk it's like you know the the cross with you know the circle on top whatever they have another name for it or something but the onk um, what that's doing is all that energy builds up in your root and your sacral chakra because that's where your genitals are and all that other stuff and that's where passion is derived from and and if you notice like you have excitation excitation and anxiety and those forms of emotion and scientists have said there's actually no difference between anxiety and excitation. Mm. If you notice that energy field of emotion is up in your chest, in your heart chakra, and for passion it's different. All that energy is focused and derived from your sacral and your root chakra. 
and you can feel that difference in energy fluctuation when you're very passionate about oh I really want that or, or you know you, you have this passion for something or it's fueling something and it, and it feels like a drive and a fuel because it's sitting there in your gut and you know that's what go follow your gut because that's where your passions lie it's in your sacral and in your root and you know when you get excited about something that's up in your heart chakra and those work simultaneously so when you get excited um, about something and then there's passion towards it and it's like you get this crazy super hyperdelic experience of like emotion and, and vibration that makes you ping or like ping the universe in such a way that it's just like sending you these packets of information it's like oh hold on hold on that's too much, you know what I mean? Um, but <clears throat> when when you're having the orgasm and the climax is going, and let's say you're, you know, like masturbating, and let's say I mean you could be doing it with a partner, but that's you know separate to this what we're talking about right now. We're gonna keep it to like let's say you're masturbating, um, just so we don't get into like something super technical which we can in a minute but I want to start here so let's say you're, you're like you're you know you're masturbating you're cultivating this sexual energy you're bringing in all this kundalini starts awakening within yourself as you bring yourself up to this big climax and one thing I've, I've noticed is like it's good to bring it up and and like you 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 bring yourself up and it's like a slow process you bring yourself up and then you get to your where you're right about there, right about to the point of climax, and then you let yourself taper off and you focus that energy and you, you know, imagine it and you see it and you feel it in your, you know, building and, and turning and, and activating and building. And then you let yourself taper off and then you do that again. And then let yourself taper off and do that again. And let yourself taper off. And you continue that process until it feels right to where you should, you know, actually go through with this. And then right at that moment you have to have everything, you know, in your mind has to be like, I guess, perfectly aligned. Everything has to be aligned at that point. You have to know what you want with some solid intention and what you're putting forth the energy forward to do. Um, whether it's just like, I just want to have a stronger connection to source today or whatever you want. Or like building on something, um, when all that energy gets up, and and you've done that process of like, it's like expanding and contracting, and then expanding and then contracting. So it's like flexing a muscle, or if you look at the way that they think the universe is made and continually recreates itself, is that they think you know the Big Bang happened with one particle in it blew up and then it expands and then they say at some point it's going to contract again and then completely blow up again. Right? So that's sort of what you're doing. Expanding and contracting and that's the way motors work. That's the way a generator works. That's the way everything yeah. works is expansion, expansion and contraction. So right. you, you got this massive amount of energy building up and your energy field becomes so strong and very thick and then it all builds up and compresses very close to your body and it builds up in your root chakra and when you have that orgasm and those chemicals hit your brain and everything starts flying that 
instructs your energy to do your do its thing, usually what it, would, what it would do is spill out of your sacral and combine with your partner or just spill out of your sacral and be lost. But the Egyptians found a way to bring it all the way up. You bring it through your sacral, bring it through your heart, and you bring it through all the way up through your crown. And then you, what I do is I like to bring it through my crown and then up to your stellar gateway and then to your star child chakra and purge it all the way through and then curl it back down through your heart chakra. And then sometimes I see mm -hmm. other ones breaking off to every other chakra. But usually it's just one up and through. And that's just th this tunnel of energy creating this kind of like a Klein bottle, you know what I mean? Effect. And it just purges through itself in that cycle of, you know, running it at like light speed is essentially what it's doing. Builds and solidifies and you can focus on whatever you need to at that moment. It's usually yeah. is just higher elevation, higher vibration all the way, baby. <laughs> I love That's that. Good. Awesome. And it's so, it's so potent to be talking about this close to the um, Egyptian New Year. You know, 8-8 is the, is, they call it the Lion's Gate, and that's because um, Sirius rises in the sky with yeah. the three pyramids, and they ground in this, like, life force energy, so. Yeah, and that goes to what Brendan was saying. If he wanted to do, or, or like, if everyone was, like, wanted to do some sort of, like, Global sexual sacred energy meditation for world peace or whatever, you know, just for like higher vibration really is like the thing. I don't know if it's really about world peace. It's more about getting everybody on a higher vibration and letting the earth purge itself of what needs to be gone, essentially. Mm -hmm. That's what will happen. I mean, it sucks to get on a dark yeah. topic, but that's what will happen. But if we could and we get enough people meditate on that as we like bring and cultivate this massive amount of sexual energy and purge that into the Christ consciousness that surrounds the world you know just for the fact of other people being able to do it too and bringing it closer so that we can bring higher vibration where we are yeah see like this is this is where um for me like one of the main things that I really want to be able to meow. bring in it's oh meow meow <laughs> Jocelyn's got a cat for people listening <laughs> who aren't watching um but yes I I, I do just want to like bring in some focus to this Kyle and thanks for for sharing that and setting it up and um again I know some people are probably gonna be heading out soon so if you guys like do have to head out soon please just like jump in with things you want to share but but yeah like just going back to that emphasis that like in the moment of orgasm you know what's going on what is actually happening from like a spiritual energy perspective if we want to think about it that way and so like we know that there are these like chemical releases and we know that it like feels like really really good and everything like that and for a lot of people that's that's where like their understanding sort of ends yeah. it's like there's like oh if I do this enough it feels really good therefore I like it right but like what happens when you actually sort of like shift that paradigm into a more spiritual awareness of like that moment of goodness is a reflection of like that channel opening between ourselves and like higher conscious energies so to speak it's very similar to it, I mean it literally is if you want to think about it this way as like a psychedelic experience you know like you get like a high yeah. off of it but like it's in a very 
direct in, in instance in this, like you know, like with the with the orgasm or just like with sexual energy in general, like yeah, like it's like you're like opening up your antenna, you're opening up your your crown chakra, and in that sense, you're like either downloading information or projecting information both at the same time. So again, you know, just really bringing it back. And for people who are just like, how can I help change the world? It's just like, well, if you're someone who's like having orgasms or when you have an orgasm, like literally just like use that as a moment. And, and this is, and I'll expand on something in a second, but like use that as a moment to like literally like project like love and light and world peace and just like new new love into the grid it's like every time we have an orgasm it's like it like shoots a light up from where we are into the grid over above us and it like expands out so it's like in those brief moments it's just like what are you putting into the grid so it's again it's just being aware of that and and again you know like with masturbation and this is like something I'll just give forward as a practical tip and kind of combining what with Kyle was saying about taking your time with it riding the valleys and, and having the valley and you know the extended orgasms I invite people to literally approach masturbation as a practice without it being a quote-unquote like a sexual thing. I mean it is a sexual thing but I mean like without your thoughts necessarily being focused on like sexual imagination. So like really it's very interesting and it's very different. Like go into the sexual energy and it's just like you're, you're, you're loving yourself but in that moment you're focusing more on the energy. And even just visualizing yourself like flying through space or flying through astral dimensions or flying over the earth and like pouring love onto the earth. And literally, you're having this love, this act of self-love as an act for like universal love and Gaia love and sort of thing. And then like literally at that moment of orgasm, you carry forward that moment and you carry forward that intention and you send that signal out there and it is heard. Like that's the thing where a lot of people are just like, it's like, oh, this is all, you know, like hippie woo-woo stuff. And yes, it is hippie woo-woo stuff, but but at the same time, like it's, that's like... It's real stuff. It's real it's stuff. It's very yeah, yeah. real stuff. So like a it, lot of people... There's a scientific don't... process to how it works. Yes. Yeah. And, and again, so a lot of people underestimate the the like what the moment of orgasm is and what sexual energy is. And again, you know, I'll just say this and, and I'll just open it up to anybody else who wants to jump in. Like, why is sexual energy important? It creates life. I mean, look at the fact of that alone, you know, like it literally brings life into existence. Like how amazing is that? Especially if you're thinking of things as like us as yeah. higher dimensional spiritual technology, how we not only, you know, like it, it's, yeah, it's really important. And, and again, you know, just for males, encouraging you guys to practice cultivating your sexual energy. And what does that mean? It basically means reducing the amount of times that you have an orgasm. And if you still want to, like, masturbate, you can still do that. But again, just refraining from having an orgasm is part of the practice. But, like, in, a, in, 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 like, in that sense, it's allowing, like, this alchemical process where, like, the, it starts with the seminal fluid, but, like, that energy, that elixir of life is literally a fluid within our body that physically travels up the spine. I mean, think about this. Going back to the scientific process, it's your testes are, like, right at your root. They're connected with your spine. And so, like, what's actually happening, and this is, again, a lot of people just don't simply know this, but it's, like, as you, even through breath work and through imagination, you can draw this energy and literally this fluid up through the spine and, like, literally into the brain. So it's, like, as you develop your cultivation of sexual energy, you can actually, like, change the functioning of your brain. And so, again, you know, like, this sexual energy, it's something that, like, feels really good in the moment, but it's also something that, like, drives our spirit. And, and not to say, like, it's something that, like, propagates and fuels creative, like, 
like it's 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 something that allows us to to like I mean yeah I sort of think it was spiritual lubricant kind of thing this, this this energy this this so I mean the more the more that it's there the more you have a chance to tune in to your your potential literally and so um yeah so I'm just gonna say one thing and then pass over to Jocelyn she's got a point and anybody else who has a point so again you know just reminding you guys to practice through your own experience what it's like for you to not mass not have an orgasm over a period of time and be aware consciously of how that affects your mood, how it affects your motivation, how it affects your creativity, how it affects your ability to be a channel, how it affects your overall sense of well-being and your sense of confidence and your sense of motivation and inspiration and so, so much more. So, I mean, that's one of the topics that I want to get into is just like cultivating sexual energy beyond the sexual experience into the the act of making love to you every moment of your life through through bringing your passion into this world. So, um, Jocelyn, did you want to jump in on something? Go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to just explain the female equivalent to this because I think that's pretty important. So with men, obviously... Oh, you were going to talk about it too. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, but thank you, Jenna. Um, you're so sweet. But I... So the way that I view it is the menstruation cycle. So we have two different power points within the moon cycle, and that's the, the ovulation and then the menstruation. And the menstruation is so powerful because that's like the shaman, the, the, um, the Lilith, the Eve. You know, we go into the, the darkness and we want to be alone in the cave, and you have all this, like, you can access all of this information during that time. And then ovulation ladies ladies like <laughs> like ovulation I mean I mean no but but I'm just saying because um, you can take this egg you know that's inside of you and if you track your if you track your moon cycle you can find when you ovulate by the the viscosity of your fluids so your fluids that are coming out of you change as you go along. You track your 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 moon cycle, your your red cycle when you bleed, and then it'll be somewhere in between 15 and 18 um, days, where um, in between your menstruation cycle, when you'll ovulate. And what you can do is dedicate your manifestation that you want for that month into your egg and birth that. You know you can you can use it as a birthing process and especially if you are doing something with your partner you can birth something together through your womb so it is like this powerful ritual time that you can take together to the altar for both of your lives to be altered um, and I've always found that um, you know once I once I found that out I can I can literally feel when I'm ovulating now. So it's it's such a profound thing as a woman to be able to really tap into the womb and all of the energy and knowledge and wisdom that comes from from that center and that this you know cycle that we go through. So it's a bit different I think for for men and women. I just wanted to add that little bit in. Mhm. Mm yeah, and, and um, just just opening it up to do any like on the topic of like female energy cultivation or anything else, um, opening up to other females. I think Cat, 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 then Jenna. Cat, did you have a point? 
Kat, go ahead if you if you have a point. I can, I if I wasn't sure if you were waving or not. Okay, go ahead and then Jenna. Yeah. Um, I kind of have a lot to say, but I'm also sort of trying to be mindful of my roommate scenario because I'm like kind of loud. So um, yeah, I don't really know. I might type some stuff out more so than saying it. <laughs> yeah, because it's like kind of late. So. Okay. Do you want to just like whisper it to us? Well, no, no. I wasn't actually like gonna say anything right off the bat. Um, I just wanted to like say that since you mentioned it. Um, but yeah, okay. I'll I'll think about what I'm gonna say. <laughs> okay. Okay. No worries. All right. Yeah. Um, Jenna, we'll pass it over to you if you want to go next. Go ahead. And thanks, Scott. Um, sorry, Kat. I actually wanted to hear that. Um, but I actually have to get going soon because it is really late and I have to be up in about four hours. So um, I just wanted to kind of end on a note of my own personal experiences with all of the things that you guys have been talking about because in my life I've never pinpointed that is what that is. However, as you talk about it, I'm drawing upon my own personal experiences and how I felt about them. Uh, really quickly, firstly, Kyle you and I have a lot in common, actually, because I married a Scorpio, and he is about 10 years older than me, and yeah. Um, before that experience in my life, and I've, I've been married twice now, I'm 29, and before that time in my life, I looked at a lot of my relationships and the love that I, I had with that person as something very superficial, and because of that, the love and the sexual energy that we cultivated was very superficial. It was very fast, like that uh, McDonald's-type love where nothing was uh, ventured, nothing was gained. Like, it was just sex, and that was all it was. Um, Dude, straight being, Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly. Um, <laughs> and um, being as it, as it was, the chemicals that are produced when someone has an orgasm, the uh, dopamine first, then serotonin, then the oxytocin and the vasopressin, um, with that, you get such a buildup of it. Uh, I think that's a lot of where my addiction comes from and where I just like got to the point where I sought that out in certain people and sought certain energies in people. And there was a study done um, that stated pretty much a human being can take about 90 seconds to four minutes to determine whether or not uh, that's going to be someone that they love or not. So pretty much with, within the period of 90 seconds to four minutes, you will know whether or not you love someone. And to me, I find that to be completely true because I love a lot of people. I love a lot. Like, I love so many people. It's insane. I love everybody. I love everybody in this chat room right now. I love, ev I love everybody listening. I love you all so much. 55% um, of that is body language, 38% of that is by the voice and the changes in the tone and frequency, and then only 7% of that is the choice of words. So only 7% of that is something that is actually enlightening us and causing us to think and to use our energies in different ways. Um, when I married Dell and moved all the way up to Canada for him, I gave up like my whole life, and he at that point in time in my life was my soulmate. He knew a lot about the world and about spirituality that I didn't know, and because of that, it was the first time in my life where I ever actually had a sexual experience that was higher than just that quick um, physical aspect. And 
things were able to go longer and he withheld his orgasms and made it last longer and made things seem to, uh, like, I, I guess what you explain, like you put your energy out into the universe in that way and it was the first time that I ever really did that and um, it just took me by storm and I just was head over heels. My entire life was about creating this partnership with that person and that's all I wanted to do was to build something with him even though we couldn't have kids. So after that fell through and that's going to be a topic for another day, um, when I immediately moved out and moved into a different area of the city, uh, I met someone who I still to this, like I don't, I don't know how to describe him other than like there's really no way I can describe him right now because that would take too much. But he spoke my language. He is still the only person I've ever met in my entire life who just could speak my language. Everything he said. Um, I was talking with someone the other night and I, and I equated it to, because I was talking with this person, and I'm an Aries. I'm a very stubborn person. You could literally be sitting there telling me this is, this, uh, this is black. And I'm like, no, it's purple. Sorry. It's, you're wrong. Um, and he was getting frustrated with me as we were having this conversation, and he's like, like, how can you literally take something that someone's telling you is fact and then spit it back and, and not accept it? And I find that when you love someone or when you find that partnership in someone, they really speak your language, and they're able to, like, this person was, I mean, I could literally be sitting there going off on a tangent, and he would say one word, and I'd be like, what? Huh. Okay. And it would just immediately wake me up. Um, and that was actually not a, a sexual relationship. I mean, it was sort of, but not an actual physically sexual relationship. It was the first time in my life I ever had that, where it was not physical, but it was definitely emotionally sexual, and we definitely cultivated that energy without ever actually having used it for sex. Um, and I accomplished some of the best things in my life during that time, two months. And um, recently, it's been about a year now, recently I've been starting to talk with someone that I care a lot about and finding similarities between that person and this person I'm talking to now. And this person is actually helping me to, again, gain that kind of perspective of, just like you said, using sexual energy without actually creating a sexual act and, and without actually thinking about sex in and of itself, but just pretty much getting horny and like having, cultivating that, that horniness and that energy and then trying to put it towards something else. And um, this person is actually helping me to physically think about how to do that and dealing with my stubborn pig-headed, no, I'm not going to do it. So all of these things, like this transformation from the quick McDonald's, like, quick sex, and to honestly be able to, I, I don't know how else to describe it, being able to have known the difference between that and something a lot deeper. Like, it is a completely different experience. It is a completely different emotion. Everything about it is completely different, and it's so much better the other way. And that's just what I've experienced, and I don't know how else to describe it. I don't think that was very eloquent, but... No, no, yeah. no, 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 you... you. You're on point there. Um, you're you're pretty on point there. Like I could I could 
I was there with you in the moment. I was grasping it. Don't worry. Thank you. I understand. Um, 100%. Um, but also, like you, you know, I also share that you guys usually see me, um, you know, you probably, like, see me, like, oh, there's, there's Kyle. He's fucking strong and working out again, and he's so spiritually sound, and it's like, yes, I am, but at the same time, I am currently and, like, always sort of putting myself through a healing process, and that's because a lot of, a lot of it, mainly most of it is, um, because of Tanya. Yeah, um, well, I didn't want to say her name, but it's because of her, you know, like, what we went through that love that we had for each other, the twists, the turns, the, the chaos, the, the good times, the bad times, the everything, you know? Yeah. All those processes and lessons that I was meant to have to put me to be who I am today. And it's like, at times, mm -hmm. do I still, like, sometimes do I miss her? And then, like, yes, of course. But at the same time, I know where I am now. And it's like, hmm, it's like, I miss you in a way that's not wanting you back exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's something I could say, um, Kyle, on that after you're done. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's like it's like you miss them in a way, but in missing them, you're actually honoring them for what they've done for you. And like you know, like I hope she's doing good where she is, but where I am now, like, I've had to go through a massive process. I'm just now at the point where I feel okay to where I want to be with another person again. I'm just now starting to feel okay with that. It's been like, I have to be by myself. Like, I haven't gone out into the fucking public, you know, like, other than going to work, and that's it. Other than going to work, like, I've been hanging out at the house and with you guys online. So, like, um, there hasn't been, like, a lot of stuff other than spiritual growth and healing, um, which is, you know, it's like, I'm at the point where, like, I'm ready to, like, start talking to some girls again or something, but it's like, I'm ready for, like, someone to enter my life, I guess. I'm not really out there for, like, oh, you know, it's like, I can do that and mingle, but that's not really what I'm looking for, you know, I'm kind of looking for that how it happened before where it's like oh wow your energy's fucking yeah do you feel that or do I feel that or is that just both of us what's going on you know what I mean so, ah, I'm searching for it, for it finds you through my life yeah. it's, like, totally. it's like where's you at universe I'm ready yo it's like <laughs> you know well, I, I kind of feel like that right now but it's. I mean I definitely do feel like that right now and it's tough but at the same time I know where I stand I guess I don't know. I've I am ready for it. That's put that I put that out now. Yeah, like Kyle, it's it's kind of cool because like your experience and everything uh, echoes a good ex a good lesson for for a lot of us. Um, and, and some key things that I really want to just bring to discussion back to, uh, again relating back to the idea of like what is love. Um, well, I, actually, I'll set this up and I'll sort of share what I mentioned earlier about like my understanding of like quote unquote true love sort of thing. But uh, one of the things that I feel like within this lesson of love, a huge, 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 super, super incredibly psychedelically huge part of love is learning how to let go, over and over and over yes. and over and over and over again. And yeah. like that's like what 
um, even through like you know a lot of us will experience this, especially when it becomes to like the physical intimacy. And and I've noticed this in a in a part of myself through the past relationships where I've had, which have only been like literally like a small handful. Like my longest relation, like I've only had three like long relationships of like a year ish. And so I mean like, but within that experience, um, it, what I noticed was like. <laughs> After one of like my relationships, like there's actually this process where I had to like acknowledge that like part of my like grief um, in being able and, and going through the process of letting go of the relationship was due to this underlying unconscious fact that I was actually like addicted to the sexual in intimacy from the relationship and I think this is something that like a lot of us will go through it's just like just like oh you know like I really 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 miss that person slash in brackets what we're saying is I really miss the sex in, in a lot of ways and, and and even though we're like saying it we're just like you know like oh I just really want you back in my life we're not subconsciously like admitting that like a part of us is actually like it's literally similar to addiction. You know, when I say, like, we're addicted to the sex, therefore, like, post-relationships, there's this process that we need to acknowledge where we, like, literally have to wean ourselves off of our energetic uh, connection to that person and also just, like, that, like, mental addiction to that person. And, I mean, that's the thing in itself, right? You know, when we're talking about energies, like, you know, if you're, like, with someone and you're literally having intercourse and, like, that energy, like, stays with you and it creates, like, a bond which can be very lasting and, and not something where it's just, like, oh, you know, if you have a one-night stand and you don't, don't see that person again, you're still connected to that person and odds are, like, you might run into them, like, down the road or something like that, whether you want to or not. But, again, you know, like, within this process, just being aware that part of our process of going through this acknowledgement of addiction is, like, this, like, spiritual energetic connection that takes place after we've literally had sex with a person. But, again, just acknowledging, like, the actual process of acknowledging that we have addiction to the, the sexual acts. And so, for me, for me, going through this process moving forward in my relationship, it really called me into action of, like, moving forward with future relationships with all people, of just, like, doing it from a place of, like, groundedness without it being about sexuality. So, like, even just, like, moving forward to be, like, friends with females, but doing it from, like, a, a place where I was able to check in with, like, more integrity of my of my own actions and, like, literally show up for them, like, as a friend, like, without, like, sort of, like, unconsciously or consciously, like, having this sexual intention behind it sort of thing, which, again, I think is, like, a really important thing for all of us to practice. Like, practice being with someone who you could be attracted to without choosing to, like, enact that part of yourself. And in doing so, like, it's really tapping into a deeper level of respect for the other person. Because it's almost like an easy thing where, you know, like, you see someone and there's, like, the subconscious just, like, it's like, damn, you know, like, a part of me is, like, really sexually attracted to you, but at the same time, that's calling in this opportunity of willpower to check that, to check it into our awareness, and then to be like, okay, I acknowledge that, yet I'm choosing to let it go. Because, like, what, what yeah. builds is when we is when we foster that that feeling and, and that's why like and that feeling can be so on the surface for a lot of people you know you, you see someone and maybe it's like a partner who you're doing a school project with or something like that right and like a part of you is just like just like be like oh you know like they're really cute or I think they're really cool or something like that but again you know it's just like acknowledging that that may be an initial reaction but then consciously choosing how you want to respond with this simple idea and I'll just say this in passing around of checking in are your sexual energies controlling you 
or are you controlling them? And it goes back to this idea that the sexual energies, the addictions, the process of going through letting go and the healing, this it's all teachers. And for me, it really brings it back into our willpower because we will be tested through our sexual energy. That is like a huge part of why it is there. And a lot of people will have to go through these repetitive lessons, but in a lot of ways, it's like a big part of our shift in consciousness when the sexual energy will like, will like tempt us and it will be like, you know, like, it will distract us. It will try to distract us. And yet we can like align our focus and be, you know, like a Jedi sort of just be like my focus. And this is like a big thing, you know, like within, and this is sort of expanding the topic even more. Within sexual energies, I think sexual choices in some way, like in fall in, okay, this is what, this is the best way I can say. In the same way you would fall in love with like a sexual partner, fall in love with your life purpose fall in love with your personal journey and like treat yourself like you're in a relationship with yourself and like show up for your purpose as you would show up for a lover and then you sort of get into this process where like your purpose is kind of like the first and foremost part of why you're here and the lovers they will come and go sort of thing and you acknowledge that and you honor that. And that's why, like, when someone shows up into your life, and this gets into a big thing about love, you know, it, okay, this is what I was going to say because I didn't say it. My big thing about, like, what true love is, and this is very simple, and this came to me a few years ago, for me, from my own subjective point of view, true love is something much, much closer to the idea of wanting to give. And this is where it gets into the little twist because a lot of people will teach us that love is about like wanting to get, wanting to get, wanting to receive. What can this person give to me? What? How good is the sex going to be? But it's like true love is like showing up to be a part of someone else's journey, knowing that that is a part of your spiritual reflection to show up and to like, and when you are in that intimate moment, you know, whether you're having coffee with them, whether you are in sexual intercourse with them, showing up like and honoring them. And this is when it gets into like, you know, and asking yourself, what can I give to them? What can I add, like, how can I be of service to them? And this is where it gets into like the, the further parts of the sexual relationship. And then when it comes to that moment of like sexual relationship, it can become so much more deep and meaningful when you really tap into this vision and this, this shift of the paradigm of seeing the other person as like, again, a reflection of the universe, something that I was talking about before and really celebrating the other person and, and this is where I think sex can become a very healing thing when you're with another person and you're literally just like you know I'm I'm enacting this with you not just because I want to feel good or not just because you know like I know it will both make us feel good but let's both do this as an act of celebration for each other's journey and from a very spiritual perspective about it you know as you say you, you're making love to someone and you're giving them this blissful experience as a gift you're giving your presence as a present, as a gift for them. And you're just like, you're doing good. You're doing great. You're doing great. Keep going. I love you. I honor your journey. Let me celebrate you. And then, you know, like that's for me what I like to bring into the process of lovemaking. And then I'll just say this because we can get into it later. But like, I mean, once you get into the sexual process of lovemaking, turning it into a meditation is what I feel like helps people change it. And using it as a meditation to be aware of breath and using it as a meditation to be aware of your energy. And literally, like, for males, you know, when they're, when they're like, that's the thing. Like, for, for males, like, you're just, like, it's so easy to just, like, go, 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 and you made it. You're done. It's harder 
to be able to be like go go control breathe slow down eye gaze connect with your lover resume speed intimacy full circuit connection mouth intercourse as well go 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 slow down and then you know you're sort of repeating this process and literally like in that sense like sex can literally last until you choose when you want it to stop and that's something that like mainstream culture doesn't tell us it tells us that like sex is like this thing that you're trying to race really fast to to get to get to get to the end and it's all about the end but it's just like no again you know it's that metaphor it's about the journey and and again you know like there's multiple different forms of of having orgasms and sexual intercourse for males and for me females is a great chance to bring awareness to the breath and bring awareness of how you can move energy with your thoughts and your mind so as males, you know, like you you literally breathe in and like that's the thing. Like for males, there's a, there's a simple technique, and I'll just say this and I'll pass it off because I know there's a lot more to get into. But like where you sort of like clench your sphincter, so to speak, and then you're like drawing energy like up from your root, and you're sort of like spreading it out through your body or even bringing it up into your head. And so like that's where if you're like even when you're masturbating or when you're in intercourse and you're like feeling like you're gonna lose control like slow down and visualize that process of moving that energy you can imagine as white light and pulling it up from your root and moving it out into your body and you slow down your breath and if you like it's just part of the process and and so it's a really great chance to get into meditation and there's another thing that I want to say more about um, meditating specifically after an orgasm with the intention of like lucidity and how that very very fragile state and that very magical state of like that afterglow of sex is also very very important as well um, or just that afterglow of orgasm but anyways I, I know that, that was a few things there but but those just uh, what, what came through at the time um, let's open up the conversation again and, and just see it looks like Kaya wants to say something so we'll say we'll pass over to Kaya and if anybody else wants to jump in afterwards go ahead so Kaya go ahead um, so I need to go to bed soon because I'm working tomorrow and stuff but um, there's a few different things I want to respond to and one is, um, Kyle, you said something about um, missing the person that you were with at one point, but if I remember correctly, like missing them in a way not from like wanting it back or needing it back, but just that it was an experience that led to you being who you are today, and I have a um, past relationship that's like that. I was actually, um, when I was 15, I had a brief thing with someone that was twice my age, and that's kind of how I feel about that relationship, is that, like, I don't want that back, but it gave me something. It was one of my first real sexual experiences. Um, but moving on from that, I uh, really resonated with some things Jenna said about, like, being able to explore, like, sexual energy and love, but without the physical sex. And I have a, um, like, deep love relationship I've formed with someone over this summer, and... Um, like they are really carrying me through this healing process and um, 
of my past trauma and my relationship ending and all of it at once and like there I'm a Virgo so I'm also very stubborn <laughs> and he is thankfully very relentless in the face of my resistance um, to bring about the breakthroughs that are needed and um, in the face of my anger too and um, like I when I first met this person I was just attracted to their beauty on like every level and like was slowly able to find this sanctuary and freedom of expression to be able to tell them that I'm attracted to you and then for us to both make a conscious decision that we're not following this sexual relationship that there are other things that are more important and so this brother gave me my first experience of having an older brother taking care of me because I'm an old I'm an only child so like I was able to take this attraction that I felt and with the help of the other person create this higher relationship that is so much more fulfilling of giving me brother love healing teaching and just all of it at once and it's been <laughs> it's been a rough an intense ride this summer but it's been a wonderful experience and um yeah i just um i i need to go to bed but um i fully intend to write and post something at the end of this summer about the experience I've had and um, yeah <laughs> that's where awesome. I'm at right now thank you that actually thank you, Go ahead, that was awesome thank you cool awesome was there, there any, anybody else who might have some quick responses to Kaya before she has to head out anybody but yeah um, just I was going to touch on what you said that um, I said resonated with you. Yeah, um, what I was saying is you probably, you, you pretty much got it, though. It's the, you miss a person, okay. but you're missing a person in a way that is, um, you're, it, you don't want them back. You're honoring them for giving you that experience. You know, it's like I honor you for that. Therefore, it's a, it's a different kind of missing. You know, you you're just honoring them for the experiences and lessons that you had to, you know, be there through and everything. But yeah, I'm I'm very very glad to hear everyone and everyone's like massive healing processes that everyone's undergoing. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And Kaya, you keep rocking out, doing your thing. Thumbs up all the way. That's awesome. It takes time. It took me a very, very long time before, like, I got to the point where I was like, all right, you know, like, I'm okay to, like, be who I am and try and, like, find somebody again or, or you know, like, that's where I am in life, but everyone's out in different, different periods, of course. Sounds like you're on the right track, though, so that's very good. Keep at it. Keep rocking <laughs> out. And Jenna as well. Glad to hear everyone's healing process and I really like how this 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 um 
destiny school kind of turned into a more of a massively healing process mm-hmm. for everyone, you know. I think Definitely. that's really awesome. Everyone just started breaking out the uh, vulnerability and was like, oh, this happened and that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, did you have your hand up, dude? Yeah. I, I mean, I wanted to say something, but like, but now I forget what was on my brain, dude. Well, what was what, 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 Kai has to head out soon. It's a re- is a re- in response to Kai because we'll let her oh, head out no. and then we can. No, I didn't have anything in, re- in response well, to what she said. Okay. At any right. rate, it was very nice having you in the hangout, Kaya. We'll see you again next time. If there's anything yeah. else you need to say? Cool. Yeah, Kaya, we'll just pass it back to you if there's any. If you just want to say goodnight. Um, yeah, I just, uh, you know, just uh, thank you all for listening and expressing. And <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I'm working on taking fear out of the equation. That's the lesson of the summer, and I'm currently in the process of really internalizing the idea of the only sovereign I can allow to rule me is reason. Um, I am in my second reading of the Sword of Truth series, and I'm reading the sixth book right now, which is the heart of the series with that rule in it. And um, just one thing: don't lose. Don't you lose your ability to trust. A lot of people lose their ability to trust other human beings. Don't lose that ability. Just follow your intuition, you know. It's okay to trust. That's something that just kind of came up and resonated real quick. I don't know why. I felt like I needed to push through to you, maybe. Um, Don't lose your ability to trust. Don't lose your ability to trust. Keep it going. Show people as much trust as you need to. But don't be afraid to open up to other human beings and, you know, express yourself and have trust in yourself to be able to confide in others some things that maybe you haven't been confiding in others that maybe need to breach the surface. And sometimes you can easily confide in other people that you don't know because it's impossible for them to pass judgment. So you might be able to, you know... Link in with somebody sort of randomish in the paradigm shift or whatever. Maybe you need to get some stuff off your chest in another way or whatever. I don't know, but don't be afraid to do that, you know. And like, mm-hmm. trust yourself enough enough to confide in others too. Yeah, and and I actually did um because I mean Kaya just be- before you before you go because I know you mentioned even earlier in the beginning when we were just going around the circle for the first time, you know, one of the things that you were talking about was like this idea of like being able to connect with the sexual energy like without necessarily having it to be about like a sexual experience and and this you know like where i feel again right like whether you're talking like specifically sexual energy or whether you're just talking about like the urge to physically connect with someone um i think that's where you know even things like like <laughs> again hugs free hugs going back to the hugs concept but again like also just like massages and finding someone who who can like 
again, the importance of, of connecting with someone who could potentially be like someone who you could share massages with or literally share cuddling with, but also potentially showing up as someone for someone else who may sort of like want to be uh, able to experience that space. And this is like literally kind of like a more advanced thing that again, society is just like, what, this can't happen or sort of thing, right? But it's just like, what happens when, when more of us are able to sort of do that, when we're able to show up and we're just be able to be with a friend and, you know, and just be like, hey, you know, like, I want to be able to, again, how can I serve you in this moment? And, you know, maybe they they might not say it, but what they're trying to say is just like, you know, like, I really just want to be held right now. Like, can you do that? Can you can you show up for me like that? And again, like, as a friend, and again, you know, this is something like females can do with females, males can do with males, females can do with males, anyone can do with anyone sort of thing. But it, just uh, being aware of that this, this scenario exists um, for people as an option, it's not something where it's just like, oh, you can only cuddle so with someone if you're, like, trying to be sexually engaged with them. It's like, no, not necessarily. So, I mean, like, just be aware of, um, I think, in society, I think it, it would be a beautiful thing of more people sort of, like, having that open heart space to be able to, like, show up physically for other people, but not in a way that's, like, governed by, like, the, the sacral urges, but really just recognizing and, and showing up as like someone who can be that that channel for the experience of physical connection, which again literally is just like that process of maybe like spooning and and just like massaging and things like that because that can be a very healing and a very empowering thing for a person. Which in some ways, you know, again, some people are just like they're just like, oh, I just really need something. I just really need something. I just really need something. And then they're just like, oh, turns out I just wanted to be held sort of thing and then it allows them to sort of connect into that experience and not do something in like an impulse method that would be like a sexual act like going out to a bar and you know like finding a one night stand or, or whatever like that which I think is like again going back to even what Jocelyn was saying like this is rooting back to like what is the root of a lot of like the trauma and just like the, the way how society treats sexual energy is just a lot of people wanting to connect and not having the ways how to connect, therefore finding other avenues to connect, and a lot of them are sort of like not providing us the the, the most like healthy experiences, but evidently the experiences that we need in order to be able to learn because it goes through that process of like knowing what we don't want so that we can know what we do want kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that, that was just something I wanted to mention. Just going back to the idea of like showing up to cuddle for people in a non-sexual way and, and how powerful I think that, that is. And again, just being there to love someone. Again, literally love someone without it being a sexual thing or whatever. You love them as another part of yourself, as a universe. But Kaya, go ahead before you head out. Um, I just... Yeah, I, I mean that definitely connects with with the process I've been in with this person because it's really brought out the awareness that what I've been, you know, I already knew that I was feeling like hug deprivation and was working on that and then that expanded this summer to the realization that what I've been looking for this whole time is just like that pure non-sexual skin contact because with the way our society is we don't really get much opportunity for that it's either parents or your significant other and um, so this person has been giving me that and um, and the trust thing too like I've been able to really just trust the process of just like <laughs> surrender to what's coming and um, and yeah so I'm, I'm really getting all of that just being able to like 
you know, be on the side of like I just need to be held right now, and um, and also transferring that further to by like starting to kind of break some of our stigmas around um, contact between friends and everything, and um, you know, <laughs> touch your friends' faces more and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm working, I'm working on that too. At the same time, like kind of getting it's really an energy exchange, getting this energy from this person and passing it onward, <laughs> um, either immediate, however immediately or directly or indirectly, um, it really is just a full cycle of energy exchange. And um, yeah, it's it's yeah. been an interesting week <laughs> um, of the breakup and everything. But I'm uh, I'm equalizing and learning to distinguish what's mine and what's not mine. Emotionally and yeah, I am rising. <laughs> yes, and and there that's exactly. Yeah, I was just about to say um, just before you go, and 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 Kat's got something in the chat. I actually want to read that you might want to hear just before you go. But I was just gonna say like in terms of breakups, one of the best advices that I've ever like sort of thought about in terms of shifting the paradigm with breakups. Instead of and this goes for everyone listening for this, including my like future self. Instead of thinking it as a breakup think of it as a breakthrough. And so in that sense, it's just like, once the relationship sort of goes through that stage, it's just like, oh, you know, like, again, honoring that this was supposed to happen, this is like part of your soul plan, and then acknowledging that, like, this is a process of both of you breaking through into what is still ahead of you and what's to come next sort of thing. So it's really transformational when someone can go through a breakup and allow it to be like a very vulnerable experience, a very like traumatizing experience in some ways, but also an experience that brings in new strength and new sovereignty and new trust and like new excitement about the mystery of the unknown because every relationship is preparing us for our next one, which is like a very beautiful thing. And kind of going back to what Kyle says, I think the relationships that are the ones that we want to pay attention to are the ones that we're going to want to be patient about go out there with the idea of just like, dear universe, if something's going to come my way, I'm open to it without expectations. And then having that patience and lo and behold, synchronicity will bring that person to you at the right place at the right time. All you have to do is just sort of be open to that possibility. And uh, I mean, even if you're not, it will probably just happen anyways. But being open to it allows you to move forward with more grace. Um, and I, okay, let me let me just say, I just want to read what Kat says and then Kaya will pass it to you because I think we're keeping you up late here, I know. Um, Kat says, <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Kat says, um, going back to what she said earlier, it's about what you can give, not what you can take away from a ceremonial place. It's, sorry, someone, where's that feedback coming through? Is that Kyle? Sorry, Kaya. Um, okay, no one stopped the chat's going to keep moving if uh, someone's chatting, so if you guys just want to stop for two seconds. It's okay to address and acknowledge attraction and being magnetized to others. This is Kat's words. And allow room for the dynamic to flourish into something that can provide deeper meaning for what the individual may truly need. We often forget how much we need connection and navigating the territory can be a hard if we haven't been honest with what we want in order to be fully supported. Finding the sacredness in unexplored territories and curiosities 
it's really important to address what we what we want to address what we want what we what we'd love to ex okay it's really important to address what we'd want and what we'd love to experience and really sink into believing that we truly deserve that experience so truly deserving the experience that's really important i used to think that i couldn't just have a nice platonic cuddle with people and that it was too much to ask for or too weird but the moment i believe that we can meet people in different wants it invites more beautiful experiences for connection Kaya, you're awesome. So those were Kat's words. And the I'll just put this in because we'll talk about it later, but eye gazing. Eye gazing is a great way to like make love with a person without it being a sexual thing, right? You know, so be love with a person. That's what I always say. People always say, like, oh, I'm in love with you. I like the idea of like I am love with you and showing up as love, as like an incarnation and an action of love. So Kaya, we'll pass it back to you, and if you have anything else to say just before um, you head to, to the astral realms. So, and, uh, Sorry, just check your mute. <laughs> no worries. Okay, go ahead. Um, the, this person um, has actually said something similar where you have a choice. You can either break down or break through. And um, that's pretty much the same exact thing. And um, so I've been working a lot with that this summer, too. And um, and the eye-gazing thing has been something we've been working on for the past two months, too. So it's all, it's all happening. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I, I really... I'm very lucky in my upbringing that I've been exposed to people that, you know, understand physical contact and everything and growing up with friends that, you know, we've had cuddle puddles over the years and just had one recently um, lying on a dock and looking at the stars and everything and uh, seeing some shooting stars too and... Um, so yeah, everything is everything is moving forward on all levels. I'm uh, working on getting ready to go back to college in a month too. So things are things are rising. <laughs> um, so thank you. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Kaya. We look look forward to being able to connect with you again. And yes, much blessings, much love. You're doing great. So. <laughs> Cool. All right, okay, well, good night. Good night for now, Kyle. We'll see you in the future. Awesome. Sweet, guys. So, <laughs> so again, guys, um, with anybody listening to this in the future and in the present, check back and check in the show notes because we'll put in links to people's profiles. So anybody that you've heard talking, we'll, we'll do our best to be able to link you in with how you can continue to connect with them. If perhaps, you know, maybe even they shared a story that resonated with you or you're just interested in messaging or just want to say thank you to them, uh, absolutely use this as a platform to connect with more people in the community. So um, with that said, let, let's keep bouncing around and it's just checking in. We're about 1.30 right now, meaning I think we've been broadcasting for three and a half hours, give or take. If I did my math right, which is crazy because time flies when you're talking about love and sacred sexuality, which is 
a common thing here. So, um, so let's. Um, uh, I just want to go back up to the top because you know, right from the beginning, just hitting upon some of the topics. Um, Jocelyn was talking about like using sexuality to heal, like connections with ourselves and even connections with like ancestors. And if there's more that we want to talk about there, we were talking about like vibrating at the right energies with people and approaching love as a very vibrational, energetic thing that we can sort of think about. Um, and um, yeah, like overcoming shame through the expression of sexuality, if anybody wants to talk any more about that. Um, and uh, I'm just reading some of my notes. And again, you know, just like how sexual energy is creative energy, just choosing on how we use it. You know, we can either like spill it out in a moment of awesomeness or we can channel it into a service that we provide for the community and put that intention towards like focusing on being able to create an amazing project. And, and I'll just say, you know, from my own experience, like when I've had an orgasm, um, now going back to what Kyle was saying, sometimes you can have an orgasm and like not like lose all of that like energy by sort of going back to the ancient process of onking, which is an Egyptian thing where you're like visualizing you like at the moment of orgasm, you like visualize it kind of like go up in your head and kind of like loop back down and breathe into your heart. Um, but we can get back into more of that later. But again, you know, like from my own experience, oh yeah, like definitely like when I've been cultivating sexual energy for like 21 days or more, and then afterwards, like, I have, like, an orgasm. Like, if I have to do it very, like, ceremonially and take care of me and, and like, get substance back into my body, like, like I notice a difference. And it's totally changed my life uh, in, in a lot of ways because, again, you know, like, it just connects me more into that ability of drive, using, turning that sexual energy into drive, which for me is directly related to consciousness shifting things that I love doing for the community and everything. So, you know, I invite you guys to connect back with that idea of like how can you turn your sexual energies into motivation and drive and fuel for the future um, but again let's 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 open up the microphones and, and see what you guys want to talk about and if anybody wants to the eye gazing is another thing that we want to talk about and let me just double check okay so um, if there's any practical tips any people want to get into related to like immediate sexual intercourse related to tantra stuff um, we can do that because I do feel we'll get close to wrapping up this broadcast eventually. And like I said, we'd like to be able to end with a short meditation. But let's keep bouncing around. Um, this, Mike. I was going to say uh, just before Kyle and Mike, I, I got yeah, you guys. I had just said Mike. Yeah, yeah. I, I, okay, let me just, um, okay, we'll pass we it to Mike. You can go ahead, and then, Kyle. Well, I, I was going to say if, if, any, if anybody else, just because you guys have talked a bit, but I do want to pass it over to you, Michael. Um, but if anybody else wants to jump in on anything or any questions that they might have for the group or anything that you guys want to touch talk about that was already touched upon. Um, again, you know, just going back to the theme of, like, how can understanding sexuality bring us more into our self-empowerment? And just, like, how can more knowledge about that just, like, help us shift our paradigms and begin treating our relationship with sexuality different moving forward? Because I think it's, like, the... You know, again, like, with the Destiny School... Um, for those of you who've been sort of like paying attention to the sequence in this, and you know the past episodes are online, people can go back and listen to this. The first one we did with lucid dreaming and astral projection, and then we did meditation, and mindfulness, then we did health and fitness, then we did sacred geometry, and now we're on love and sacred sexuality. So we're really dealing with like the foundations of important topics, and I feel that love and sacred sexuality is like right there on that stepping stone. It's just like, oh, you awaken to, you know, like you're a multidimensional being. Oh, you awaken to mindfulness. Oh, you awaken to like how to treat your vessel. Oh, you awaken to your unity. 
all right, now, now tune in integrate it to with another. integrate it with like this ancient spiritual knowledge of your sacred sexual energies and everything. Um, so I was just going to say, Jocelyn, just um, if you're heading out soon, is there anything we just we'll pass it over to you if you need to head out? But we'll, Jocelyn, do you want to jump in with some stuff if you'd like? Go ahead before you have to head out, if if you want to. I was. I would love to keep contributing. I just have to go feed my wee man because it's like sure. it's in New Zealand. It's 5:30 here, and um, I've got to start making dinner. But um, I just wanted to say that I've loved ev like hearing everybody's process with this and um, the input that each one of you has put in. And I just think that you're gorgeous people. <laughs> and, <Aww>. um, <laughs> I like your hat. Thanks. It's like a bear, but anyway. You're a very beautiful soul. Aw, thank you. And the way you read that thing, I mean, was like, I thought you were reading out of like a science book or something. I mean, that was really... Thank really you. something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and thanks, Brendan, for, you know, being the... The beacon of light. I think it's amazing, you know, whenever I was sitting in here, I was thinking how what you've created online is unlike anything that I have gone to, you know, I, I'm, we're like connected to a lot of the same networks, but this this feels like a virtual sharing circle, um, which I've never experienced before anywhere else where it really lets you where it lets anyone get on and talk about their processes, you know. So often on um, social media, we, you know, you see that it's it's one ended. Like one person with a huge following gets to have a voice, and I think that so often we miss the multitudes of um, experiences that are going on just because of that. And I just love this group and what it has to offer, and hearing everybody's like daily and their soul journeys and their daily you know things they're doing <laughs> and experiencing as a spiritual being here in the physical form so thank you so much for ha like you know being a part of this and having me here and yeah Awesome. Well, Jocelyn, thank you again for, for joining in and uh, for for being here and adding your voice. And um, definitely, like, thank you for rocking it too. Uh, it's it's really cool. Like, we a beautiful beautiful gathering of people here tonight. And, and just again, you know, a special particular shout out to Jocelyn. People who haven't checked out her stuff, please feel free to check out her stuff. She's re regular on the ongoing inspirational media platforms as well. And um, uh, Jocelyn. Did you like? Are you leaving and coming back, or are you gone for a while? Do you think? Cause oh, I, I may, I may come back, but I don't know if yeah. you all will be there because it's because for me it's it's really early in the evening, but I understand it's really late. It's, we're pretty shifty, so it's possible that we could. I mean, who knows? We'll see. I'm. I'm not. I'm going to cap this off at 3 a.m., but it will probably finish around 2:30. But um, I was just going to say, just before you um, go, if you just want to let people know where they can contact you, and we'll include your show notes as well, if you oh, did want to share that. Um. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um. So I have a um an event that's coming up. Um, it's on the Lionsgate. If you if you search my name, which is super complicated, you. <laughs> um, it, but anyway, it's Jocelyn Dare, and um, I'll just put the. Well, maybe I should put my my 
Facebook page in there. But um, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put the Facebook links in if you just want to like tell people what the main websites okay. are, even just for the people yeah. listening to the audio. Okay, yeah. great. I'll just do it really quick. Um, so the Lion's Gate, like I was talking about, is the Egyptian New Year, and so I'm offering a meditation to tap into clearing your karmic lineage. Um, and that's why I was really interested in getting getting on here and, and talking about some of that. Um, but it's it's just a, a meditation tapping you into the different chakras and then um, the, the DNA double helix and opening up to uh, some of the practices that I use to tap into false beliefs and things like that. And then also I'll be sharing about a course that I've made um, called the Everyday Magic Course. Very, um, it's about tapping, tapping into tools that help empaths you know, deal with their emotions and others. But I go into things like um, creating boundaries, which is so important in relationships, um, and knowing what your need, truest needs and desires are, the cycles of the moon, and all sorts of different things that um, can help people. But I think that um, if you want to find out more about that, just go to liveeverydaymagic.com or you can just, um, anybody here, just friend me, um, check out my, my page, and um, I would love to stay connected and <laughs> keep journeying together through this amazing experience. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Jocelyn. And and it's, <laughs> I, I I know like it, like yeah like if there's a parallel reality, I'd love to invite you to stay longer to talk about even just some of the things you were talking about there. You know, it's just like sexual energies, the relationship to the moon, and and even just what you're saying, like getting more into the the ancestral connections through sexual energy and stuff like that. But I invite people to connect with Jocelyn and keep an eye on her stuff if they're interested in any of those particular topics and with stuff that we can still continue to talk about as a group as well. Um, but again, Jocelyn, uh, for those of you who are interested, you can check out her main website uh, in addition to her Facebook and her name is uh, her website. So it's jocelyndare.com but for those listening, J-O-C-E-L-Y n-d-a-h-e-r.com and look that up on Facebook. You can find her as well, but her links are in the show notes for this once we post them there. But again, Jocelyn, thank you so much for, for shining your light, for, for Lean by Example. It's an honor to be able to co-create with you. And uh, any last words for the dreamers out there who are waking up? Um, yes, love yourself fearlessly. Mm, right on. Awesome. Well, Jocelyn, much much love to you, and uh, much love to 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 everyone, and much love to the little one as well. And, and you guys go enjoy your food. So. <laughs> and the cat. And yeah. the cat. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Much love. Thanks, Jocelyn. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. So um, again, you know, there's 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 a lot to talk about. We've talked about a lot. And uh, that's kind of the fun of how this works. And uh, again, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into this, for listening to the recording of this. Just reminding you to please continue to share the show with your friend and to be able to invite more people to tune into future episodes, knowing that these are ongoing interactive hangouts. Um, we'll get into some more basic community stuff in a minute, but let's just continue to uh, open up the conversations to, to those of us who are still here. And uh, we're, we're down to a little bit smaller of a class, but um, yeah, we'll bounce around for a few more. And like I said, we'll wrap this up maybe in the next potentially 25 minutes or 30 minutes, we'll say. 
which I think is fair. So um, does anybody else um, have... I just wanted to... I don't know if Jenna or Kat had anything that you guys might want to share, um, possibly. Um, maybe... Oh, look, Dev's in... Hey, Dev, how's it going? Welcome to the game, man. I'm doing a microphone check real quick if you want. Hey, 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 what's up? Yo. <laughs> Cool, cool. Um, okay, so let's let's just jump around with a little little topic. Um, or uh, no, again, I just I just want to order it up. Is there anything you guys want to be able to bring into the discussion for the circle right now? Is there any questions that you might actually have for the group? And um, just opening that up. So I just kind of been like half listening the whole time because I got home from work a bit early, so I'm oh, cool, doing stuff cool. around the house. And I take I took a couple of notes actually. Like there's some really interesting points. A couple of people said so. If you don't mind, I'll just kind of touch up on them and like what love is to me and why not. So it's kind sure, of go go ahead and then um I know Jen, Jenna will will let you jump in after. But that the Dev, welcome to the hangout. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so like what love was for me is just that uh, that primordial urge to connect with something and to bring forth life force into onto the earth and into the world, and it doesn't necessarily need to be with someone else, though that's a huge vehicle, but, like, just, um, you know, it's, it's, it's expressed through attraction, and attraction to, you know, the piano, the guitar, to painting or to singing. You have that, that, that is love, to kind of wanting to, to, to be attracted to that and to bring forth life force. And it's the same thing when you're, it's a little more complicated, but it's the same kind of, it's the same kind of concept. When you're attracted to someone else, it's, it's there for a purpose. You're there to bring forth life force into the world. And it's just, you know, it's a little more complex because it's a, it's a whole other being, but it's that whole thing behind, you know, it's, um, and that, that kind of comes before the whole kind of like sexual energy thing that that life force, sexual energy is pretty much a life force. So when you're when you're sharing that with a person, that purpose, I think someone someone said something earlier really about birthing, about kind of like you know the two of you birthing something new into the world. So it's like the when you when you're with someone and you take those two, you take both of your forces and you kind of merge them, and you, you pretty much are birthing something. Uh, what's that? Not another note here. It's a, it's kind of like also to do with empathy and as well, and kind of like. Avoiding the kind of the self gratification type of sex, where it's just kind of like it's your body, you know, the, the very the, the caveman kind of instinct, just saying that like I need to find someone has to so that I can continue the uh, the human race. It's that very base level of kind of this uh, of the need for sex, right? But it's like how to take it, how I've taken it from you know just being sexual into something holistic is being able to relate with myself and what like what else I'm attracted to, like what I'm attracted to kind of the meditations or the, the crystals and, you know, the, the, the instruments and the hobbies I have in my life and understanding why I'm attracted to those kind of things um, help me understand myself as though I'm attracted to um, a woman or someone else. I have a better understanding of why I'm with that person because of, because of the way I practice relating with myself. And so that's kind of how I've been able to kind of segue it from being this, um, the sexual kind of just like I need to really kind of compare and um what was it oh it looks like we got a 
bit of a glitch. David, you're just breaking up there for a second. Keep going, though. Oh, shoot. Okay, so it's like, um... Yeah, the uh, the primary way of, um, that the, the the media has connection is with other people, and I think it was what Cat wrote is just kind of saying like I can't go and you know give my give my heart to someone in just the life force kind of way without without it being deemed as kind of like a like you're you're hitting on me or this is this. this has to. It's supposed to lead to something sexual, where compared to just kind of like, just um, just to be able to have an open heart and kind of and be be intimate with someone else without without the intention of kind of like, you know, this is supposed to turn into sex. Like, is this kind of and just being clear on what being clear on what you want. So that was a really good point that I that I enjoyed. Um, yeah, that was <laughs> that's it. So. Yeah, it's always good to be here. I really love these talking circles, so that's awesome. But yeah, that's all I really have to say. But anything else comes up quickly, I'll just say it. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, thanks. Awesome, awesome, sweet man. Um, I, anybody else want to want to jump in on that? I'll I'll mention some stuff later. Whatever looks like. Jenna, you had a point earlier, but Michael's guy's microphone open too. Did you want Actually, to... I was just going to say that Michael's been trying to say something for a little while, so I was going to... Yes, okay, so we'll pass it over to, to Michael. Michael, go ahead. Well, but it, it wasn't to add on to what the brother said. Oh, that's that's okay. No, I mean, we, we like I think that was like a thing in itself, so so go ahead. You can bring up a new topic or, well, or whatever okay. we want. It all loops. Well, I, I was just going to say, thing. you guys have touched upon a lot of, a lot of different aspects, and you'd think it'd be like the whole part of the pie, but there's still elements of it that, like, um, you know, we haven't necessarily... I mean, we, we touched on it, kind of touched maybe around it, um, but it's definitely there. Um, you know, kind of like the, uh, the technicality uh, technicality uh, of it and how you can use uh, the energy for you can do a lot of things when you understand the principle of gender um, it's almost like you can choose you can work with a certain gender to bring certain aspects to I'm not talking I'm not saying like not necessarily cross-dressing doesn't have to be like that. I mean, some people do find that way, and that helps them. Well, that's kind of you know all the way kind of thing. But you can really work with aspects of gender, of cultivating um, almost uh, a type of androgyny, uh, and you know some people may be more comfortable or less comfortable. With that, but that's one of the things that you can do, to um, as a as a act of uh, self love. And then there's a very scientific uh, secret, I guess. I mean, it doesn't have to be a secret, but there's a very scientific process when it comes to um, just sexuality in itself. That when you understand like the mindset and how to project your mind I mean you guys did definitely 
touch on on that. Um, you can make things happen, um, and a lot of that is cu cultivating um, the sexual energy. Uh, but basically, it could work either either ways. You know, they say you know when it comes to spirituality, there are two paths. They say the uh, the the right hand path and the left hand path. It's kind of up to you. Um, you know, whichever one you feel you you resonate more with, but you can do things uh, to to produce certain results. Uh, I honestly gotta say, you you really gotta be like a scientist with it, because it's like sometimes you feel, you know, like you just feel different ways, you know, sometimes. And I, I do think it is about discipline, but I think if you kind of just, like, allow yourself to, like, explore everything, like, experiment with everything, it's kind of like you find what works for you. Does that make sense? Definitely, definitely. So, I mean, again, you know, I think a big part of sexuality growing up for a lot of people is like being comfortable with their own sexuality and, and I mean this is a very interesting topic in itself and a lot of people are sort of like you know dealing again going back to the topic of like dealing with shame and, and dealing with like confusion and things and you know like I just want to open this up because um, it's really I Again, you know, it's really interesting, and, and, you, and you mentioned the topic of, of androgyny, and, and I feel like this is, like, a topic that more people want to talk about and, and everything, and, you know, just sort of, like, the delusions of gender and really just, like, loving someone, like, as a person, loving them as a soul, regardless of what we try to put a label on their body as sort of thing. And I feel like this is something, and, and you know, this is, like, vulnerability, opening up transparency, but I know in saying this, it will it'll help, like, bring more clarity for, for everyone who hears this uh, in some way or another. But it, it's part of this idea that, you know, like, one of the articles that I actually, like, when it, when it comes to sexual attraction and sexual identity within a lot of things, a lot of males and even some females will feel like very ashamed for feeling themselves like attracted to a person of the same gender as them. And, and, and I sort of just like want to like help dispel some stuff and, and one of the things I want to do in the future is like write an article or make a video about it, but I've had this idea for a while. But it's basically this idea of just like how, like how everyone is actually bi but no one's actually talking about it sort of thing and it, like sort of almost doing it from a humorous point of view um, but really bringing it back to this idea of like whatever you choose to label yourself as um, it really goes um, for me into this process of like being able to love someone for who they are and, and, and I think like it's okay to, to like explore who you're attracted to I think that's part of the flavor that's part of the excitement that's part of the mystery of being able to to grow through your own like because again you know like sexual energy this is a very interesting thing I'll just say this sexual energy has like a gravitational feel to it a gravitational pull to it and it moves you through your life and like that's the thing right like some people they may the, it, it may be the sexual energy that like pulls them together to begin with but beyond just that initial pull like they were meant to be in each other's life for like a deeper purpose sort of thing but it was that initial gravitational field energy of the sexual attraction that brought them together in the first place and so in the same way our sexual attraction 
reactions to people are literally like us responding to these gravitational pulls and forces within our, our, our matrix. And in doing so, it, sh it brings us to where we need to be. And this is like a really key thing, and I'll just say this, you know, it goes back to this idea that following your heart doesn't necessarily mean it's going to lead you to happiness. It means it's going to lead you to your growth and where you need to be and where you need to show up in. Because like, I've experienced this, people have experienced this, you know, you'll like feel for someone and then maybe like it may never happen or, or something like that and you're just like, you're just like, damn it, heart, like why did you tell me to go after that person if it wasn't going to work in the first place? But then in the part process of doing so, there would have been lessons along the way. And again, it goes back to this process of learning to let go. And it even goes back to this process of like, maybe that person doesn't want to be with you, yet still loving and respecting their choice, opposed to like turning it into this guilty thing of just like, be like, damn it, I'm mad at you for not wanting to be with me. Because again, that goes back to the switch of love being like about what can I get? Whereas again, you know, love should be about what can you give, what can, what can you bring into the other person's experience, and and sometimes what you're giving them is freedom to be themselves, and that's like the ultimate form of love, and and that's where like relationships where people will sometimes get into conflict, and and again, you know, like where where even people who are in relationships are finding themselves attracted to other people who are still in relationships, and this gets into the conversation of polyamory and everything like that, but like really, you know, if if you're like with another person and and you're just like finding that like honor their path because their path is not your path to like control you know like so sometimes we see that in love where people would just be like no like don't leave me whereas like true love would be like do what you need to do and I love you regardless and I think like as more people start shifting into that, it allows love to be expressed and explored in a much more fluid and like exponentially progressive way that directly ties back in with our, our spiritual awakening, I feel, because it goes back into sovereignty, it goes back into trust, it goes back into just like expanding what our definition of love actually is. So just opening it up, um, looks like Scott, Scott, if you want to jump in, go, go ahead, and then if anybody else wants to jump in, jump in. Scott used the term heteroflexibility in the chat. I like that. Scott, we'll pass it over to you, and welcome to the welcome to the game. Welcome back. Hey, everybody. Welcome, Scott. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, this is a potent and powerful topic, and someone, so I'm, I'm 37, so I've watched, like, this go from being taboo to being socially acceptable in many, many, many ways that, you know, even in, in, in as conserv uh, sorry as liberal of a place as I am in Santa Cruz, California, like we saw a lot of this transition to freedom of sexuality, you know, came out of the '60s movement, and that was unsustainable. And you know, then it kind of went back down, and now it's coming up back up again. And this topic of androgyny was was the, the one that kind of like really sparked me. I've been sitting on that for for a few minutes. Um, but the the concept that, that that you brought up, Brendan, around um, the 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 way that energy moves through sexuality and acts as a magnetic attractor and draws us to people, and through that, I mean, I hate to use the term lessons, you know, because are there lessons in a in a holographic reality? It's like other than the lessons that we've chosen, we we could say that they are, but simply physics. It is a physics of love, literally, love acting as a magnetic aspect to the opposing aspect being electrical, electromagnetic, 
you know, there's always a magnetic uh, field when there's electricity, and there's always electricity whenever there's a magnetic field. They they go hand in hand. And with love, we feel this like in our bodies. It's it's tingly. We get excited. We're sexy. You know, we we feel sexy about ourselves. We feel happy, but not everybody does. And and so there's absolutely no way to even set a general tone for all humans around what is sexually acceptable. And this is the, what you said about, you know, we're all bisexual and we haven't, you know, figured it out yet. I mean, obviously that's not true. There are some people who are more heteroflexible than others. And women, obviously, are, are often more heteroflexible than, than most, you know, very masculine guys. Um, but in some ways, as children, we, we do exhibit that kind of, like, not quite sexuality because we're not sexual at that point. We haven't come into sexual maturity, but we don't have a bias to gender. And then we get at a certain age, and we do have a bias to gender, and then that changed with, changes with hormones. But young kids, when you see them play, they play with with everyone. And there's a I don't know. I I, I kind of lost the the train with with the physics of it. I got I got a uh, distracted. You, you you called my name, Brendan. That totally called me out. I think um, what what you said actually I think is a really key point about like observing um, yeah just like the how young children are just like yeah the, that non gender bias because I I remember even from like a young age like it was it was weird like I remember like at a young age I felt like sort of like attracted to like a boy at a young age and I was like trying to like mentally like process like what this was and what this is experiencing and even though like it wasn't something where at the point it was like like important to my sexual identity it was still just something that I acknowledged and then like even growing up it was just like it's just like oh, okay like I don't think this is like a super crazy thing or whatever like I think it's just like more about like being in tune with with our ability to just like see beauty in everything and again like not even to like see it from like a sexual perspective but just to like really like love someone like even if like you know it could be a friend of yours or sort of thing there's so many different ways to love and, and this is where where you were saying um, that I want to bring it back to because like when children when they recognize that it gets into this idea of like platonic love which I think is very important and, and kinda what I was talking about earlier without actually using that term you know like what is platonic love platonic love is like the idea of like showing up for someone loving them without it being like uh, from the drive of like wanting to like connect with them sexually so to speak and like showing up as like a platonic friend you know like as a platonic partner and things um, and so I, I think that's just like a really interesting topic whether we want to bounce around with that in a bit more but but I feel like there's there's some other people who might want to jump in I think yeah Jenna's got some stuff and, and if, uh, the androgyny thing if we want to bounce back to that or whatever you guys want um, this is our class to create so go ahead Jenna I'm actually just going to um, say my last statement. I've got to head to bed because I've got to be up in like four hours. So um, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody for sharing all of this. And thank you so much, Brendan, for having this chat tonight. It's been very enlightening, and I really enjoyed getting to meet everybody that was on here. And um, if you do share a link to my Facebook page, please feel free, everyone, to add me. And I hope you'll have a great night. And, yes, that's that's that. So. Awesome. Jenna, thank you again. Um, you know, just your transparency. I just want to honor that and, and just for everyone, yes, as well. But yeah, Jenna, thank you. It's been a pleasure having you here tonight. Thank so you. pleasant astral pleasure. dreams. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, we'll thank see you in the future, Jenna. Take care. Yes. Awesome. Bye. Cool. Okay, guys. Um,
so yeah, with that said, um, at this point, uh, many, uh, yeah, so at this point we, we have Dev, who's left, Cat, who's not talking, talking, because her roommate's asleep, um, Kyle, and Michael, and Scott, and myself, Brendan. So um, let me just check in. Cat, um, is there, uh, uh, okay, Cat was just saying in the chat, I was just going to mention androgyny. Good point. Yes, all goes back to opening up to trying on different hats and, ex and continually exploring, breaking through the shame. I think that's a really interesting thing. And again, you know, like within within relationships, and I'll just take like a moment here, um, even just sort of like drawing off experience between like my relationship with Cat and everything. You know, you can get into this idea of just like having the relationship not just being like a male and a female, but it's actually like going back to this idea of both parties beginning to understand and integrate like the male and female energies within both of them, um, which is which is an interesting thing. And again, not even something that I still like get too caught up in and putting labels on and things like that. But, you know, again, like just like it's okay to like be... Uh, the nurturer in both situations and, and, and just like sometimes like both of us can be like very like bold and outspoken and yet but sometimes like both of us can be like very like you know like like sort of um, like, yeah again I'm having like trouble like trying to like put words in, into it and stuff like that but but it's just an it's, 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 a, it's a good um, not even just docile but because again you know it's just like uh yeah, it's weird. I almost want to like not even try to put words on it, but um, yeah, it's just something where where like I, it's just breaking down what society tells us a relationship should be, and the idea that males should act this way and females should act this way. Like, yeah, breaking down roles is what Kat's saying. So again, yeah, exactly. So I, like, don't don't like not do a role because you think it's too feminine or don't not do a role because you think it's too ma masculine like that's the thing like all roles are accessible and you can almost think of them as archetypes um, so I mean like at some points you know like maybe like to cat like I can be like that very like healing like motherly sort of female-esque energy for her while at the same time like in a moment's notice I can like switch it into you know like sort of like a like, it, yeah, again, I just don't want to like try to put like labels on it and stuff like that. But um, I think you guys know like what I'm a, trying like to say. Like a Hercules. Yeah, like a macho sort of stereotypical male persona type thing. Like a Goku um, or something. Something like that. Something like Goku, that. Sure. Um, yeah, and, and so like there's there's a million and one different ways to express strength. And again, keeping in mind that strength is expressed through vulnerability, and that's where relationships are very important because they allow people to open up into that space of vulnerability and trust and healing. And like for me, one of the things that I've really honored about relationships is that it's called me into um, my want and my sort of like ambition to become a better healer um, and, and, and to become a healer on like multiple levels for, for partners, for myself, for community and things like that and, and sort of um, yeah I've just like it, it, that's the thing with love and, and I think love will do that to you especially like when you're in like a really meaningful relationship is that it will call parts of yourself out into the open that will give you a chance to see them and after it happens, you'll sort of step back and you'll be like, "Whoa! Like I did that. I, I, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm impressed that I did that, or like I 
really like the fact that I did that. And you're sort of looking at it from a third-person perspective. Um, just reading a comment from Kat, because, again, she's just typing in the chat since her, she can't talk uh, over a microphone. Um, and she says, well, even if it's not gendered from a polarity through archetypes, it makes sense about using the language of masculine and feminine to describe things. So, so yeah, it's okay to describe them, um, which, again, you know, if masculine sort of like that, like, direct line, energy, get stuff, like, from A to B sort of thing. Female is sort of like that intuitive, gentle, curved line, woomy feel sort of thing. Um, so it's sort of like, yeah, it's it's it could almost be like comparable to um, the exhale Lincoln and the Zelda. inhale, and in 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 a sense of like the exhale would be expansion, which could be like male, and then the female is like contraction, which could be like you know nurturing sort of thing. If we wanted to try and break it down to that, um, she says, um, Kat's saying you're a nurturing water sign, and I'm a Capricorn father archetype sign. So it's about finding the balance and bringing out those qualities. Yes, that was another thing, Kat. Thank you for reminding me is that I want to bring attention to how keeping in mind for people listening to this, be aware of like the subtleties of the astrological signs and how those actually play into the dynamics of a relationship. You know, like throughout my relationships, it's been really interesting because like I've been with a water sign, like I've been with an air sign, I've been with a fire sign, I've been with an earth sign, and through each of them, like I was actually able to like notice the difference. And even for for Cat and I, just going back to you know sharing a little bit of, of what we've been able to learn from each other is that our astrological signs, Cancer and Capricorn, are opposites. They're literally on the opposite spectrum. So it, it's like this. If you read our horoscopes, it says like you know like this can be a chance for like great synergy, or it just won't work. And it's really up to you as to how much you want to make it work. So I mean, with any relationship, there will be times where it might feel like there's like you know perhaps even frustration that may arise and I think it's important to like honor honor like parts of our reaction to that and again be able to like use that as an opportunity to like meet our internal frustration with further compassion because I think too many times in relationships we'll do that where we'll get into a relationship and then the person will do something that slightly ignores us and then we hop on that bandwagon and just be like oh man like I can't love that person in the same way anymore because they annoy me or they did something to annoy me. It's just like that's saying more about you than it is about them. Show up to love them for all of who they are. And this is, you know, going back to the idea of like love and sacred sexuality. Expand your sense of compassion. Show up to love them through their vulnerabilities, through their beautiful stages and through their messy stages. And it was a really beautiful experience because, you know, like when Kat and I got to connect, it was actually at a festival, um, the Solstice Festival last year. And it was a very magical experience. And, and, and we, we ran into each other like one night and she stabbed me with a spork. And that's how we met. <laughs> true, true story. And then we like crossed paths the next day. And it was very just like this platonic meeting at first and just like helping each other out with some tasks. And I'm like, yo, I just need some like help like missioning something across the entire festival. Can you help me carry it? And there's like this good relationship. And we just started talking and everything like that. And then um, again, like even within the experience of like us like meeting through the festival, there was like festivals. First of all, they bring up lots of highs and lows. So even in that moment of the festival, like I got to see Cat in some like good highs and some like messy parts too. You know, where like both of us were like in this vulnerable space. And for me, it was really important to actually be able to show up in that moment. And this is like part of what what 
adds even more magic to, to this relationship is that like, um, and this is again, you know, people who've sort of been like following this story that would have known this or at least pieces in another piece of the puzzle. But um, like the two days after Kat and I were at the festival was actually the first time that I did LSD. And so like Kat was actually with me the first time that I did LSD. And at that point we had already sort of like established like a partner relationship even within like a short period of time. And so like having her there in that moment was really important for me because it allowed me to observe how I showed up to that experience even how like when in that moment Kat was sort of going through her own catharsis and I was able to like show up and and there was like a really beautiful moment where Kat was like kind of going through some stuff and she was just like you know like just go have fun without me just go to dance floors and just go do your thing like you're on acid I want you to have fun and you know like what I said in that moment was really powerful because it was after I said it that I was able to observe it but intuitively I was just like you know like I, I hear what you're saying but for me, especially being on acid, at this moment, at this moment, my choice is to be in the present moment of my direct experience. And to me, it was equally as exciting to be on the dance floor as it was to be in that moment supporting Cat, knowing that like that was actually like what I wanted to do. Like I would rather be there for for her in that moment and, and just like being able to acknowledge myself making that choice and hear myself say that um, again you know from a very like unselfish place because like it's just like this idea of just like if you see someone going through suffering ask yourself like how you might be able to help them by showing up and, and at the same point like you know sometimes it does mean just giving them their space which is totally understandable and everything but it, it, at that point like it was really meaningful for me to be like you know like no like I am choosing to be here with you and to love you through your messy stuff too, opposed to just being like, oh, this is too much, I'm going to go do my own thing, right? And turning it into the selfish thing, because I think that's where love sort of becomes selfish, where as soon as it doesn't go our way, as soon as it doesn't feel like it's serving us, people will just like be like, I'm out of here, like whatever, this isn't quote-unquote fun anymore. And I don't think real love is always going to be quote-unquote fun but it's going to be freaking real and it's going to be powerful and I think again when you can honor those moments and go through things as lessons and really even have like a deeper commitment to yourself and to your partner it can allow you to sort of be able to just like show up to something and be like okay this happens like let's find the lessons in this and allow it to actually strengthen our relationship Whereas, like, some people might just be, like, you know, like, whatever, like, this is, you know, so, like, it's, love is forgiveness, love is being flexible, love is being water, love is being strength, love is being trust, love is, like, being able to let go of expectations and push your own boundaries of what you thought you knew yourself to be and just allowing yourself to expand and really allowing yourself to expand into a bigger place of compassion. And then even through doing that, moments when it does evolve into this place of sexuality and sexual expression, I really feel, and I'll just say this, that it's really beautiful when sexuality can sort of happen as a byproduct of love overflowing. So rather than love just being like, oh, you know, like we're here, you know, like we're horny and stuff like that, like sometimes it's more meaningful to like reserve and to be like okay I acknowledge that but maybe let's just like meditate and chill for a bit and, and then when it and then it sort of builds so again it's kind of like you treat 
your relationship with like wanting to have sex almost as if like masturbation where it's just like instead of just like giving into it it's like you stop you acknowledge that the energy is there and then you let it build and 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 then when the moments are there when you are like intimate with someone it's again bringing more potency into the celebration and um, it, it just having that idea of love overflowing and, and, and the sexual expression comes out of that overflow, I think is a very, very powerful thing. So, yeah, just being able to reserve ourselves um, and be patient is such a important thing. Um, hey, Ashley, welcome to the chat. <laughs> cool. Um, okay, so just um, does anybody want to reply? Michael, go go ahead. And um, Kat, if you have anything to type in the chat, feel free and I'll... Um, okay, let me well, just read. Was, Sorry, Michael. Really, I'm just gonna can't just hit enter. I'm just gonna read here the thing, and I'll pass it over to you. Um, or Dev actually wrote. Let me just read. Um, da, da, da. Dev said, one of the things the sacred masculine does is stay present and grounded to guide the feminine through the storms from both ends. I like that. I like that. Um, and yeah, like I feel. And again, I feel it goes both ways. Like to me, like masculine and feminine is like almost the same thing. Like I see both of them doing the same thing a lot of times. Because um, to me, like feminine energy can be very grounding as well. Um, Kat says, love is granting each other with the freedom to be the best version of ourselves and to invite infinite opportunities for it to continually grow and evolve. And sometimes that looks messy, but if it's teaching us how to be more selfless, then we're on the right track. Yeah, and again, you know, like really using the platform of love for another person to encourage them and to invite them to, like, you know, like follow what makes their heart sing, even if that means like going across to another continent and leaving you behind. Like, true love will be like able to let someone do that and invite them to do that instead of being like, don't put me first, put yourself first. Like, both parties are inviting the other person to put themselves first because. Yeah, it's just such a powerful thing, um, and it's such a beautiful thing to think about, like how humans have created this experience for ourselves, and really, like what is going on here as, as spiritual beings. Where again, it gets back to the idea of like seeing the universe in the other person's eyes and really loving them from that deeper place. Um, yeah, so thanks again, Kat, for for rocking it. And I love you. And um, Michael, uh, we'll pass it over to you, and then Kyle, and then if anybody else wants to jump in, go ahead, Michael. Go ahead. Um, Yo, if oh, I could jump well, in real quick, man, I just yeah. gotta cut out. Actually. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, um, Kyle, go ahead, and then we'll uh, yeah, because we're gonna wrap it up pretty soon. But yeah, Kyle, go yeah. go ahead, man. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm jumping in. Um, yeah, it kind of looks like it might. This might go for a little while. Um, I'm jumping off now because I'm getting tired. I'm starting to fall asleep. So, um, I really wish that, you know, I really do want to stay. Cause I love everything that always goes on in these in these hangouts, but uh, I'm getting tired, man. I'm I'm starting to nod off and fall asleep. So I'm, it's time to go hit the hay and get in the astral zone. Um, dude, I guess final notes for me is like, man, I don't know. Everyone said a lot of grand things today. Everyone had a lot of good input. Um, we covered a lot of things. Um, yeah, I gotta get to bed, man. My brain's like. Uh, awesome man. I wish I want to stay, but I gotta go. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things I could benefit from in this, but yeah, get on the man, Nimbus it, cloud. Yeah, dude, it's time to ride the Nimbus cloud. Yeah, man. Oh man. <laughs> all right. Awesome, Good night, everybody. Much love to all of you guys. I will be in contact with everyone in the morning. 
Brendan, feel free to add my Facebook into the show notes so that everybody who wants to contact with me can. Um, again, this is Kyle signing off. Uh, gotta go do some Jedi stuff <laughs> tomorrow, so. Gotta go awesome, be man. Jedi! Yeah, man. Alright, guys. Good night. Much Good love night, to everybody. Thanks for rocking it. Much love, Absolutely, brother. Man. Sweet. All right. Um, so again, just checking back in. So it's it's quarter after two a.m. right now. We started this broadcast at about ten a.m. So we're over four hours. We'll wrap it up soonish. Um, but let's just stay up for about five more hours, and then we'll finish with the short meditation. <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah. So um, My- Michael, go ahead, and then uh, we'll just uh, see if anybody else wants to get in some talks as we keep moving. We'll, we'll wrap this up soon, though. Yeah. Was it, was it just touching upon what, uh, what you had said? Any, anything that you might want to share, that you were feeling called to share? Mm. Well, that was, that was really good. Uh, I had no idea um, you know, how that whole story went um, you know, when uh, you and, and Kat met each other. Um, that's really a cool... Um, I, I mean... Really seems like a an eye opening and uh, very interesting experience, and um, yeah, I uh, I think that it really is what it is about. You know, I mean, it, I think really what it comes to is it's a certain form of alchemy that takes place when two people come together. Um, and I think there's different phases of it. I think there's like a lust phase, or you know, people say honeymoon phase or infatuation, which is awesome, which you know feels good. But then you know, sometimes that fades and then turns into something else. And I think it's all. I think the thing is, I think it's not not rejecting any part, even the. You know, people people might you know want to feel shamed about the you know lustful aspects. And I I think it's really about acceptance and 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 not being afraid to explore. You know, like um, the many realms you know that that comes with. And I mean, there's been so many times. You know, okay, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff on the internet, you know, and so many ways you can use music and um, uh, like certain types of music to set a certain kind of mood, or you know, you 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 could set like a like an Egyptian. Uh, you know, Egyptian music. Well, you, you don't have to try to dress up like Egyptians, unless you're into that thing. Uh, I could, I could see how that could be a popular thing. <laughs> but exploring, exploring. You know, uh, role play. I think that's a really important thing. I think that it's fun, and I think that you could definitely tap into. I think it really is about tapping into these different roles and and, and seeing. Um, you know, c- kind of being like a scientist about it and saying like, 
how does this make me feel when I play this role? And what type of state of consciousness am I in when I'm in this role? You know, and it just helps with this integration of all these aspects of self. And I think that's, um, sorry, I got something in my eye. Uh, something that's like, important you know I think role play especially when it comes to that is a really cool thing and I would just say yeah just don't be afraid to uh, to explore you know still got somewhere <laughs> role play I think it's got people role play. <laughs> I like that Egyptian role play it's <laughs> funny that's funny um. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um. Some Egyptian, of the things that you know, Greece. You know, yeah. ancient Greek. You know, dressing up like the ancient Greeks, and you know, it, it's really interesting when you see the the ancient Greeks, <laughs> the stuff they were into. You know. Um. You know, there was a time where people were into you know the whole you know orgy kind of thing. Some people are into that. Um, what do you mean? We still are. Oh, yeah. But I, I, mean, I, I mean, but the thing is, I think the thing is, it's just not being afraid to explore. You know, that may make some people feel a little uncomfortable, but I think it's, if you understand what's going on, if you understand a scientific process about it, uh, whether that's for magic or whatever that's for, you understand... What is getting a uh, what is really getting at? You know, um, they say um, Crowley, uh, Alicia Crowley, um, he you know they kicked him out of his order because you know he was flirting with the guys in there. It's like he's being a creep, you know. And people weren't really into that at the time, and he he was into these uh, like. <laughs> He was trying to bring, you know, like a, a homosexual aspect uh, of practices into the into the magic, and you know, people were like, <laughs> he was making people feel uncomfortable. But the thing about it is, though, if you're looking at it from a scientific process, which is what he was doing, is that you know, he just didn't want to. He didn't want to. He, he he just had that curiosity of um, of exploration, just like, and he looked at it as like a, a scientific experiment almost. And I think if you kind of look at it like that, and you don't look at it as like a shaming thing or something to feel weird about, I mean, I people will always, I think, you know, will always probably feel a little bit uncomfortable about something that is kind of out of their comfort zone. But I think if you look at it like a scientific experiment and you're experimenting, you know, you'll find like what suits, what suits you and what suits your, your, uh, your partner or your, uh, or your doll or whatever it is. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, like oh, yeah, you, it, you won't you won't have anything that will suit your doll, but 
your partner. Toss up from Yeah, eventually this this conversation is gonna evolve in the future. It's just like how to be considerate about your robot's feelings and everything. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I, I, I did just uh, kind of want to say again, you know, like, it's, 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 it's a balance between, like, exploring and then, again, still, like, using willpower and not using the process of exploring as an excuse to be careless and reckless. Right. It's just like, it's just like, I'm exploring what it's like to masturbate 15 times a day or, you know, to have, like, 15 orgasms in one day or something. It's just like... Hell, if you want to try that, go ahead. But like, don't don't just like allow it to become this thing where, <laughs> yeah, where it just becomes like this again. You know, is it controlling you, or are you controlling it? And that's where I feel like the sexual energies are such important teachers because we will notice that we will notice ourselves be like tempted, and it's the easy choice to just like get that instant gratification of just like an orgasm if that's what we're used to. But it's the more rewarding choice in the long term when you can cultivate that willpower and to be able to, like, build that energy over time. And it goes back to, like, sort of this, again, you know, when we were talking about, like, cultivation of male sexual energy, it does get into this process of, like, how it ties in with, like, astral projection and esoteric sciences and, and abilities for lucid dreaming. And, you know, we talk about the dream class and everything, and, and that's, like, something where we keep telling people, like, part of the main elements are, like, not smoking cannabis, cultivation of sexual energy and writing down your dream journal and it's because that like this fluid literally as it like integrates itself into more of your system as it builds up it's like this subtle energy that allows like more flow to come through more like radar dish to expand and I find that like those activation sensations those tingling up the spine those are more prominent and more present after a while that I've been like cultivating my sexual energy and, and again, you know, like, I feel that, like, cultivating your sexual energy goes hand-in-hand hand with, like, even being able to do things, like, related to, like, telekinesis and, and, like, being able to, like, force push things or even just being able to, like, move energy through your body in a different way. Um, so, yeah, like, just um, reminding people, uh, again, like, fall in love with what you'll get out of not simply having an orgasm right now. And, and allow that to sort of pull you into the future. So it's just like fall in love with the idea that like in a couple of days from now you're going to be like like on point and, and you're going to be like having that feeling and that sensation opposed to... Because I mean that's the thing. I think like a lot of people, their baseline for reality is actually like... They, what they think reality is normally like is like this like low point of, of just like what a human experience is like if people are having orgasms like every day sort of thing or again you not say there's something wrong with an orgasm but like mindlessly ejaculating and and then again this is something I can say from experience like there was a time when back in my days growing up where like it was common for me to ha have an orgasm every night like that's just like what I did I was just like why not there was no one telling me not to I didn't have a reason not to it felt really good, therefore, might as well. Um, but again, you know, it gets into this idea of like falling in love with what happens when you begin to cultivate it and doing it from an unselfish process so that you can show up for other people. Cultivate your sexual energy so that you can show up for people in your community. And again, this is something that I didn't mention at the beginning, but it's important and it goes back into the idea of like, the, the seminal energy and how it's connected to like the ancient esoteric knowledge of like the, the chin 
um, the chi or the jin, one of those terms, but it's basically referring to this idea that with males, they literally have like a limited amount of um, what I've um, uh, of special sexual energy. And each time they have an orgasm, it like depletes and depletes and depletes. And then that's the thing. Like some people, since it's like a finite amount, like you can keep having orgasms and ejaculations, but like this spiritual energy, so to speak, is like sort of like it begins to wither over time if you continue to throw it away mindlessly. And so like some people will have used up, will have thrown all of this down, so they're down to the reserves by the time they're like in their mid-20s. And, and then, whereas, like, other people who begin cultivating it while they're still young and they're in their 20s allow this to, like, carry them forward into the future. So, I mean, like, by choosing to cultivate your sexual energy, by just changing your frequency of it, is like an investment towards your greater well-being and, again, just allowing you to show up for other people. So, um, yeah, just going back to those core objectives, those core ideas and, and how you can integrate those as objectives into your own path and again, just like the idea that cultivating sexual energy will open up more potential for dream exploration processes as well. Like some of the esoteric books say, like if you want to like be able to straight up do astral projections, like it's not possible if you haven't cultivated your sexual energy. Like they, it's they're like yeah. very blatant about this. Like you must have been cultivating it for you know at least X number of days or with a sp certain specific technique. Um, Scotch is talking in the chat. We're talking about uh, more Mantak Chia, and yeah, like that's been like a common. Um, again, so a book I recommend for people, uh, anything by Mantak Chia. Um, yeah, yeah, and there's a few books. Scott's mentioning the multi-orgasmic man. The one I'm holding a video right now is Taoist Secrets of Love, cultivating sexual energy. So they're the same um, book. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's. It, yeah, it's the same book. I think. Eh? But you've got go, go ahead, Scott. Copy, which is rare. That's like hard to find. I actually, uh, oh, yeah? I was the worldwide distributor for Muntak Chia's stuff for about three years. Um, and That's awesome. yeah, his stuff works. <laughs> it works very well. Do you want to, um, uh, since like you would have some familiarity with it, are there some practical tips that you that you can maybe share based on stuff that you've learned about that? And we'll get close Absolutely. to wrapping this up. But I think again, yeah. Mantak Chia like talks like so much awesome stuff, and he's really practical about a lot of a lot of these techniques. But Scott, yeah, well, let's 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 bring it back to Mantak Chia, and, and that would be a great place to get close to ending the show with. So great, yeah, no, he's he's a really interesting guy. He um he wrote that book back in I think the eighties, um, like the late late eighties, and it's written very much like a textbook, so it's quite dry and a little difficult to read. The newer one. Um, was his wife edited and made it a lot more palatable for the average audience to sort of get some of the techniques. Um, but they're actually very simple. A lot of these concepts most of, most of us here on this call particularly are going to be familiar with and that is that we have this microcosmic orbit. There is a circulation of energy that moves throughout our body all of the time. And we can build this magnetic field or we can deplete this magnetic field. Very simple. You know, one of one of the, the benefits you've already named a number of the benefits to um, increasing the magnetic field around us. I mean, we have incredible power from it, literally telekinesis, and I can I can confirm that <laughs> that is that is an actual thing that happens. Um, some of these guys are pretty powerful, but it's not just sexual energy. It's the process is utilizing sexual energy as a personal refinement of other energies. 
So we're, we're starting down this path, but it grows from there significantly. Um, the simplest practice that he uses, and this is a part of all of his books and his process, is called the inner smile. And now, now we all, like a lot of us, just know to do it. We, we treat ourselves with kindness, but in the case of the inner smile, it's an actual meditation where you sit there and you internally, intentionally smile at every part of your body. And maybe you smile at your stomach for a minute. Or maybe, you know, for some of us, you smile at your stomach for longer because it needs a little more. <laughs> and we're finding ways to incorporate love into these parts of our body and becoming more of a whole person through, through joy and happiness. And it's like a, it's a child simple technique. Any four-year-old would know, okay, we're going to sit down now and we're going to smile at our hands. And we're going to smile at our eyes and we're going to smile at our, our liver. And, you know, it gets more, a little harder to extract it, but as we get older, we can comprehend smiling at our organs. And all we're doing is directing energy through attention. And the process is really just put attention on a thing and that thing will build when it comes to sexual energy, there are some other very specific techniques, and he has two books out, one for men and one for women, because they have a completely different way of activating their microcosmic orbits. For men, it is about seminal withholding, not orgasmic withholding. Not ejaculating, but still orgasming. And I learned to do this about 12 years ago, and I've done it maybe two dozen times in my entire life of trying it. It's not easy to do. But when it happens, it's pretty rad. <laughs> um, oh, it's not easy to do. It's, no, it's, it's very difficult. For some people, it seems easier. And for me, I've taken the householder's path. I you know, have a daughter and um, you know, been married twice and... Uh, I've let a, I, I've definitely depleted a lot of my energy over a long period of time, but I still use the techniques, and they kind of keep me young, and they keep me, uh, uh, keep me sane in, a, in an otherwise insane world. Um, but yeah, so Montauk Chia's book, highly recommended for male or you know female book, the version of it to to read it. There's some very very simple practical techniques in it that will, um, you can do sitting down, you can do in the car. Uh, you can do waiting at the bus. You can do pretty much any time. Yeah, that's great. That's um, awesome stuff, Scott. I, there, there may be some stuff to to expand upon a little bit more. Um, just like, um, can you can you give us like a simple again? So you're talking about like the internal smile and stuff like that. Did you want to talk about? Like even just like the uh, like the clenching of sort of like the lower yeah, base chakra to sort of like channel energy up and things like that. I, I think yeah. you'd be able to explain so that a little bit. Better. Being able to even start pulling energy up. So what we're doing is we're pulling energy up from our roots to our crown, like we're we're drinking a straw, pulling the energy up, and as it moves past different organs, it will encounter. Uh, probably resistance for most of us, and so we continue that process and we move the energy through a system. Sitting down for a meditation like this could take a half an hour, so learning to sit is going to be key for anyone doing this, but you're pulling the energy up like a straw, and we can't pull the energy up with a straw, like with a real straw, you use your finger on one end. You have something locking, creating a vacuum so that now you can draw energy up. 
in the human body, in the human physics, that energetic lock is the sphincter lock. Um, and it's, it's, it's not exactly the sphincter, although it's, it is part of that muscle, but you're kind of pulling in where the perineum and the sphincter moves together. If you try it, you can feel it. It's harder to explain than it is to actually just sense. When we squeeze, you'll feel, you'll, especially if you do it more, you'll start to feel different places where the energy is collecting. When you feel it collecting in that spot, then you draw it up with your intention um, just by... And intention sounds complicated. It sounds like we need to like create visualization. or, or it, It's nothing that complicated. When you place your mind's eye, when you look at a place, you are drawing energy there. Where attention goes, energy flows. It's a universal law. And so the simplisticness of this is actually makes it complicated when explaining it because it sounds more complicated than it really is. Put your attention on your root, clench and squeeze, clench and squeeze, and you'll build energy there. You'll build this pranic energy, especially if you're breathing, because prana is breath energy. There's an energetic breath that's also occurring. There's a lot of things that are happening at once. And so the book breaks down you know, the different elements. Um, and so there's simple exercises that anyone can do, but if you really want to understand what's happening so that you can get to the next level, uh, there's a number of concepts that have to be brought up that are a little too long for finishing up the show. Sweet. Um, Scott, maybe maybe just, uh, again, like understanding that we're, we're getting close to the end of the broadcast, but, um, uh, okay, let, let's just, uh, Michael's got a point, but I did have another question for Scott just on, like, the general benefits of, like, cultivating sexual energy and what someone might be able to observe within their, their life. That's different. Uh, but, Michael, did you want, Michael, did you want to, just jump in real quick, and I'll pose that to Scott well, in a second. Well, I was just going to say, this is one thing for the guys, and I guess girls, that do have a phallus. Because that's a possibility, right? I mean, so uh, one other thing is, like, if you're doing the hold back techniques, which I think that's what the brother Scott was talking about, right? Holdback techniques. Um, yeah, that's actually like one of the later ones. You, yeah, to, to actually intentionally hold back, um, you have to get the energy flowing to be able to even lock it like a like a vacuum. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was gonna. <laughs> right. Well, I, I was gonna say one of the things not to do. Uh, I would advise this. Uh, for anybody that has a phallus, is not to, like, hold it or squeeze it as a way of trying to, like, do some type of, like, seminal retention, because I don't think that's healthy. I don't think that's the way to do it. You can, you can press, no, like... No, There is a way to do it. The, the you way can to press the perineum. Yes, correctly. Take two fingers and lightly press about halfway down in the perineum. Not all the way so that you're, like, constricting blood, blood flow. But if you press down about half of the way, it's like not even like you know three quarters of a centimeter. Um, you'll feel the sort of lock kick in, and it will all of a sudden the desire to to ejaculate will will disappear. Um, but not always, especially if you're not strong in a lot of other ways. If you haven't been doing the lock, you can press all you want. You're still gonna come. It's just gonna happen. Or uh, yeah, yeah. I mean that's. The thing, like, um, what I found, like, you really, 
you know, some people might like to go, you know, like really fast as they can. But if you're trying to experience a certain type of thing, I guess what they call it, injaculation, then it's like you gotta you gotta really focus on your breathing. And some people even you can like I forgot what it was. They press this part in their chest or something like that. There's a certain point in your chest that you can press and that part can stop. But the way you'll know it's like if it's completely like controlled, like you've got this kind of thing, is it'll feel like a rush. It'll feel like a rush of like euphoria kind of thing. Um, but you won't actually uh, you won't actually like ejaculate or anything. It'll be like a it'll just be like a rush and you'll feel it. It'll feel great and then it'll calm down. You build it up again. But it can be hard. I mean, it, it really can be hard. Like, I used to get mad at myself sometimes. Like, I was like, why? I mean, I, I've, like, practiced this for so long. Why is this, you know, not working? And, uh, well, not mad, just frustrated, I guess. You know, and... Um, but when you get it to work, I mean, it, it really is it really is awesome. It really is a, a really magical thing. Yeah, I've, I've um, going back to, yeah, specifically to the idea of, like, having an orgasm without ejaculation. Um, back when I was, like, first introduced to Mantec Chia, like, that was, like, when I was becoming aware of it. Um, yeah, I think I've only successfully done that, like, once or twice, once and a half, to be more specific and honest. But, like, yeah, like, it was... It was it was interesting because I noticed um, part of the process in doing so was like being aware of like a different part of my brain and how to control it, and it was like a huge part of, of like relaxing because it was just like it's like you know there's kind of like this like point of no return, and you're kind of gauging where that point is, where like in your mind, and you can feel that you're almost there, and then for me like there was like this like muscle that I was controlling with a part of my brain that I had never really controlled before and I was like having to think about it in a certain way to be able to do that but it was like such like a gentle thing and like that is like what enabled it to happen it wasn't like something where like I didn't you know I was able to have an orgasm without ejaculating because I was like flexing but it was because I was like so like relaxed and if and 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 if I became and like that's the thing it was like it was like relax 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 and then if you like felt yourself sort of like move into that muscle it'd be like such an easy it was like a it was like a trigger hair like a hair trigger like it was like so sensitive where it's like if you just like like give focus to like moving that muscle for a second then like that would be the muscle that pretty much just like fires off that spasm of muscle which causes the ejaculation because again you know the ejaculation occurs because of the muscle, because of the muscle, like, pumping and stuff like that. So it's, like, being fully aware of what that muscle is and then not flexing it in that moment. And, and again, you know, even, you know, Cass just kind of saying in the orgasm, just, like, the idea of, like, full body orgasm and, and like, how that's, like, a, a thing that, again, you know, like, a lot of people, I think, are probably having orgasms, and they, it, to them it's just, like, wow, this is great. This is, like, the best thing ever and things like that. But it's just, like, what 
if you were to tell them that the orgasm they were experiencing is only like a five percent potential of like what, what an if orgasm I told you actually be? <laughs> yeah, Newton Morpheus, it's just like the sex matrix. What if I told you if the orgasms you were having? Welcome to the real world, world Neo of crazy body <laughs> orgasms. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, um, yeah, I, I'm just reading, Kat just wrote some stuff here. Um, mm, 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 mm. She says, do you think the more carnal interact, do you think, do you think the more carnal interactions have the potential to create transcendent experiences as well? Um, yes, I, I, I do, I do think that's so, like, I don't think we should, like, not give in to carnal we should just, like, be aware of, like, honoring that energy as it's coming through us. Well, again, not, like, having it control us in our everyday actions, but sort of, like, honoring it as, like, this very, like, primal and sacred energy that kind of comes through where it's just, like, very, very rich and very, very, you know, fiery and everything like that. And, you, you know, Mantak actually talks about this, like, the fire and the, the water of the male and the female and the yin and the yang and, and how, like, females are actually, like, the, the you know, they carry the, the coolness, the water energy, and one thing that, you know, I'll mention this for people to keep an eye open through their own experiences, and, and, and perhaps it happens with males too, but one thing that was fascinating to me was um, through my own study of this uh, with partners uh, that I've noticed is that, like, at the moment of orgasm, if you're, inter if, you're, if you're having the full circuit and you're, like, kissing your partner at the moment of their orgasm, with the females, from what I've noticed, is that there's actually a noticeable drop in temperature on their breath. Like, it's it's crazy, like, a reflection of, like, the spiritual energies, and it's, like, palpable, it's noticeable, it's, like, it's right there. But, like, I've blatantly noticed that, where it's, like, you're kissing them, and then suddenly it's, like, someone, like, turns on a coolness to their breath, and you literally feel it. And to me, it's just, like, this really very, very, very cool reflection of the idea that, like, yeah, like, you know, like, there's, like, some, like, there's more energies going on here than what we commonly think are, are, are going on there. And, and that's what, you know, again, being aware of sacred sexuality is about. It's about becoming aware of your subtle energies. Um, and, and so sexuality is a great way to explore those subtle energies and to become aware of them. And, and through masturbation, through sex, you're, like, learning how to move energy. You're learning how to control. You're learning how to, to like, be aware of your breath. You're learning how to, like you know, just, like, where and when things are happening. You become, like, again, you know, brings it into the sovereignty. Um, Kat's just reading some comments, and then, Scott, if you have some stuff to jump in, and um, Kat's saying, and full-body orgasm, and it just gets stuck in one spot and doesn't move throughout the whole body. Ha, ha, ha. Um, that was in response to something I said. Uh, you feel the difference. Your whole body lights up. That question pertains to sexuality and how sometimes we talk about it in a woo-woo way and not make room for the fiery, passionate aspects. Um, cool breath. And, um, yeah, like, uh, da -da -da. one thing which is interesting with orgasms is that, you know, like, if a partner's having an orgasm, one thing that I like to do is, like, actually, like, massage their spine if you're in a position where you can, like, hold them. So like massage their spine in the moment of orgasm, and I've had like partners talk about this where they've said at the moment of orgasm they would get like a very visceral visual sensation, like they would like see lights or something like that. And so like in the moment of orgasm, you know, like you're sort of like you're walking that person through that psychedelic experience, almost like a shaman. 
And, and so, like, I think it's a very powerful thing if, like, if you're gently massaging someone's spine, then in that moment of orgasm, you're, like, bringing them into that space where it's not just, okay, feel good. It's just, like, okay, you're going to open up a higher dimensional connection to consciousness within this brief moment. And so, like, either pay attention or, like, pay attention to, like, what it is that you're, like, putting out and also receiving sort of thing. And, and that's where, like, yeah, like, you know, it's very interesting. Or it's just, like, within a moment of orgasm, there could be almost, like, this, like, download that comes through us yeah, from like higher yeah. source consciousness kind of thing, which I think is a very cool, interesting topic. And one thing, um, just because we haven't talked about it so much here, um, and Cass just, I'm just reading her comment, she says, massage the back slash kidney points for males so that it stimulates the system to produce more jing. And jing is the energy that I was talking about earlier, um, as Kat corrected Um I believe jing is or jing is supposed to, no. There's one specific energy that like doesn't recharge, and then there's the one that's like always like recharging. And I think jing is the one that will recharge, but there's like another version that doesn't recharge, which is sort of like your your like life supply. Um, but one thing I was just gonna say, which in this conversation that we haven't fully talked about, that I feel is like a very beautiful and very sacred thing, is like the shared orgasm experience. And how, like, you know, again, with lovers, this can give them a thing to work towards. It can give them an objective. It can give them a shared intention of just, like, gently being patient with each other and walking each other there. And, again, you know, like, society gets us into this weird idea that, like, how often in pornography do you see shared orgasm? I, I don't even know if I've, like, I've barely ever seen it. It's a very, like, minuscule, like, thing where it's just, like, you know, it's just like maybe the females might have an orgasm, but the males definitely always have an orgasm sort of thing. And and so, like, instead, again, like, changing it into, like, being able to co-create an experience and being able to have that shared orgasm is such a beautiful and such a magical thing. And what makes it even more special is that for many partners, it is something that requires patience and it requires mindfulness to get to. Um, sometimes, like, it may not just be something that just, like, always happens. And in order for it to happen both partners have to sort of show up to the practice, literally, you know, like as a sacred sexual ceremony um, to be able to get there. And that may mean for the males, you know, for the males it just might mean like, be like, for the males it might be a common thing for them to like be done first or to be close to finishing first. So if that's the case, then like that could be a call into more mindfulness to the male to be able to like slow down, you know, and and, and just like allow like this meditation, allow this experience this sex to actually become more of like a shared sacred meditation and especially when you bring like eye gazing into it and things like that it can get very hyperdelic and and again we didn't talk too much about the eye gazing but just on a super short note of that eye gazing whether you're doing it in the moment of like intercourse or just like sitting across from someone and looking into their eyes it gets into this idea that the eyes are like bandwidth cables for the soul and so you're like transmuting data back and forth to another person. And if you get into this place of stillness and you eye gaze, you actually get into this idea of like face morphing and seeing like more of the energy come through the personification of a person through like your depiction of like their face like shifting and everything like that. And so um, it's a very, very psychedelic thing that again, you know, you can practice with someone without it being sexual. And, and that in itself can be a very intimate experience. So there's a lot of different ways to experience like intimacy without it even being sexual as well. You can have a very intimate eye-gazing experience with someone without it being sexual. Um, so yeah, those are just a few things that I want to mention. And again, you know, we're getting close to the end of this broadcast. Um, I did want to, you know, just encourage people listening to this to research more of this on their own. 
to, for the males, you know, hear this as like a community call to action to begin bringing more attention to cultivation of sexual energy. I feel if more males who are sort of like awakening to this path intentionally began cultivating their sexual energy, which may just mean, you know, cutting back on your ejaculation and just like did that, that is like a huge shift. And also, of course, for females to, to work on cultivation in their own way and just asking yourself how this energy can be used to like be brought into more of your creative process and everything. Um, I did want to be able to ask some questions to Scott in a second just about how what differences we can notice within our day-to-day -day life after cultivating sexual energy and, and what that can bring into us, you know, sort of selling us on that idea, so to speak. Um, but Ashley has her mic open. So, Ashley, uh, we'll pass it over to you if you would like to share something, and, and welcome welcome to the game. It's, it's, I'm glad you were able to jump in. So. Oh, can you hear me? Yep, we can hear you. You're good to go. <laughs> well, um, I just want to say that I absolutely love that everybody's able to share so openly about this topic. Um, a lot of my friends and family don't like that I'm open about my own sexuality. Um, so it's nice to have friends that are open about it. And I wanted to, I guess, say something about um, orgasms. I have actually only had a couple times with a partner where I have had such an intense orgasm that I have cried. It, like, it feels like I'm releasing just all the tension and stress. And it, it's not that it hurts that I cry, it's that it feels so good that, I, I don't know, it, I guess you could call it love, that it feels so good that I, I feel like crying. And I was just wondering if anybody else has felt anything like that. I think that's um that's a that's a very very uh, worthwhile point to to bring attention to. Again, you know, just coming back to like how opening an orgasm experience can be, and, and again, you know, opening for like healing and everything. But I think um Scott, did you want to jump in on this and? If cat, if even if, if there's anything you want to type in the chat, feel free. But Ashley, thank you for 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 sharing that. Yeah, Scott, that, go ahead. That was really really beautiful, Ashley. Thank you. I mean, I think a lot of us have come from families of shame, and we've we've come through it on our own, and maybe with the help of friends, or maybe with the help of books, uh, or you know, I could speak for myself. There's still stuff wrapped up in there, and I've been working on this for a long time. Um, that crying, I I I used to kind of it used to freak me out when I was really um, sort of young in my practice and, and I, I get it now, I understand what it's about and what it is, at least what it was for me is that that orgasm, that release of energy gave me the freedom to feel safe enough to finally let go of stuff I didn't even know I was holding on to, old childhood abuses, maybe past life, who knows, you know, I, there was no even way of putting a name on it, it's not like there was a thought or a memory that came with the crying for me most of the time. It was like this nameless crying. Um, and now I recognize is that energy helps to release that. Anytime we have trauma, it gets stored. And we can use these kinds of, of subtle human energies, and universal energies really, to help heal ourselves. 
go ahead, Ashley, if you want to reply. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I like what what you had to say, Scott. Um, and another thing about the massages. I had a massage um, for the first time a few years ago, and during that massage, it was a deep tissue massage. I actually cried also because it just felt so amazing, and to release all that tension, it just it felt so good, and the crying in itself felt good just to release everything that I was holding on to. And I just wanted to share that. Yeah. That actually, um, yeah, thank you for sharing that, Ashley. And, you know, it, it, there's actually another idea, and I'd be curious to Scott uh, what your take is on this, but I, I feel like in some cases, um, you know, if we sort of feel like maybe we need, like, a, a reboot or, or, or something like that, or we need, like, a refresh or, or something, I feel like the or, the orgasm can also sort of do that. And basically what I mean by this is I feel like, you know, say we've, like, gone through a lot of stuff and maybe it's been, like, really hard on us or, or even, like, really emotional stuff and we've been cultivating our sexual energy within that time period. I feel that sometimes, like, an orgasm can actually sort of, like, release some of that energy and allow us, a, like, a little bit of, like, a fresh start in, in, in a way, um, which um, I'd, be, I'd be curious as to, like, anybody else if they have any thoughts on that. Um, I used to think of experience that... that. Tiny human EMPs, or tiny electromagnetic pulses that we use to kind of mm. reset our magnetic field. And I've heard psychics talk about that as to be You know, they literally like just bloop, and it just a second all the programming, whatever we have. Um, yeah. I mean, the, you know, the French word for orgasm is you know petit mort, the little, little death. death. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, exactly right. So, again, like, the orgasm has this very energetic thing. You're right, like, it sort of, like, refreshes, like, the, the, the sync ratio or, or something like that, or, like, you know, like, it defrags the hard drive or something, however you want to think about it. But, um, yeah, I've, I've felt that. Um, and this is a <clears throat> so another thing that we didn't get to, but I did want to talk about because I mentioned it earlier. And, again, we're getting close to the end of the broadcast, and we're definitely going to finish this up um, soon. <laughs> Mike's back. Um, is, is this the, what what I've noticed actually, and, and this is something that just came from like recent experiences, was like having um, intercourse during the morning, and then normally you know like we have intercourse during the night, and then we end with like an ejaculation, and then it's common for us to just go to sleep. What I was actually more interested in was having intercourse during the morning, still being awake. And then after the ejaculation, literally just lying there in stillness with the intention of kind of using that afterglow and that energy to sort of like ride that into a waking dream state or into a, a more sort of like very interesting dream space. So like as I was kind of in that space and still feeling like the effects of the orgasm, kind of like beginning to intentionally imagine things, you know, for example, like sort of like lucid dream techniques where I would imagine myself like flying or imagine myself with wings or imagine myself sort of like doing martial arts or, or, or like climbing a building like a ninja or something like that. And, and just noticing that, that this particular space of after orgasm has like a very interesting, it creates a very fragile and a very interesting space for us to begin meditating in whether we're trying to fall asleep or whether we're literally just, like, meditating, meditating. So, I mean, 
you know, that, that could be a thing. And again, you know, just for sex in general, where it's like people can go like, you know, kind of like have sex, like you're doing it, you're doing it, you're doing it, stop, meditate for a bit, and then like resume sort of thing and kind of like repeat this cycle. But again, you know, like just for people who might be interested in that, you can try this on your own as well. Um, again, so it would be like wake up in the morning, be awake, and then have an orgasm, and then kind of like intentionally stay in that space to kind of go back into the dream space. Um, so yeah, it's just something that, that, that I thought was really interesting. Um, does anybody else... Um, I don't know if you guys have any specific thoughts on that, but but the other topic would just be the importance of, um, this is a quick tip, this is like a practical tip, you know, when people have orgasms, um, especially, or, or even just like after sex and everything, a lot of people will just like go take a shower. Um, a quick tip, a practical tip, and I think Mantak Chiachal talks about this as well, is to say like don't take a shower right after an orgasm because it actually sort of like cleans off this like, magnetic sort of energy that, that you've sort of generated within yourself and sort of taking a shower kind of discharges that energy. So if anything, you know, like after the orgasm, after the sex, do your best to just stay there with your partner and literally, you know, just cuddle, like go back to sleep, just like be close. be all sticky though. Be all sticky, you know, like clean up <laughs> as much as you need to and everything like that. Be sweaty together opposed to just that immediate impulse of just like, okay, let's go take a shower, and like, yeah, you take a shower, and like, you feel cold, but but like, it, it, it literally like, washes off this very sacred energy you could think of. Um, Scott, do you have any thoughts on that, or, or does that fit in with Mantak Chia? If, yeah, any reiteration of just those points? Yeah, I mean, all, all of them, like, if, so, uh, we were talking about alchemy, and it's, the, to frame all of this, this is what we're doing, and this is what Montauk Chia talks about. And we're, we're not alchemy in the form of turning, you know, base materials into gold, but in the form of creating rarefied energy internally. And alchemy is actually very, very simple. It has three components to it. It needs a container, it needs an energy source, and it needs something to be transformed. And that doesn't have to be physical. Um, and so what we're doing in the case of, of our sexuality um, is the container is our bodies. It's, it's literally the, the microcosmic orbit. The energy source is the sexual energy that's being created. Um, and, uh, sorry, I just got distracted. A person just knocked on my door. Uh, hold on, I need to go away for a second. Talk amongst yourself. Sorry about that. No worries. No worries. It's good. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. So again, you know, like uh, just for people interested in Mantak Chi and everything like that, look his stuff up just on Google. You can find his books, and it's M A N T A K Chia C H I A. And um, yeah, definitely. Like, there's like old YouTube videos. I don't even know if they're online. I almost want. I almost want to like find some of his videos and like re-upload them because I remember somebody like way back in the day gave me like a DVD with his videos on them and they're just like you have to watch these like that was like before the internet was like what it was today which was very interesting. You feel warm so. in your navel. Yeah. <laughs> and there's 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 also there's some great videos on his channel that I've seen and and I think they still post through Facebook of like some good visualizations and like some qigong exercises and everything. Um, but they get into some great visual imagery. So again, Mantak Chia, spelled M-A-N-T-A-K-C-H-I-A. 
And um, yeah, one of the books is Taoist Secrets of Love, Cultivating Male Sexual Energy, and you can find a copy of that online. And uh, if you're very um, interested, I'm sure there's a way to find a PDF of it. And um, feel free to message me if you need help finding a PDF of it. But um, I wouldn't pass. Um, I just wanted to say I wouldn't pass on. My teacher's teacher, um, he passed like it's either last year or the year before. Um, he passed. His name was uh, Grandmaster Sanyata Saraswati, and he wrote a book. I think it was either I think it was in the seventies called uh, Jewel and the Lotus. I have the book, but it's a it's a really good book. It's some people call it like a like a, a tantric bible, but really it's he did a really good um, went in depth like in uh, almost a scientific way but still uh, still a, a, a spiritual mystical um, way uh, of explaining Tantra and uh, how it works and um, uh, I mean he passed but he went to so many schools, so he went to like India, Tibet, and he got all these different breasts. They're called like uh, cobra breasts, and they're basically if you learn this breath, you know it's able you're able to it, it, turn up the kundalini like in a certain way. That's it's very interesting how it works, um, but you you have to go through these certain schools to to get them. Um, his teacher was Parahamsa uh, Yogananda, and he met him when he was a child. So he was very, um, you can find, if you just type in uh, Grandmaster Sanyata Saraswati, because I know he is not talked about uh, much, but I hope by me saying it, you know, we'll bring that, bring that in. He even has, has a Facebook page. I mean, he He's not around anymore, but he, uh, his books, his videos, um, yeah, that's all there. Cool, cool. And he, uh, he, they actually, he actually knows. Uh, Swami, or how did you want to spell that? Sanyata Saraswati. Sanyata, how do you spell that? S U N Y A T A. Y A T A, and then. Uh, S A R A S W A T I. Okay, so Scott's actually got it. So S U N Y A T A S R A S W A T I, which I think was what you just said. So that's perfect. Cool. Yes, very um, went very in depth, especially to the to the Taoist practices as well as the uh, Tibetan and the Indian. So it's Sweet. really Sweet. good. Sweet. Um, okay, let's uh, let's definitely bring this close to closing. Um, Scott, I, I did want to say, because I, I put this offer out earlier, <clears throat> um, of like finishing with a small group meditation. Um, would you maybe, because I know literally on the last team building broadcast you did as well, but uh, just even with your familiarity of, of a lot of these topics, would you want to maybe guide us through a short micro meditation to close off the show shortly? Yeah, no problem. Uh, do you have any any overarching theme? 
Um, yeah, just sort of like anchoring into the sacredness of our sexual energy, basically, would be the basic theme. So, and um, yeah, so a couple of conversation points just to go off of. Um, yeah, Scott. So I just kind of wanted to like, again, uh, if there's anything else anybody else wants to mention, feel free. But when it comes to cultivating sexual energy, you know, like if you were not not necessarily trying to sell this idea, but if you were just trying to explain to someone why they should begin being aware of their sexual energy, why they should begin cultivating it, what are some of the things that is going to change within their day-to-day -day lives? What are some of the things they might notice, even as subtle things? Uh, I'm just curious as to like what you might have to share, just as a reiteration of some points we've already hit upon, but just reminding people. Well, I'm going to both sell it and do the opposite of selling it. Uh, some of the good things that definitely come out of it are just more joy, just more connection to self, more connection to body, more connection to our sensations, more more connection to the life that we live around us. Um, however, this is an energy that moves energy as well. It, it pushes other energy and it increases our um, our frequency, for for lack of a better word. Um, it, you know, it raises our frequency if you want to get really new age about it, but it literally changes the brain waves that we, we create on a regular basis. We move a little more into that theta range or we do it more easily. But what comes with that is the uh, decompressing of old energy that we may be stuck within us. So as we move through this practice, or any, really any energy moving practice, we're also going to meet these roadblocks that are just big fat demons in the road. Um, and that is, for me, where all the juice is. That's where all the good stuff is. Like, we can talk about how, how it's, it's great and wonderful to, to have orgasms, and it is. And, you know, we all, I mean, everyone, as a human being, we benefit from, from oxytocin and we benefit from love um, in general. But it's also going to bring some shit up. And that's where the fun is. That's where we really do the growing. Awesome, awesome, man. Definitely, definitely. And um, uh, there's something else I was trying to think of to mention that I just forgot accidentally. Um, anyways. But yeah, no, I... What was I going to say? Um, hmm, it'll come back. But yeah, no, again, you know, just, just inviting and encouraging people to definitely, like, look into more of this topic. And one of the great things is, is that, like, you can have your own experiences with it. Begin cultivating your sexual energy. Notice the difference that it makes within your daily experience. Just be mindful, practicing self-love. Um, you know, treating yourself like a lover is, a, like, having that sort of, like, third-person perception on yourself, I think, is a very interesting idea in its own way. Um, yeah, no, there's, I feel like there's, like, a couple other points that I was going to mention. Well, I think you Yeah, go, go ahead. Somebody, somebody else talk for a second, and I'll think of stuff. I, but we're almost <laughs> I done. think you kind of just read my mind um, on the whole topic of orgasms, and I was thinking sacred spirituality is, a.k.a., loving yourself. And, well, you basically said what I was going to say. That was my thought. Totally, totally. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. And, and you know, again, if we're just like, yeah, just 
love is a very very amazing thing and, and again you know like it, it's it's this process of just like helping us unfold on so many different layers and, and even that like the one form of it where you're literally creating life together that's such a powerful idea and that's such a beautiful thing and let us not overlook what it is that we are actually dealing with and, and the gift that we have when, when working with these energies and yeah just through bringing in your own mindfulness like you're doing a service to, to more people and let us through these conversations begin to normalize some of these topics begin to make it something where people are are aware of the these ideas of cultivating energy and just how sexual energy plays into things and and let that be like a call to action for people to begin talking to other people. So, you know, within this project, we're always encouraging people to continue these conscious conversations further. Be the shift. Carry it with you. Tell more friends about some of these topics related to, you know, sacred energy and sexual energy and everything like that. Um, yeah. Definitely. There, there's definitely going to be more more to talk about. And, and let me just sort of pass the talking stick around one last time before we move into our final closing meditation on any final points, even practical tips that anybody else wants to share with the people uh, tuned in for this. So um, if anybody wants to jump in, or Scott, if you want to jump right in, feel free. Whatever, whatever works. So I know everyone's getting pretty tired, so that's not a problem. Um, I think your girlfriend fell asleep. Yep, yeah, she's totally asleep right now. Absolutely, she's so asleep oh. that she can't even unmute herself to tell us that she's not asleep. So <laughs> she's gonna be like, "I'm not asleep." Um, no, it's fine. I think it's great when people fall asleep during the broadcast. It's just like, yeah, just fall asleep, t listen to us talk. It's a I really fall cool asleep thing. during the meditation. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I don't fall asleep. I just go places. That's right. That's right. <laughs> cool. Um, okay, let me just sort of like check in because I just I, I I feel like there may have been something. This is a really great simple. topic, though. Oh, it, it not, definitely is. It definitely. This is probably like one of my favorite topics. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I was gonna say is that you know I I always sort of joke about this and people think I'm joking, but they're not sure if I'm joking. It's like when it comes to like cultivating sexual energy as a male, from my own experience. If you're able to get past 21 days, it actually begins to unlock like heat vision, where you can like heat things up by looking at them with your eyes, just through energy cultivation. Or maybe not. Maybe I'm just making it up. But my point is, is that I'm telling you that as like extra incentive for you to find out for yourself. <laughs> but I heard but definitely like. Uh, yeah, cultivating stuff definitely unlocks like extra Jedi abilities that I can say with certainty, including intuition, including listening. One thing that I actually noticed, um, I'll just say this on Pastor Michael, was that like when I've cultivated my sexual energy, I can freestyle better. Like I, I, I found that, and not to say I can't freestyle when I haven't been cultivating my sexual energy, but like within a process of cultivating it, within like you know like at least after like a week or five days. I can freestyle like a lot easier. So again, you know, it's like this energy is like sort of like a again like that spiritual lubricant. It adds like an extra connection layer of connection between ourselves and sort of like these higher ideas in, in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, Mike, go ahead. Is there anything else? Oh, well, I was just gonna say um, spiritual lubricant. No. Uh, <laughs> what was I gonna say? 
I had it in my mind. Yeah. Spiritual <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely getting late. Um, okay, are there any... Uh, uh, Scott, is there any other points that you maybe want to leave with the, the audience before oh, I we get... Oh, I remember what I was... Okay. Okay, Mike, Michael, go ahead, and then even Dev, if you have something to share, too, we'll get so close to the end. So, basically, and I, I don't encourage this, but, you know, like you were saying, with the eye, eye thing, there's this guy, he was saying one time, when he was on a bus, he was practicing these different techniques, and so, you know, I don't, I don't recommend anything, you know, going, you know, against a person's will or anything like that, uh, but... I guess maybe uh, this this lady accepted this in a way, but he was saying he was generating his uh, his sexual energy, rising it up through his spine, and shooting it out of his eyes. And he did this one time on a bus, and he was focusing on this lady's legs, and I guess they were like you know kind of closed. Like kind of closed off, like you know, she was just sitting, and he said that he shot the energy out of his eyes, and when he did that, her legs opened up. I mean, it was like, and I was like, wow, what did he do? You know, and then. But maybe she accepted on some level, you know. Who knows? I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> it could have been coincidence. Who knows? Who knows? But again, yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. She could have just been moving her legs, like. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it made like, and it convinced. Maybe that like part of the lesson was that it was like supposed to like trick this guy into thinking that he had like some sort of special ability when it was just coincidence. <laughs> yeah. So it's like in order, for, it's a call to action for him to like use the sermon or something like that. It's just like the universe is just like you have superpowers, ah ha ha, and the guy's like, oh my god, I have superpowers, and the universe is like, no, it's just. No, I was just kidding. But it was good to think that you did. Because you do have superpowers, just not that one. So, um, Or maybe he does, I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, okay, let's uh, let's get closer to wrapping this up. Scott, was any, any other ideas that you want to leave the audience with? Practical tips or anything like that related well, to this? If there's two must-have books... Um, on this topic, one of them is definitely Montauk Chia's. Um, if you can find, you know, the older one, I actually like the older one a little better because it's a little more laid out like a textbook. Um, but the multi-orgasmic man is the newer one. That's the probably the number one book on this topic from a technical standpoint. But from a sort of a magic perspective and from how to how to really use this in our own lives, um, one of the ones that I absolutely love that not only explained um, just the movement of sexuality, but also um, how magic and alchemy works, and that is called the Magdalene Manuscript, as in Mary Magdalene. Um, so M-A-G-D-A-L-E-N, Magdalene Manuscript. And now this is a pretty woo-woo. It's out there. It's channeled material. So it's channeled from uh, Tom Kenyon and Judy Sion, who work with uh, channeled energies. And if you don't know what that is, I'm not even going to go into that right now. Um, but regardless of where the information comes from, the simplicity of the message is profound, and it's like it doesn't even matter who said it. A dog could say it, and truth is truth. Um, and it matches well 
with how Montauk Chia describes the physics of moving this energy. So between those two books, you will understand and have the ability to be a scientist with your own body and watch these things occur. It's pretty badass. I like that idea of being a scientist and observing your own body. That's a that's a good way to think about it, definitely. So I mean, again, you know, like knowledge through experience, nosite ipsum, gnosis, know thyself. Like these aren't just concepts, these aren't just ideas, these aren't just like words that you're hearing in a podcast. These are things that you can bring into your experience. So inviting people to be able to open themselves up to more of this human experience and, and to allow like the sexual energy to, to teach them to open them up in a lot of ways. Scott, go ahead, you got your mic. Yeah, M Michael mentioned this a million times with being a scientist and it's it just it can't be mentioned enough in, in some ways, but it also it's important to recognize that it's not a cold distant um, it's it's the root of, of how science really works and that is based on observation and experimentation. If you can do observation and experimentation, then you can hypothesize and you can create new concepts from that. Um, but the only way you're going to do it with these energies is with your own body. So get out there and play. Yeah. For sure, for sure. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, exactly, guys. Like, have fun with it and everything. And, um, yeah, just always know that you got the community for support here. And if you guys have any questions or anything, please feel free to bring them back into these discussion circles. And, uh, yeah, I think this is, this is a very exciting topic. And, uh, obviously, the conversations will continue in other ways. So just bringing it full circle, guys, we're, we're, we're going to get close to, to wrapping this up. And we're going to conclude with a short closing, grounding, embodying meditation. And Scott's going to lead us through that. And uh, just covering some of the bases, of course. I just want to remind you guys that for anybody, people who you heard in the show, check the show notes and we'll include the links for their profiles and their website so you guys can connect with them if you would like and of course reminding you guys to please connect through the main website of paradigmshiftcentral.com for more ongoing broadcasts our next broadcast coming up for this will be the paradigm shift dream class which will be happening on August 9th if that's the Tuesday I believe it is 9th or 8th I'm just pulling up my calendar real quick and uh, again that will be interactive metaphysical discussion about lucid dreaming, dream exploration and all sorts of cool interdimensional things so yeah that's on August 9th and that's every other Tuesday and then the next one after that will be on Thursday and that will be the admin meeting so the admin meetings are for people who are interested in creating physical paradigm shift communities where they are which focus on open-minded discussion meditation circles and to be able to just be a leader in your community and to learn a little bit more about that so if you hear the call if you want to bring people together if you want to step up into a deeper and more even like extra layer of what this game is about and becoming an admin please feel free anybody can become an admin it's simply a choice and uh, of course if you haven't yet and you're checking this out on YouTube please subscribe to this channel my YouTube at youtube.com forward slash skull Babylon and check out other videos that we got lots of awesome recordings and amazing videos coming through the community and one of the videos that we just did most recently was on what does pride mean to you and if you haven't checked out this one I feel free you know feel free to go and check it out because again you know like that is a lot to do with the themes of love and sacred sexuality and people expressing themselves and us accepting each other as community and encouraging people to, to live that their was full a selves. really cool video 
Thanks, Michael. Thanks, thanks. And um, yeah, I'm happy with how it turned out, definitely. And so uh, again, just reminding people to connect through my YouTube. If they want to find me on Facebook, you can find me at facebook.com forward slash SkullBabylon. And of course, just inviting people to also check out the team Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brendan Culleton and to be able to sign up for that when they can to support ongoing free broadcasts that we continue to do through the community. So example, this broadcast, it's free. People can join it. It's accessible. And we're going to continue doing more of these. So if you like that idea and want to be able to support the entire project, which is so much more than just this broadcast, it's a social media platform to be able to help give people a voice. And it's an interactive game to be able to help accelerate the shift in consciousness. And sign up to the team Patreon for as little as 3 or $5 a month or even more, whatever works for you. And in doing so, you'll get the Shifter Booster Kit, which comes with as many shift buttons as you want. And those of you in the video, um, we do have some new designs. Here's like a dope uh, Metatron's Cube version that we have. I actually made like a free hugs button design and uh, another like the Flower of Life rendition and uh, a few other versions plus like traditional paradigm shift sigils. And again, these are real world quest items to give to people to help accelerate the shift and build community where you are. And you get as many as you ask for when you sign up for the Team Patreon. And a huge shout out to everyone signed up for the Team Patreon for helping make this project possible. Like literally you guys, the energy that we're putting into in a community makes this possible. And I love being able to be here and helping facilitate it as the director of the project. And it's a beautiful thing and every week I'm just uh, I'm, I'm, it's, it's one week leads into the next week and it's really exciting to know that like this is an ongoing story and, and I'm looking forward to the ongoing classes so huge shout out to everyone much gratitude and again paradigmshiftcentral.com is the main website and that does have a link to the team Patreon even if you go down to the bottom you'll see the link for the monthly support squad which takes you to the Patreon and sign up through the main website to get involved and to join this game and uh, to use the quest journals to share your stories and we're going to get moving into meditation but Michael you want you got you oh, got yeah. a quick point well, I was just going to say, as far as the, the buttons go, could we order just, like, one button? Like, Gen generally, like yeah, like, generally, like, shift button orders, like, it, it, at this point, like, if people do want to, like, make, like, small orders of, like, five or ten, I can do that. If they do even want larger orders, I can do that as well. And, again, you can just send me a custom message for that. Generally, we try to avoid, like, micro orders of one. Like, it's more worth okay. it if I just, like... <laughs> send you at least like five or whatever like that. I want a hundred buttons. That would have to be for Ashley shipping. Ashley wants a hundred right? buttons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean it's... So it would uh, be like shipping for one button. Yeah, yeah. So it's better off just to send like five buttons and everything. So yeah. I and, was thinking... And, I was just thinking like maybe... Because I mean I have the buttons, you know, that I, I won from that contest. But I was back, thinking yeah. like if, if you could get like, you know, like more personalized, you know, like symbols like... That are custom. Like, yeah. If people do want custom, yeah. If people do want custom, feel free to let me know. Feel free to ask. Not, again, not you know, necessarily can... one that you make, but just like see some other. No, that's what I mean. Yeah. If it's oh, art, okay. if it's art that we can use, or if it's like ancient art, yeah. Just let me know. Uh, again, you know, I, I want to be able to help support you guys and give you guys what I, you need. The higher you pledge, go ahead, go. And the more Brendan will do for you. <laughs> Kind of. I try to do as much as I can for everyone, but but yes, huge shout out to the Patreon supporters, and you guys make this possible. So much love. Um, okay, so yeah, if anybody has any questions about anything, please just feel free to contact me beyond this broadcast. And uh, 
reminding you guys to share this broadcast with your friends. Let them know, and of course, if you're listening to this on YouTube in the future, or even right now, depending on when you're listening to it, there is the MP3 version, and I encourage you guys to download the MP3 version, and uh, to even be able to just listen to it while doing chores or cutting the grass or taking it out with you, and know that all the recordings are also available through MP3. And the best way to get the MP3s, if you're on a mobile device, is through like the podcast app. Run a search on Paradigm Shift Radio and subscribe. And like doing that is a huge favor to to just being able to help support us as well because it just like makes things more automated and it makes sure that you get your broadcast. So again, look up Paradigm Shift Radio through your podcast apps, and uh, you'll find us through the like iTunes sort of thing that we we got going on. So um, yeah, that that's really the basics. Uh, and uh, stay tuned for future updates to the project. And again, you know, just like with this meditation, just as we, just as we get closer moving into it this will be a chance for us just to sort of like embody a lot of what it is that we talked about, which is again just like opening up to this idea that like sexual energy is a very important thing. It's something to pay attention to. It's something that is going to help us understand more about this reality, open up to more experiences within this reality, allow us to show up within our communities and our relationships and bringing it back to self-love is a great place to start and just again, you know, ask questions, have fun with it, be curious, release shame and bring in willpower and there's a lot of amazing things for for you to explore through this and sexuality is like a key to helping us awaken to more of our cosmic sovereignty I, I definitely fiction. think so <laughs> cool so um, with that said let's let's get right into the closing meditation which will just be a short one and um, Scott uh, will pass it over to you unless there's anything else that you need clarification on good Okay. Good. Perfect. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. So we are here and now. Everybody, just take a breath. We're all a little tired. It's been a bit of talking, but breath connects us to all things. You breathe in with the sounds around you. Filter in and breathe out. Your feet on the ground, your butt on the bed. Find yourself here and now. With each, each breath, let yourself sink a little into the center of yourself, the center of you. Feel the cradle of your pelvis. Feel the tiny flame that burns bright, connecting you with this body and with your sexuality, however that expresses itself. Let that candle, let that flame burn and flicker and burn as you breathe in and breathe out this observation will strengthen it with every breath feel it sinking into the cradle of your hips and feel it growing As it burns brighter, 
the heat above it. Imagine a bowl. And this bowl is filled with your energy. Is filled with the energy that cycles through you. Breathe in the energy of this bowl, whether it's metal, or glass, or wood. It matters not. For the flame below will change anything within it. The energies contained within this bowl are your energies. They're your fears, your loves, your hungers, your tiredness. As this flame burns, it heats up these energies. It changes them. They begin to steam. Wisps carry above it begin to move up and these wisps move up into your heart they become the air of your heart now only the lightest energies can move up the denser ones will stay in the bowl and continue to cook and heat up until they have reached the energy level they need and then they too will transform From here, your heart, you know all things. Your wisdom filters down from above, and that energy from above combines with the energy from below and transmutes into an energy that benefits you and improves you, not maybe in the ways expected, but the ways that are needed. It will burn up that which you do not need, and it will turn that which you do need into a higher form of breath to be taken in and recirculated. Breathe in to this space. Breathe out and let it release from you. Know that whenever you need to, you can return to this simple meditation, heating the elements and moving them through you. If you need help, call from above, and that energy will filter down and cool the challenges you are having. Remember this and know this as you breathe in and breathe out, connecting you to your highest state of being. From here, feel the energy drift down into your center and just be in your body. Feel your body, wiggle your toes, wiggle your fingers, and if you want to, drift right on to sleep.
And for those who want to stay awake, open your eyes and be here now. Thank you, Scott. No problem. Love you guys. Awesome. Love you too, man. Yeah, I think there's a lot of potential, especially when people start getting into their own meditations with sexual energy. And again, just encouraging you guys to keep following that path. Keep following your path. And um, yeah, be excited about the ways as to how syn the synchronicity of sexuality will allow this rabbit hole to go ever deeper in many ways. So with that said, guys, we'll um, get ready to, to wrap this up. And it's 3.33 on my clock, and, and that's a perfect time to do it. Um, but any final points or any notes? Uh, Ashley, go ahead. You got your microphone open. I just wanted to say thank you, Scott. That was beautiful. Mm -hmm. I always feel like a flower blossoming in the sun when I meditate like that. And I even cried a little bit. It felt very therapeutic. Thank you very much. Yeah, that was really good. The, I remember your last one too. It was, it's mm -hmm. really uh, like when I meditated, it just kind of silence, but this this kind of just takes me on a journey. So that's really that's really good. Thanks, man. Definitely. Bless me. Awesome. Yeah, I, I really liked it. Uh, really, really um, cool. Uh, the way that you you did it and uh, expressed it. So it was, mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And for um, for future meditations and everything within the community, um, just reminding for people who may be new, one of the things that we do within Paradigm Shift is that we do global full moon meditations. And the last. July, we didn't do one. Uh, again, that was just, uh, that was at the time of my birthday and Shelby's passing and everything. But uh, the next full moon coming up will be on August 18th. So stay tuned because we're going to try and get a full moon meditation in around then. It may be, we'll have to see because that's going to be, um, it may be on the Wednesday, if anything. But stay tuned for that because, like, again, you know, like in theme with Scott's meditation, it's very journey oriented and very visual oriented so inviting people to come back and to tune in for those and to globally synchronize with the global meditations that we do has some very amazing things and I will just say this, tying this in with the class, I invite and encourage people to cultivate their sexual energy between now and that moment of the full moon meditation to bring even more potency into it and it, through that process, it, it really allows like the potential for the activation sensations to occur. Again, that tingling up the spine. So, for myself, like I tried my best to do that, um, is to bring in that sexual cultivation into the full moon, whether we're doing a meditation or not. So, I mean, you know, just sort of have foresight as to like what events might be coming up within your path and how they might benefit from the choice of you cultivating your energy and, and again alchemizing that energy into creative projects into motivation into more compassion into like intuition the sexual energy like fuels everything that is like the magical part about this so definitely cool guys well um, let's let's wrap this up and, and thank you so much everyone for, for being a part of this broadcast and um, let me just check Scott was there anything else you just want to say before we conclude this any final words for the dreamers waking up just keep doing the work 
for sure. Do do the work and, and and have fun doing it. You know, play the game even when even when it may get messy and everything like that. So, so I like just, it. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Awesome. Well, um, again, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this. ParadigmShiftCentral.com. Check it out. Check out more of the ongoing conscious media there. The best way to get bookmarks is to book... The best way to get updates is to bookmark the page and check back. Check the calendar for, uh, like foresight on what events are coming up in terms of live broadcast. Check out the quest journals, the conscious articles being created and shared by community members such as yourself and uh, sign up to be able to get involved with that in future ongoing broadcasts. And again, check out the team Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brandon Culleton to support the ongoing project. If people do want to send individual donations, if that's something that works well for them, just send me a message because we can do that through the PayPal as well. And that